Cinemodities, late night movies with Rob and Zach, and maybe Ben and LaShawn. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And we made it to four years! Fourth extravaganza. We're four years old. What does that mean? Are we in preschool yet? I don't know when you start preschool, but <laughs> that's usually what three. So yeah, we're there. Oh, okay. So we're we have nursery some, uh... school, Rob. Ooh, I like that. Okay, okay. We're uh, moving up in the world. But yes, four years. We made it to four years. We made it through the 2001 Fort year uh, in this last year. Oh man, it's a doozy. And as always, we're gonna have a doozy of an extravaganza to celebrate the four years. Um, I think, as I always say, that the these extravaganzas, these anniversary episodes are really kind of like these Cinemodities Restaurant board meetings. We have to finish up some things that we didn't get to in the year uh, leading up to it. We have to, you know, talk about things that we've thrown in and leave for this episode, you know, so it's going to be tangents upon tangents. It's going to be all that fun stuff that I think everybody has come to love. Now, Zach, I think, if I remember correctly, because I didn't go back and listen to any of our earlier uh, or previous extravaganza anniversary episodes, we usually start with our spread sheet fill-ins that's right isn't it absolutely Rob. okay we get that out of the way and stuff like that so we have a few to go through uh this time um we're we're gonna hear from some people uh that were on those episodes you know ben and Lashawn and stuff like that um but we have a, fi- a few to fill in and uh, i just want to say right off the bat you know let's let's get it over with uh this year um, for the most part i think there might be one that doesn't fall into this category one fill-in we need to do um the reason that we didn't get to snacks late night cinemodity status or anything like that <laughs> in these episodes uh was because of inebriation i think that's the best way to say it uh see zach's laughing the now most, the most clinical way to describe it possible <laughs> now i know i mentioned i believe it was in our matrix resurrections episode that i wasn't going to apologize for it until the anniversary episode and here we are so i would like everybody to know that that's not going to happen anymore because Zach and I have fired the writers that kept writing me as drunk for those episodes. So, turns out that wasn't a great idea. We have all these fill-ins to do. We, we actually don't have that, that many. But, um, but we fired those writers. <laughs> I think it was a good decision. And uh, now we can get into it, Zach. So, Fourth the f- anniversary is a sober anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but before, before we oh, do that, can we please go into the fill-in from that we missed from last year's oh God. extravaganza? The Cheetah Girls explanation. Yes, that's right. That's right. That is, okay. has been an ongoing issue now for <laughs> what like a, a year and a half that has not been addressed. Sure, sure. The most important type of error. Yes. Okay, this is the. I put this as like an asterisk in the three year extravaganza a year ago. We somehow just missed it. And this is the thing in our Cheetah Girls discussion, where Raw maybe probably our most what one of the most offensive episodes we ever recorded. Absolutely, <laughs> the yes. reason why we don't pay for transcription services because we don't want that in a database anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but in that episode, I make a remark about how one of the songs by the Cheetah Girls is a song called Cinderella, and then I say there was a band named Play that was most named known for like a pop one hit wonder song us against the world 
Um, but they covered Cinderella, I don't know, first or just, I don't know whoever wrote the song. Mm-hmm. But both bands performed the song, identical lyrics, very similar musical composition. And in that, Rob does a little cut in. He's like, I am a music person. I know everything there is about music. <laughs> and yet Zach, Zach has found some comparison that I do not understand. But hey, let's hear him out. <laughs> yeah. and, Rob, and Rob played the Cheetah Girls Cinderella rendition, juxtaposed juxtaposed with the us against the world play song not the cinderella song okay so i'm going to ask rob now so we can fix it for the record rob will play the cheetah girl cinderella next to the play version of cinderella and that's the episode that's what this moment is addressing something that's been eating at me for (laughs) 18 months now Perfect. I will get that in there. And Zach, when I after I finish this editing and uh, this episode goes live, and you listen back to it, I hope you mentally prepare yourself for me just reusing the clip from the Cheetah Girls episode. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the perpetual correction in this spreadsheet. What I'm going, but what I'm going to ask though is that much like last time, before you play the two clips back to back, I want you to do a cut in and explain. Like, okay, I get what Zach was going for now. Sure, sure. These songs are, again, lyrically identical and composited almost identically as well. Okay, okay. Understood. True, a, a true redux. A true redux on a moment <laughs> that probably nobody has thought about outside of me since we debuted the episode. Absolutely. I mean, well, wait, Zach, what are you talking about? Our two most downloaded episodes are Frank Ocean Endless and the Cheetah Girls, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves the Cheetah Girls. That goddamn Bazan free say. Uh, so. Slam it. Slam it into the concrete. <laughs> yeah. Hey kids, Rob here, giving Zach the cut in that he asked for. Now, I totally understand what clips I'm going to be playing, uh, and Zach is correct that they are the same exact song. When I listened to them, it actually did come back to me why I didn't do this in the original Cheetah Girls episode, because I honestly believe there is no point in playing these clips. It's a cover. The Cheetah Girls covered the play song, so it sounds exactly like the original. Now, sure, you can do covers that are reimaginations of songs, but this is not that. It's like when Pusifer covered Bohemian Rhapsody. It was not very fun because it's just Maynard singing Bohemian Rhapsody sounding exactly like the original song. So I remember back in the day when I was editing the original Cheetah Girls episode, I was like, this is a useless comparison to make. Why would Zach even want to make it? And I found a different song that I thought might have been trying to compare the two. So that's the case. Now please enjoy basically one sound clip played twice. And Zach, I hope you're happy. When I was just a little girl, my mama used to tuck me into bed and she'd read me a story. It always was about a princess in distress and how a guy would save her and end up with the glory. Oh, yeah. 
got that out of the way. Perfect. Now, on to this year's spreadsheet fill-ins. Um, I think the, the one we have to do, uh, let's start with, or the main one that we have to do, is Venoms, the Venom movies. Uh, Venom and Venom 2, Dawn of a Horrible Title, or whatever I called it in that episode. So I know I needed both Late Night and Cinemodities, and this one's going to be easy for me. I have a no across the board. I never want to see them again. I don't think I want to share them with anybody. Um, and uh, so that's my Late Night answer. And Cinemodity, I... I remember those movies. Nothing was very odd about them. I mean, you know, liked that Tom Hardy performance in the first one for the most part, but, and I still think back, you know, to when uh, he gets in that damn lobster tank, Zach. That is pretty fun, but uh, I, I can't say it's an oddity. So I'm going no across the board. Zach, you did give your late night in that episode, but you did not give your Cinemodities answer for the Venom movies. Um, Cinemodity, probably no across the board. Uh... Yeah, like, uh, those two movies, again, we didn't really address them properly, but that first Venom was a novelty in that, like, it's so kind of stripped down compared to, like, we were, at the time we were so used to in a sandwiched Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame world. Okay. And then uh, Venom 2, or, oh gosh, I said it wrong, Carnage 2, Let There Be Venom. Um <laughs> sure. That movie is so just, like, oh, God, fleeting. Like, it's what? I think maybe 75 minutes long. Yeah. And, but, like, it's funny. I When we saw that movie the once, completely, like, have forgotten what most of it is. But all I remember, there are two parts in that movie where I'm like, this is good carnage. Like, like as somebody who <laughs> loved the symbiote characters from the cartoon, like, we discussed, there was two moments. I don't know what they were, but I remember in the theater being like, there are two good carnage moments. And, like, I only, I bought it, like, part of one of those Target buy two, get one free sales, which is, like, my crack. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it. Like, it's still in the wrapper. I will watch it at some point, maybe be- right before Venom 3, oh, sure. whenever that inevitably comes out, maybe before uh, Jared Leto's Morbius. But, no, the no for Cinemati. Late night, probably goofy fun because it's, like, a little over an hour. Late like, night? Think, you already gave late night, Zach. You can't redo it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where, like, now that I sit on it, like, I don't know. Like, I think it's – I'm not going to revert it, but, like, it's one of those things where, like, it's kind of indifferent. Like, if I said no, fine. If I said yes, great. Like, uh, it's really, like sure. – I'll, I'll let the ruling on the field stand. How about that? Okay. Yes. I just I, I have the spreadsheet open, and uh, your answer for late night, um, it was this. I, I lumped them together because it was the same for both. You said would use as background back background would use as background noise if they were on TNT one afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I honestly think that's the highest compliment you can pay yeah. to a, a, any form of like blockbuster cinema. I think if you can like just be like yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Uh, And then uh, the other thing that none of us did for Venom was snacks. So I I had a few snacks from Venom. Um, This is thankfully why I, uh, you know, have notes and so I can remember these things. Uh, There were a few that I wanted to bring up. I think one of the low-hanging fruit from that uh, first Venom movie, Raw Lobster. Remember Tom Hardy chomping down on the the live lobster? Yeah. I think that we should do that exactly. You know, maybe someone orders lobster and they get an uncooked live lobster, not even rubber bands around the um, pincers, like just a live lobster on the plate. I remember him like getting in the tub with it. He definitely like picks one up and chomps down on it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I believe we said in that episode that um, the one he bites into is um, marshmallow with a chocolate shell designed to look like a lobster, which I don't think we should have on our menu. I just kind of want that. I want a a chocolate-covered marshmallow in the shape of a lobster. (laughs) Sure. 
You want to keep it as like a pet? Uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I want to then cook it like a real lobster, you know, boil it, it'll melt, boil all it. that stuff. <laughs> yep. Um, I also had, I think, I, I'm pretty sure from the first movie, a live eel. I don't remember exactly where that came from, but I think on the same vein of us giving a customer a live lobster when they order lobster, maybe if, you know, we have something, um, you know, maybe it's like on a sushi part of the menu or something. If, uh, if somebody orders unagi, I believe unagi is the word for eel, and um, they just get a live eel. Um, hopefully, electric. <laughs> um, that makes sense. I, I think we also need to have a pair of chickens that live in the restaurant. Ooh. That might be from both the venoms or maybe more from one than the other um i don't remember so so i'm glad you bring that up because i had chickens as well um one of the i i think from the first one they're eating um like uh, venom is eating. i say they i mean tom hardy and venom you know or eddie brock and venom when they're together i believe they're eating out of a like a restaurant dumpster like a um like the carcass of a chicken that's been thrown away type of thing Okay. Um, so I was thinking we'd have like a garbage chicken, like a chicken carcass out of the garbage, you know, and you just have like a little bit of meat on it or something like that. Um, but I do like from the second movie, I'm pretty sure that you brought up the idea of two chickens because at the start of the second Venom, I do remember that, you know, Venom wants food. You know, that's the whole thing about Venom. And um, he wants to eat that chicken. But Eddie Brock like doesn't let or somebody wants to eat the chicken, but they don't eat the chicken because the chicken is like their best friend or something like that. Or the two chickens are best friends or something along those lines. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the two chickens are friends. Yeah. So I, I had their names like, yes, I don't know, something, yes. <laughs> something historical, I think. What strange fucking movies. Um, but I had written down um, whole chickens, especially ones that are best friends. <laughs> so I, I want the, them being best friends as an incentive to eat them. Are you saying the opposite, that we should just have friends, chicken friends in the restaurant? <laughs> uh, yeah, I like chicken friends. Okay, you know? okay, I, I could get behind that. Chickens um, are friends, not food, but they're also food, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, then the only other snack I had was, I believe it's from the... Uh, I actually, I, I can't even fathom a guess. It could be the end of the second when things are going crazy, or it could be really the, uh, uh, sorry, it could be the uh, end of the first movie when things are going crazy, or it could really be the second when Venom is, you know, just hungry as shit. Um, but I have written down eyes, lungs, and pancreas. I think there's some moment where Venom is threatening somebody and says, I'm going to eat your eyes, lungs, and pancreas. So I, I think that's where I got it from. Um, but, you know, I, I think it'd be cool... Maybe on the, as an exemplar, uh, exemplar, you know, if you've ever been to, like, a fancy seafood restaurant and you order, like, a lobster, like, you get, a, like, a butter poached lobster or something, there's a common plating where, you know, they will basically take all the meat out of the lobster but arrange it on the plate so it looks like the lobster. You know, so you have the tail still intact, you have, like, the, um, the body, the claws are still intact, and so it's just a way to present it. I would love if somebody ordered the eyes, lungs, and pancreas, the, the um, you know, they're all laid out on the plate in kind of the relative location that they would be in the human body. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Uh, you're kind of reminding me of what, what is that movie? The, the Statham movie where it's the like war man or war machine or, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, the Wrath he, of man, Wrath of man, which we covered uh, on the Patreon. Nice. Good yes. connection. <laughs> uh, he, I think there's like one of the sections of that movie is called something like body part, body part, body part. Yes, because he's shooting um, the guy that shot his son in all the same places the son got shot. And he's Jason Statham is like, I want to take your your liver. I want to take your spleen. I want to take your lungs. And he shoots him in all those places. Yes. That's yes. right. Yeah. So we can uh, we can kind of have a tie in to the to the Patreon. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that you get liver, spleen, lungs. The uh, Vajanzas? The Vajan yes, the extravaganzas, absolutely. 
The, no, the extra vajanzas. <laughs> the extra vajanzas? Okay, yeah. I mean, because we do have a surplus of vajanzas, you know? We got four. This is a sex <laughs> thing, right? Vajanzas? If you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I knew I couldn't afford it. We don't have that many patrons. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gone to Costa Rica yet, either. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, you know, soon. Soon we'll go to Costa Rica. Definitely. Um, I also did want to say that I did have this on my um, my list of snacks, but when I made these notes for Venom, I wrote this down because it is prevalent in the first movie, but I took it away because we have a previous snack that is so similar and so good that I don't want to have anything that could compare to it. Uh, frozen tater tots. Just tater tots in general, because I think Tom Hardy is like, Venom needs food, and he's like, I just got tater tots or some shit like that in the first movie. Yeah. I was thinking to have that on the restaurant, and I was even mulling over like, oh, would we just leave them frozen? You you know, just serve the customer, like, hard tater tots, frozen tater tots. I don't want um, to have this because, Ben, as you introduced last year in 2021, tomb taters, no- <laughs> nothing can nothing can compete with tomb taters. I still think about that to this day. Tomb taters was fantastic. I think I laughed as hard in this episode as you're laughing right now, in that episode as you're laughing right now, Ben. No, nothing can compare. The tater tots, the, the book is closed. It's tomb taters in the restaurant. <laughs> I entirely forgot about that. Uh, I I think maybe I don't know. Can we be transparent? I don't think of my snacks until I'm telling them to you. Um, I think I think some of the astute listeners might know that. But uh, Tomb Taters <laughs> was wonderful. Tomb Taters was one of the best snacks we have. Absolutely, and uh, and I think that that is just you know there, there's nowhere to go. Uh, we can't get greater than the Tomb Taters. You know, we can't have anything that's better than the Tomb Taters. So why even try to have anything on the same level? You know? Sure. No, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Tomb Taters. <laughs> Tomb Taters um, is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Uh, maybe something we could add to the Tomb Taters is like a, an option is that you could get them blended with Hershey syrup because mm. like chocolate's like a big thing in the uh, in the venom because like I don't know there's some chemical in chocolate and in brains that's oh, in common or something. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, and we could probably also just let people eat burglars, like people who ro- <laughs> like we just go out and we find people who are robbing like old Asian ladies. Sure. Um, and and the stores that old Asian ladies run. And then we just let you eat them. Okay, I like that. I like that, you know. And then it's just, if anybody questions it, be like, am I eating, like, a person? And be like, yeah, don't worry, they're a burglar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a hamburglar, you know. Oh, definitely. I thought you were going to say we should oh have God. the option to make the Tomb Taters frozen, because I think there is, like, an ice cavern or something in one of the Tomb Raider um, movies, so we could do that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, what else do you have? Uh, we should just call it the Hamburglar, and it's it's a burglar made into a hamburger perfect i mean it's easy it's it's easy it's it's easy to name it's easy to eat it's easy to create <laughs> right <laughs> yeah Wonderful. all around easy all around easy uh, any other snacks from the venoms that you had ben uh, maybe some of that glow paint from the second movie like we could have it in the restaurant we could have it in the sydney modities portion we could let kids eat it Okay, I like that. I like that. Is that from the um the rave scene, the glow paint? Yes. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yep, yep. Um, okay, yeah, I could get behind that. Let kids eat it. Absolutely, you know. Um, and can you think we can actually get some symbiote? Ooh, that's that's an interesting idea. Because, um, like, it'd be great to have a symbiote hopping around the restaurant like he does in the rave scene where he's just killing his hosts. Sure, sure. Mm, maybe, maybe. Maybe that's another um, defense that we have for the restaurant or a way to take care of the um, the bothersome customers, the bad customers, the annoying customers, the customers that slightly inconvenience us. <laughs> yeah, those are the worst. Yes. Slight inconveniences are, are maybe the worst thing I've ever encountered. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could not agree more. <laughs> it's like a big inconvenience. It's like, well, fuck, this is inconvenient, but at least it seems like it's worth it. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like when, like when, I, when I've had like major problems, I'm always like, you know, oh god, this is not good. I have to deal with this right now, you know, and it's almost like a sense of, like, like calm urgency, if that makes sense. Yes, yep, of, yeah. But whenever I fucking wake up and I see that it's snowed and I have to shovel for two minutes because I live in You're an apartment like, complex. Fuck my I, life! I get irate some mornings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like... <clears throat> like realizing you forgot your coffee in the morning and you're just oh. like, fuck, I have to drive back two minutes to go get, you know, it's like, this is the worst thing ever that's ever happened to me. And Jesus. I'm pretty sure my yes. grandma died from cancer last year. I, I, one time I was going to the grocery store and I forgot my coupons and I was actively ready to drive 60 miles per hour into a wall. I was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds about right. That's what I'm saying. It's small inconveniences are the worst thing in the world. Oh man, absolutely, absolutely. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's I'm taking into account what's going on in Ukraine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Is it too soon? I mean, it's pretty soon. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, Zach, what do you have for snacks for the Venom movies? Oh God, I just want to eat goo. I just want goo. I just want to eat goo. Like, like Rob, remember when we were like in elementary school? They had like what was it, goos and gak and all that. Like it was all like sure. stuff with the Nickelodeon branding, like yeah. slapped on. I just want to eat yeah. that. That whole like, I literally that, want... we grew up in that time period of the '90s where for some reason Ooh. children's marketing was like, isn't it gross? You know? <laughs> yeah, green ketchup, purple ketchup, like all part of like yep. stuff from like the uh, Fort Year. Um, yeah, I just want like I want like the stuff from the early two thousands. Much like how Venom was like written in the nineties, or well, it seemed like it was written in the nineties. I just want that. I just okay. want like old packages of gak. It's probably like all dried up and crusty. It, <laughs> it, it, it's like I, I want that. I want someone to eat it, even though it's not what it's supposed to be. Okay. Would would we have to like rehydrate it, or is there getting no, it as no. the okay, like the shattering? Like, it, dusty, yeah, okay. like it's like eat it, you asshole. That's what it's. That's what we call it on the menu. It's called eat it, you asshole. Shove it in your face. <laughs> Okay, I can get behind that. Anything else for the restaurant from Venom's? Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't really remember it. Like, obviously, like the obligatory, like sitting in the lobster tank and eating a raw lobster. Of course, of course. Um, that would hurt your teeth, right? I unless you got some strong teeth. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think lobster <laughs> shells are easy to get through. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, no, like a hundred, a hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing. Like in okay. that regard, like, like it seems pretty. Uh, like, there's nothing, like, obvious, like, right? Like, because, what, he eats tater tots and, like, chicken nuggets and, like, chocolate. Like, it's very much, yeah. like, kitty stuff. Like, oh, what does a four, like, a seven-year-old want to eat, like, for breakfast? <laughs> Definitely. So the next thing we have to do for the spreadsheet looks like things regarding uh, the movie Malignant. Now, Malignant, you guys you guys did this movie. I, I was not involved. Malignant was a movie that kind of came across my radar because of, uh, you know, it's, uh, like, a horror thriller type movie yep hbo max sent it out i was like oh i'm definitely gonna watch this and i was a little bummed to find out you guys recorded it i without me uh not that you did it knowing i wanted to be involved just that you guys had a spot that you had to fill and this was the movie that filled it yeah if i remember correctly it came up very quickly zach was like rob can you get Lashawn for this and i was like what i was like what fucking even is this movie you know uh, a great exemplar i can't wait to hear what you think about it because i do remember the movie for the most part we are still in the uh turnstiles and and whatnot uh, right now as i'm talking to you ben i have not rewatched malignant 
I know at some other point in this episode, I will say I have rewatched Malignant. Hopefully everybody <laughs> understands what I mean by that. Um, but yeah, so that was something that um, I don't even think before uh, we mentioned it to you. Uh, off, we were, I think you, Zach, and I were talking before recording or something, and Zach mentioned Malignant and that we had, we had finished that or done that episode or something. And you were like, oh, Malignant backwards fighting or something like that and yes, that was yeah. that was the first that i had even heard that you knew about the movie or were interested in it um because i sure. i had i i did not know about it until like zach told me something about it um i think i had seen some youtube ads if i remember correctly and i was just like i was like what is this is this like some stupid shutter original like that's not i'm not going to care about so i really had no no knowledge of it um i will tell you though ben since you were not involved with that episode um i came out of malignant and into that discussion absolutely hating it um, oh, I yeah. thoroughly disliked that movie, but that's something that uh, when Lashawn is here, oh god, no! I mean, no, everybody's here. We're all in the same room. I, I can't. Every, okay, we're all recording this like a regular episode. Don't worry, cinema audience. Um, Lashawn has given his thoughts, or will give his thoughts. Jesus Christ! Okay, the facade is broken. But Ben, I would love to know what you think about *Malignant*. <laughs> I did not think it was a great movie. Okay, there are a number of issues I had with it. Not least of which being that, like, it was awakened by her skull breaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But some of the imagery in that movie I really liked. Okay. Um, some of the, the things were, like, she's seemingly just, like, having a vision or whatever, but it's actually a memory of something that her half, other half did. Like, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, I thought I thought the imagery was of that was really neat. And then the backwards fighting scene I really liked. Okay, uh, okay. Mainly because... It act, like fr- from you know from what I could tell, it actually looked really good in terms of like somebody like if I was going to be fighting backwards, like that those are the things that I would be trying to do. And of course, obviously, like it, I think you like dislocate its elbows and like turn its you know move yes. its hands a little more freely than than I would be able to do. But like those are those are the kinds of things that I would expect in the movement. And then like the fluid movement from like fighting backwards to climbing up walls and things like that. Like, I thought some of that was, like, just beautiful to watch. Okay, um, okay. But overall, not a fantastic movie. I didn't. I don't hate it. I don't think I'm, like, as negative on it as you are. But I, I will say that the opening scene of that movie, uh, I should not have been eating when I turned it off. <laughs> that's that's like, fair. <laughs> I th- and I think I was eating, like, Chinese food. So I'm just, like, eating little bits of, of goo-covered Yeah. Uh, chicken you know and i'm and i'm seeing this fucking disturbing thing coming out of somebody's brain getting cut off blah 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 mm-hmm. uh so that was that was a little <laughs> sickening um so yeah i should not have been eating for that but uh that that aside i i did enjoy the movie um i didn't like i said i didn't think it was fantastic uh from from a storytelling point of view as well there were some things i was unclear on like who characters were and things like that um, like the character that gets tied up in the basement for a long time. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Oh, I, um, okay. I think I, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Or maybe it was a basement. Maybe it was an attic. Could have been an attic. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. Doesn't, I think someone falls through a ceiling at one point, so it probably wasn't. Yeah. An attic. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, and it's like the, it, it, that person's being held in her house by her, her other half. Mm. And like, she never hears her like there. There's just like, obvi- like, you know, there's a bunch of, of little things like that where it's like, well, clearly this is uh bad storytelling or, or bad <laughs> writing or whatever. Sure. Um, sure. But no, I, I did enjoy the backwards fighting and I did enjoy kind of the premise of this, this movie where this lady's like, I have this other half that for whatever reason has superpowers. 
Um, sure. And yeah. has been locked inside my brain this whole time, which is some crazy shit. Um, yeah. Okay, right on. No, I'm glad we glad we got those thoughts for sure. So I just want to say to you two, when we were here for Malignant, um, I know I was the most negative on it. I did rewatch it, so I have seen Malignant again. And Zach, I wanted to say, I still severely dislike this movie. <laughs> I get Great. where you're. I get where you're coming from. I I think I was laughing at the little girl with the toy phone more because you have pointed it out now. But that movie, I still have. I looked back through my notes and I'm like, yeah, everything I wrote down the first time. I think this movie's still pretty dumb. Uh, I think maybe I have a little more respect for it after what you say about it, Zach. How does that sound? Uh, I'll take some qualifiers. <laughs> it's not just abject trash anymore. It's abject trash with a, like an asterisk next to it. So that will suffice for now. Okay, okay. But something we did not get to in that episode uh, was the snacks. And so we are here with LaShawn to reconvene and talk about, well, what are we going to have to eat with Malignant? And I figured I would kick it off with probably the most obvious, an electricity beverage. Of course, what's his name? Gabriel uh, drinks electricity. I-, I figured, why don't we have some way for our customers to drink electricity? Now, I don't really know how we would do that. I'm Whatever we have, though, I'm imagining it's going to be like a cup. And in that cup is just going to look like, you know, like a Tesla coil or something, like the, sh- the, the, uh, the arcs of electricity or something like that. <laughs> Another one I had was Haunted Blender. Because <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, I think Gabriel turns a blender on for the abusive husband, boyfriend, who knows? And uh, it's a haunted blender. So I have some others, but what did you guys have? Uh, also, uh, do you guys remember your snacks? Or are we all? Are you two going off the cuff? Because thankfully, I take notes for these this, things. This is a hundred percent off the cuff. Because like when you said like boyfriend, like husband, I completely fa- forgot about the fact we get a pregnant woman getting punched into a wall, <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, Rob! How is this not like greatest thing we've ever seen on this podcast? Like that's the first thirty minutes. Um, just like weird, like abusive, like husband for no reason. Um, okay. Uh, at least, okay. One snack I'm saving my kind of uh, ace up my sleeve for last. Okay. One snack. I want one of those like grocery store birthday cakes. They really don't do it. Like it's still around as a thing, but you really have to like ask for it. Yeah. But like, I want like a malignant style kid's birthday cake where like half the cake is like the main character and the other half is Gabriel. Like I want that like like almost like <laughs> imagine the poster for what was it face off with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. I want that but for malignant and it's a children's birthday cake. Okay. I really like that. And and I have something I have a cake on my list. So could we add to that that we make the cake we we put frosting on it, but then a lot of the frosting is taken off by the employee's fingers. <laughs> there's that scene where when the it's I did have I do have to say I did laugh at this scene, Zach, where it's one of the flashbacks to Emily or what Maddie or whoever whatever the hell her name is. She has like four names in the movie or something like that, and it's a flashback to her with the parents. And you know, there's like the 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 birthday cake for the younger sister and there's just a big finger of frosting taken out of it and the parents are oh, like yeah. why'd you do this maddie and she's like i didn't it was gabriel and the parents are like stop relying on your imaginary friend or something like that and so can we take your cake zach and just have a bunch of like fingers of frosting taken out of it <laughs> just is it just the one like like comically just one finger that went across it is or like somebody went bananas on the cake i was kind of thinking like we would have like every employee that sees the cake as it's making its way from like you know being frosted to the table just gets a chunk of frosting out of it or something okay okay 
Okay, I like that. We had the cake there. LaShawn, what did you have? Are you going off the cuff as well? Do you remember Malignant? (laughs) So I remember my main idea, but it was pretty twisted. I was like, ooh, Malignant Tumor, Benign Tumor, Desserts. And I don't know where I was going with that, but it was going very, very wrong. And so I this one's not really creative, but there is, um, I believe it's a Filipino dish. It's called Balut where they have the fertilized egg inside the thing. And I was thinking we could just serve those because people would be like, oh, it's just an egg. And then they crack it open and it's a fertilized egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely heard of that before. I've never had it, but yeah, uh, Balut, B-A-L-U-T, I think. Um, I know about that because there's an episode of Hell's Kitchen where an old, like an old season of Hell's Kitchen where um, whichever team lost the challenge, they have to like, eat disgusting lunches, which is one of the stupidest things about that show because it's just like for the the drama factor, the gross-out factor for TV. But this one always stood out to me because, well, one, it's a fucking fertilized, you know, chicken embryo that you you cook in the egg and crack open, and you got this, like, disgusting little chicken thing in there. Um, But, like, (laughs) one of the people on the team, like, had it, and they were like, oh, my God, this is disgusting, and another... Another teammate was like, you know, I'm like Filipino or whatever, like you said. And they were like, and this stuff is like a delicacy where we come from. And the other person responds with, well, this shit's gross. And the Filipino <laughs> lady's like, that's pretty offensive. <laughs> so that always stood oh, out geez. to me. But that, that's that's a good one. Okay, I like that. If we could get like, you know, a twin embryo or something, right, in the, in the balut egg, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> but we do need a disclaimer that it's high in cholesterol. <laughs> that's that's fair that's fair anybody who wants to order it just just let you know you know there's some cholesterol in there <laughs> you know speaking of the chicken embryo uh, the other snack that i had was um at from the end of the movie when what the the younger sister says something to maddie like you know uh, gabriel's the reason why you're you're uh, you kept having miscarriages he's eating your fetuses to gain strength you know something really right. really <laughs> dumb like that that whole end of the movie in the hospital scene, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, but but there's, I was thinking, like, you know, let's say that, you know, someone comes to the restaurant after, I don't know, they just were working out or they ran a marathon or did some strenuous activity. You know, because we're in New York, New York City Marathon, whatever. I don't, Zach, I don't think the New York City Marathon ends in Times Square. But, but you know, if, if you want to just stop by the restaurant to uh, get some sustenance, I would say, you know, we should have some fetuses to regain your strength and build yourself back up. Um, maybe they're chicken fetuses, like LaShawn said. Maybe they're other types of fetuses. But uh, I think, you know, anything, uh, anything with those stem cells, I guess, to, to get yourself stronger. <laughs> <laughs> another aspect of this movie i completely forgot that he was eating her her oh my lord like, rob how is this not the greatest thing that's I, ever happened i think it's and, too the tonally consistent for me that none of it comes that's across the, as i i know that's why you love it but that's what it, i despise about it <laughs> you hate the fact again it's oh my god it's brilliant it's it's horrifically brilliant in the most nonsense way possible. <laughs> I should say, I'm not sure if you're, you two are aware of this, but like for the Oscars this year, they have this weird category where they're having like their own like vote, like a fan's choice category. Ooh. Like, yeah. Um, I think there's eight nominees. Like it's the normal thing. Like Spider-Man, no way home, I think is in there. Okay. Um, but Did they go to like, them- Twitter to vote on this? Is they do something Maybe. like that? Okay. I, I, it's one of those. I, I don't know if it's Twitter, but like it is social yeah. media something. And one of the things on the short list of eight is malignant. Oh jeez. <laughs> malignant <laughs> is on an Oscar thing and it's just like, 
Oh God, make it happen, please. Like if I can have one wish in this world, please give malignant even if it's a worthless like participation trophy Oscar, <laughs> give it give it that trophy. Like we need to be memorialized forever. Okay, okay. Maybe maybe one day, Zach, I, I can see myself coming around on it and maybe like we said in the episode, maybe if if you and I and Rachel and Jeremy had actually saw it in theaters, maybe this would be a whole different story. We would you have know? lost our minds. I mean, like we could, okay. Yeah. And one noted that, like, because Rob was a very, very bitter individual how many months ago about all this. That like when we went to go see Candyman, there was a trailer for this, and we were just like poo pooing it. Mm-hmm. So if we because the trailers were very, very guarded about what this film was. Yes. Intentionally or not, we'll never know. But if we would have walked into this, like, under the guise of what the marketing was presenting, we would have legit lost our minds. Like, we would have just been like, oh, like, like just all of this. Like, even the first five minutes alone, we would have just been like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Again, and that's the thing where, like, I, I, I feel if, like if I can eventually get you to rewatch Men, Women, and Children and appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like there is hope for malignant. The fact that you're saying like, okay, I get like the little girl on the, like on the phone in the slope, like zoom in and how that, if you can appreciate that is comedy. I feel confident we can reform you just yet. Rob. It's been four years almost since men, women and children. I feel like we're making progress. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm getting there yes, slowly, but yes. surely. No, I mean, when I rewatched malignant the other night, um, I, there was definitely, I was looking for the moments that you mentioned in our discussion um, that you've mentioned since, you know, when we've slightly relitigated it for whatever reason when it's come up in other episodes. Um, but, you know, there's even some other mo- moments I didn't forget about, like that whole thing with the boyfriend. I think it's wh- husband, boyfriend, whatever, the abuser at the beginning of the movie. Because what? The, the pregnant woman comes home and she turns off his TV. He's like, hey, I was watching that. And she's like, oh, come on. She's like, let me sleep. I'm, you know, I'm so tired. And his response is, maybe you should stop getting pregnant. And And I was like... <laughs> I was like, is he not the one? Like, is this her brother or something? Like, is he not the one that got her pregnant? Like, what is that response? Um, so there's something there. That alone is worth it. Like that. Like again, I completely forgot about the fact that the evil tumor brother, whatever you want to call it, split personality, is is like eating her fetuses to consume its power. Rob, is that your favorite thing ever? Eating somebody's like ability to consume their power. I do like that. I do like that. But I, I've always liked, you know, eating like the thing when it's not when it's out of the womb, you know, Oh, OK, <laughs> in, in the womb. I'm still kind of on the fence on. But no, you're right, Zach. I am. I understand it better, you know, and and I think, you know, the most important thing is that, you know, I do appreciate that this is uh, James Wan's, you know, goofy, crazy, almost B movie horror after Aquaman. That's that's I think why I respect it for sure. This so. is like okay, we should applaud Malignant. Solely for the fact that, like, Hollywood still has that sense of, like, one for you, one for us. Yes. Where it's like, okay, you made us a billion-dollar movie that we didn't anticipate. It's essentially – like, imagine – like, this is how I look at it. Imagine after The Dark Knight if Christopher Nolan didn't make Inception mm-hmm. but instead made, like, The Evil Dead. Like, that is the equivalent <laughs> of this. And just being like, okay, like, this is somebody who had all the clout in their world. And they're like, I'm going to burn it all down. <laughs> this is somebody taking their clout and just lighting it on fire in front of the world. And not – recognizing that's what they were doing not what's the word admitting to it yep yep it's a it's an interesting movie i'll give you that i'll give you that but i have one final not even a snack but i guess almost in a way like like we talked about how tenet is the unofficial cinematis film sure um in a way if you remember the house in malignant and the fact that like on the outside it's a very tiny home 
Yep. And then like on the interiors, like it's like like the ceilings don't match. Like it's very jarring in a sense. Yes. Isn't that the Cinemati's restaurant? Like, isn't that the idea? You have this very confined space on the outside, but <laughs> in the inside, right. it's the infinite void. Yeah. So yeah. I think what we need at the the attic level of the Cinemati's restaurant, <laughs> we need a giant like vent fan. Yes, and it has to be spinning very slowly to not really yes. be venting anything. <laughs> and the light has to always, like, the moonlight always has to be peering through at a very, like, macabre, spooky angle. Okay, I could get behind that. I could get behind that. LaShawn, did you have any uh, other things, snacks, or things for the restaurant, or any thoughts on Malignant? No, nothing that wouldn't make me uh, want to puke. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, all right, so I think uh, we can put Malignant uh, in the books. Uh, we've officially cut out the cancer. Now, another spreadsheet fill-in that we have to do is one that LaShawn was not here for, but Zach's answer and our discussion kind of kind of dragged you into it, LaShawn. So just to set the stage for you, LaShawn, back in last year when we were at the end of our 2001 Fort Month, uh, we did a bunch of anniversaries, 2001 movies, Zach and I discussed The Others. Uh, the Others is a ghost movie, I would call it. Zach might call it a pretentious movie, which I think I agreed with you, Zach, <laughs> even though I really liked it. Zach really didn't. Uh, it's a horror movie with Nicole Kidman. Uh, is this ringing a bell to you, LaShawn? Have you ever seen this by any chance? Or um... I saw this so long ago, I can't, I can't even remember what this movie's about. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> while, when we were discussing it, like I said, uh, I loved it. Zach was like, this is just some, some pretentious nonsense type of thing. And I was like, I, I know, Zach, and that's why I like it, you know? <laughs> um, uh, so we were kind of split, just like we were for Malignant. Uh, when we, I'm, I'm also seeing, I have the spreadsheet open, Zach. I'm also now seeing that we discussed America's Haunted Houses in this episode. Yes, this is our yes. episode within an episode. And for both, um, for late night movie, for America's Haunted Houses, we both said ghost cat, Zach. Um, <laughs> but when, when uh, I, I said I'm all about it for late night for the others, and when Zach was asked would he consider the others a late night movie, uh, his response was, I wish LaShawn was involved with this that's with this discussion with this episode anything like that so now that uh LaShawn is here Zach do you have any questions for him I didn't go back and listen to that episode but I, I'm trying to remember of like how how LaShawn I, could have helped you with this because <laughs> what happened was the context of this was that like I think we before recording that episode we did the Jeepers Creepers discussion yes and like in that in that discussion, I learned from Lashawn that like he's more of like a I don't want to say and correct me if I'm wrong, Lashawn. Like you're more of like a specter like type of like that's your type of horror. And like the creature features of like Jeepers Creepers wasn't exactly like what you look for. And correct. Yeah. I sh- cool. And so like I like Rob said, the others like oh god, it's such a dry movie and like. The last five minutes go completely off the rails. Like that, I guess, as Rob was like bringing this movie back to my attention, I'm just like, oh, that's the one with like the ghost daughter. And like the entire thing is, are you mad? I am your daughter. <laughs> and that's like, that's the entire movie. Um, it's it, it's pretty much just like two hours of sup for a five minute payoff. Um, oh, it's so slow. It's so methodical. It's just like Nicole Kidman looking at nothing for two two hours and like 10 minutes. I couldn't ask for that's like my type of movie right there. <laughs> the only thing was that like, was I'm missing broke. was Nicole Kidman eating a whole pie on the floor, Zach. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but no, that was kind of thing. Like well, the show was like, I feel like whereas like Rob was just kind of like glowing about this movie. Again, it was a very like antithetical, typical cinema conversation. We're like. 
I like I was crapping on it, and Rob's like, "You're not wrong, but this is why it's amazing." It was very weird. It was like inverse of malignant, like he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I wish LaShawn were here to give me perspective because it was the idea of like he liked this sort of thing. So I'm gonna try to recap the events of the others, maybe jog his memory. Okay. Um, Nicole Kidman lives in, in like what a, was is it was it England or it's was it, it I like, think it's England, yeah. In, English, okay. English Manor. She has two kids. They cannot be exposed to sunlight. Like she is beyond methodical when it comes to closing shutters, doors, like no natural light can come in. And then like out of nowhere, we get like a nanny, a groundskeeper and like what a mute maid who just like, like like, before they knock on her door, they're like, they're like doing a Mr. Burns. (laughs) And like they knock on the door and they're like, we're here to help you. And she's like, like again, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. They're like, oh, did your hu- like did my husband send you? And they're like, of course. Um, as they like stroke their like mustache and twirl it. Yeah, and I think they they say something like they were the the um the help for the house. That's probably not the Pre- best term, but the the help for like the previous owners or residents yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then like we get like this goes on and on. Where like Nicole Kidman's like like oh my god, someone wants to open the door. How would you do this? Um, again, very very slow burn. And then, like, Doctor Who, the ninth Doctor shows up, (laughs) and it's like, you've returned from the war. And it's like, he is very well. He doesn't talk to her. He doesn't interact with her at all. And he just disappears out of nowhere, not explained. Meanwhile, the groundskeeper, the nanny, and the maid are just, like, all sitting there doing their, like, weird little things, like, to undermine Nicole Kidman. And she's, like, slowly, like, descends into into madness. They're hiding, like, they're covering up headstones, and you know, for a lot of, like, that's the, the, when you see them, you know, it's like they're, they're, like, Oh, they they put leaves in front of the headstones, and then they're like, you know, at the end of a scene, the the groundskeeper will be like, "Should we tell them yet?" or some bullshit like that, you know? <laughs> yes, the bullshit being the key word. Um, <laughs> and then, like in the last five minutes, like it goes into like schlock overdrive, where like there's a seance happening, where like we see like all these people at a table, like none of our main characters, Nicole Kidman's there, like just like flailing around doing stuff, and then we find out like, oh no. Nicole Kidman and the two kids were ghosts all along. And, like, this entire thing, like, this seance in the end is, like, Nicole Kidman, like, trying to mess up their, like, seance. And she's the one that's causing all these weird things to happen. And it's so, like, she is overacting, like, beyond just, like, goofy. And that's, like, the twist. Like, oh, no, they were dead all along. It, it's, like, dumb, dumb sixth sense. That's, that's probably the <laughs> easiest way to describe it. And, like, again, that last five minutes is amazing, but it's not worth the two hours of, like, nothing happening. Like, it, it's, it's, it's goofy, but it's not worth the price of admission. Does that ring any bells? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot of movies, actually. But I do remember. <laughs> I remember the creepy kids, and I remember the one little boy and him saying, like, don't open the curtains and things like that. So it, it is ringing a bell. Okay. And I want to say that I was pretty neutral to it. I like the premise, but I don't think I I like the final product. Okay, okay, right on, right on. Real quick, can we, Rob? Would you please explain to Lashawn Ghost Cat and like how we how we <laughs> like figured that out? Like how we I don't want to say discovered because like I was always like kind of like bothering you with like talking about this like like horror. What do you call it? Supernatural documentary. Yeah. And there's like this one 15 minute segment like buried buried deep in here about a ghost cat and like we fell down like a deep deep rabbit hole of like wikipedia articles and stuff about this thing that like yeah like bonkers 
absolutely bonkers when you looked into it. Yeah, to, uh, to I guess the best way to start here, uh, well, like like I already mentioned, you know, um, I think it was, what, the morning of we were going to record that episode, Zach, you texted me and you were like, we also should do the 40-minute, you know, America's Haunted Houses documentary, and I was like, okay. And then we watched it, like you said, there it's, it's just like an anthology thing of like all these different, you know, uh, ghost stories around the country, and it got to Washington, D.C., and apparently there is a, a story in, in what, like, what was it, like the tunnels under D.C. or something like that? <laughs> That there's it's, it's, there's a ghost yeah. cat, so there was this this ghostly cat. It like roams the capital, roams the capital, that type of thing. And um, I think you know the best place to start with the ghost cat, Lashawn, is that for our snacks in that episode, um, we included a ghost cat in the restaurant that expands to ten feet by ten feet and gives people heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so th- there's this whole story that this this ghost cat like roams the um the capital, like Zach said, and. It would appear to guards at night or something like that. The expanding to 10 feet by 10 feet thing was that one of the stories was um, like some guard said that he encountered the ghost cat and he he said that it was like huge. And I think in the documentary or in the Wikipedia page, something like that, because there is a Wikipedia page for this ghost cat. Uh, it's one of the greatest Wikipedia pages ever. Um, but it says something like the cat expanded to 10 feet by 10 feet. And I was like, what the fuck? Is the cat two dimensional? Like, where's the third dimension of this cat? But then the Wikipedia page also says that they think this story was because a guard got drunk fell asleep on duty and when he woke up the cat was just very close to his face (laughs) interesting um we we fell in love with the ghost cat the wikipedia page is fantastic i know i posted it to our reddit our subreddit um and and i was just like this is the greatest you know wikipedia page ever um but ghost cat is now like a mainstay in the restaurant um, and what else, I'm, tr- I, I'm sure I'm missing something, what else, Zach. I'm trying to think. What, what else? Okay, the other part of it too is that, like, in the article, it like begin like in the Wikipedia article, like you said, it's a treasure. It like begins with, oh, it's like a uh, omen of doom. Like it's able, like use, it's like it's like Mothman level. Like oh, all these things happen after the ghost cat is seen, and it's like oh, like oh, I forget, like all these things. And one of them's like oh, like it was there right before the JFK assassination, and then like further in the Wikipedia article but the last known sighting of the ghost cat was like 1947 <laughs> and i was like that literally contradicts yes. the paragraph above it it's like did nobody read this and think about dates for a second um that was a fun thing and then like what was it that you eventually i think you want you did more research outside of wikipedia and like what it was like if you claim to have seen the ghost cat like in its heyday you got like a day off from work yes um, that's right and yeah. that's why we were like and then it's like <laughs> well that's what it was like people were just saying this to get out of work for a day yep, yeah like, yep. in the wikipedia in the wikipedia article is great because like this very comical image of like a cat peering over like a brick like wall it's not a picture of the ghost cat it is just a picture of a cat (laughs) (laughs) and we saw this picture and we lost our minds we were just like cackling for like a solid five minutes yes this is it's all coming back to me and i have i pulled it up because i had to find it and if anybody wants to check it out for themselves it is on wikipedia under the article title demon cat (laughs) oh wonderful ghost cat ghost ghost cat um, so, Zach, and LaShawn, if you have any questions, let us know. But, Zach, has this let you or guided you to your late-night answer for the others now? <laughs> the late-night answer to the others is, I guess, no. Because it's not, like I said, it's not worth the price of admission. Like, five minutes of, like, goofiness at the end is not worth a two-hour slow burn. It's, like I said, it's it's fun. Like, it's a fun, nice five minutes, but it's basically, basically oh, God, like, 20 miles per hour, and then we hit 80. 
Like it, it's sure. almost like tonal whiplash. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I love it. Love me some slow movies. I wa- I think I mentioned this before, but I, I watched uh, Clementine on Tubi because Sidney Sweeney's in it, so I have to watch it. And I finished it, and I was like, it was like ninety minutes, and I was like, oh, this was actually pretty good, you know. And I, I think I gave it like three stars or something. I read the other Letterbox reviews, and they're all like one star, and they say like, this movie is so boring, nothing happens, and I'm like. Yeah, I guess I found my type of movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, then that was all of our spreadsheet fill-ins. Sure. Like, I just some things I just want to bring up, like, kind of like tangentially before Rob, uh, some of the more structured parts of this, uh, because Rob spends his entire year. This is hit Rob's for uh, Halloween on (laughs) Monstober. Basically. My notes for this episode is 10 pages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is Monstober for Rob. Um, But no, like some things I just want to kind of point out, like when it comes to like cinematis, when it comes to like downloads, popularity, like it should be stated now. Like I, I didn't even really know this until like preparing for this discussion. That like, of course, the Frank like Ocean Endless episode has a billion hits. Um, it's up there with Desposito on YouTube for like most downloaded <laughs> thing ever. Uh, I think more people are aware of our discussion of Frank Ocean's Endless than they are of the actual song. And that fucking episode's like forty five minutes long. Like I think I back to that and I'm like, what the fuck were we doing? Even I think I mentioned this to you like off mic every once in a while. I'm like Zach. Did you know that our Triplets of Belleville episode is like 70 minutes long? And now I'm just like, I could talk about that movie myself for three hours. Like, what was I doing back then? I know. That, back when we had restraint. Yeah. Um, like, it should be stated. Like, if you look at, like, our top 10 most downloaded episodes, like, number one, of course, is Frank Ocean, which makes up f- almost 40% of our downloads. <laughs> I really like that. Well, one – I think we got lucky because that episode came out very close to when um, the the uh, the physical version actually got shipped for the first time and when it was actually released on Spotify. But I like to think that that episode gets so many downloads because I have the best take on that visual album. So, you know, <laughs> believe what you want. You have the- you have the only take on it, Rob. <laughs> yes, like, according yes. to downloads, nobody else has ever thought <laughs> about uh, anything regarding this before. Uh, no, so but like – much like the thesis that I uh, have posed to Rob countless, countless times on this podcast, this is going to slowly morph into like a Disney podcast. Because after that, we have Disney sing-along songs, Disneyland fun. In HD, which is, right? <laughs> in, in HD, which is one of those ones where like it's a three-hour discussion on a 30-minute informa- informa- eh, inf- infomercial. Yep. And like bonkers, like absolutely bonkers that like that's – resonated and an hour of at the end of that episode is you listing snacks i i had to (laughs) i had to read through all of our snacks for some of the other things we're going to get to in this episode and when i got to the disneyland sing-along songs fun and hd one i was like holy shit because i even broke it up i have like four zach paragraphs of snacks and then four rob and i have like two things (laughs) yeah it's that is a zach heavy episode after that we have pink floyd's the wall yep then we have Odd Sack. Yeah. Yeah, like, like a lot of this is like OG cinematis. Yep. Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Key and Peele. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Fantastic Planet. And I then toward watch the... that. <laughs> <laughs> but did you have sex though, Rob? That's the real question. <laughs> That's a, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last three are possibly the most interesting and eclectic. Okay. The Shining in Room 237. Nice. 
Teen Beach movie in Teen Beach 2, which <laughs> it, which is shockingly the most recent episode to appear on our top 10 most downloaded episodes. And then last but not least, the Ted Bundy film. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's that's pretty cool, I think. The Ted Bundy movie is glorious. Uh, hey, Zach, doesn't that scream that we should finish up the Matthew Bright filmography if that episode got so many downloads? Well, well I want – this is the thing I think I really want to kind of like bring up to you because – on top of Spotify, we also have the YouTube account. Sure, sure. And it's one of those things where, like, for a while there, that was kind of inactive because, like, like really, you know, who listens to podcasts on YouTube unless you're a loser? <laughs> um, but if you look at the downloads for that, again, a very eclectic, like, outside of, like, maybe one or two, almost nothing overlaps. Okay. Like, practically nothing. So number one most downloaded thing on YouTube is Amazon Women on the Moon. Yeah, look at that. At 2.6 thousand views, which is kind of bonkers for, like, considering how obscure that film is. Sure, sure. I then, mean, people do need to know that uh, Jack the Ripper was actually the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Perfect Hair Forever. Mm, we should revisit that. We should watch that again. Zach. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, then we have Gili. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> um, Fantastic Planet. Possibly the only the only okay, second overlap. Okay, okay. Um after that we have Titanic Sinking the Mists, our nice. main review. Nice. Which I wonder is how many people just trying to th- if thinking if that is actually the film itself. <laughs> just <laughs> and it gets severely dis- I can imagine audience retention is maybe ten seconds. <laughs> sure. Thirty sure. tops. Um, then we have Disney sing-along songs, Disneyland Fun. Okay. Our part one interview with Ryan Katzenbach, director of Titanic Sinking the Mist. Hot Tomorrows. Ooh. Hot Tomorrows. Yes, I do know that. I, I believe we have a comment on that video where someone is like, how the hell did you find this? And uh, I told them that uh, we got it from um, TrueTVMovies.net, I believe. Sketchy yeah. site. Hey, um, it, the guy was very helpful. It might have been a sketchy site, but the dude who runs it was very sketchy helpful. sketchy site. <laughs> Um, Body Swap with Jimmy Custis. Nice. That was a good one. Yeah. And then we have the Ted Bundy movie, which oddly enough shares the 10th spot both on YouTube (laughs) and on Spotify, which is a weird, weird parallel if you think about it. Okay. We have to do it. If we get a three Monday month, we have to finish up the Matthew Bright film. Zach, it's going to be so much fun. Freeway, Freeway 2, and fucking Tiptoes. Tiptoes, the movie where Gary Oldman is on his knees playing a dwarf the entire movie. (laughs) We have to finish it. But one thing I will say that, like, occasionally, like, I'm not sure if Rob ever signs into our YouTube account, like, on, like, YouTube, there'll be comments. Oh, sure, sure. And one of them was for Scary Tales, where I think the director might have, or, like, somebody involved with that might have listened to our discussion, because they corrected us in the comments about who who we were referencing. I did see that. Don't they say something like, oh, that dude's the guy playing this or on the left or something Mm -hmm. like that? And I I saw that comment, and I was like, this is about an episode I don't remember anything we said in it, (laughs) except that the actual movie Scary Tales, because I'll never forget this, is copyrighted under the copyright law of the United States of America. (laughs) Um, I will never forget that. The one thing you shouldn't have a typo in. (laughs) yeah we get some we get some good comments i think i talked about it last year that we actually got a few comments on our southland tales episode um that were positive and i was like fuck yeah fuck yeah (laughs) yeah southland tales is one of those weird movies that's like slowly starting to show up like if you go to like to like a barnes and noble or an fye there's always a copy of that like sitting on the shelves awesome 
Hell Which leads me to believe that is lagging some level of resurgence. Whether it, it be like better. the fact that everybody's obsessed with The Rock, I don't know. But like that is getting its like at least oh god. Like a cult level of like sunshine on it. And I believe it's all thanks to me. <laughs> that movie is in, that movie is absolutely fantastic. I still rewatch it on my Blu-ray fairly regularly. Um or parts of it, because it is very long. But it is it is great. It is definitely my top ten movies of all time. I fucking love it, and I'm glad to see it's out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, that was good. I like that. I like that we got some rundown there. So, with that out of the way. So, Ben, if you remember back when we covered 8 Mile not too long ago, I actually think last month, um, uh, we, at the end of that episode, you know, kind of when we got to our advertisements, we had to earn our ad revenue from ourselves, I guess, uh, that we said, you know, oh, man, we should have written a rap for this. We should have, in honor of Eminem, in honor of 8 Mile, we should have actually thrown something together um, to, to, you know, give a musical flair to the uh, advertisement for our Patreon account or Patreon service. We didn't then, but that stuck in our heads, cinema audience, and Ben and I have thrown something together that hopefully, if you uh, are not a patron already, this might uh, sway you to become one. So, I don't know, before I play it, Ben, is there anything you wanted to say about it? Um, I can't remember the, the impetus of it super well. I mean, of course, it's about 8 Mile. I don't remember yeah. if you said we should have done a rap, and I was like, yeah, let's fucking do it, or if it happened the other way around. But either way, one of us came up with the idea... Kind of jokingly, and the other one was like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, we got pretty gung-ho about it, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, sent, I sent Rob a bunch, of, a bunch of lines through Facebook Messenger. He ignored half of them uh, and, and used the other half for, for this family-friendly version of our app, which I think I think we're going to release maybe a dirtier or you know meaner version of it uh on the Patreon, so yeah. it's even more incentive. Come check us out. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I, I guess I should say that that in those messages that you sent me, you know, which were um, ideas for lines, different versions of the same lines, you know, stuff like that. Playing around. That's how you write yeah, stuff, was, you know, playing around with stuff. Yeah. Um, I definitely, when I was listening to them before, you know, I sat down and worked on this, I was listening to them and I was like, there's a lot of cursing in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think the best way to say it is I took out most of the cursing and I... Um, replaced them with references to the things we've covered on the Patreon and things we do on the Patreon. <laughs> well, you know, I, I figured since 8 Mile was the the um, impetus, mm-hmm. that I had to be true to 8 Mile and Eminem, and I had to swear as much as I possibly You're not wrong. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. I'm not, like, against the cursing or anything like that. That's but, just... but, no, I get it. For the family-friendly av- version of our advertising, that was not... Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Couldn't just, stay. Just to peek behind the curtain, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure... I don't have it pulled up, and I won't listen to it right now, uh, but uh, one of your messages, your, your line was something like, shit, fuck, McFuck, suck, fuck, suck, or something like that, and <laughs> I was just like, I mean... I was like, I was like, what does this have to do with the Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty obvious, but all right. <laughs> you're, you're like, you don't get it. <laughs> How could you not get it? Uh, but yeah, so I, I will. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought we were on the same level. Um, but yeah, so I will. Uh, I will play that now. So there's a brand to our podcast you can pay for. Cinemani's version of an encore. We get heated. Our thoughts blow like a claim. Or don't feel cheated. It's actually a huge score. Without it, your collection's not completed. 
We go as far to say your brain's all treated. We have a small patron tribe, listeners please. You forget to subscribe, you got mental disease. You heard anything bad, and now that's just slandering. Well, I'm not your dad, but- I am the Mandarin! From reserving a table to paying a rent, at least five bucks a month, that's all you need to consent. Okay, folks, please allow a good detour. The dangers are fun, we do reassure. A two hour commercial can be good for you medically, but that's what they gave us in their legacy. We got King James stroking his dick in front of kids, then he gets paid a billion dollars for his likeness. Louis C.K. jerked off in front of grown women. He got canceled, he even asked permission. We talk movies that'll make your mind rot, like when we watched Evil Eye a Bloodshot. But trust me when I say, if you're looking for fun, you can look no further. You're searching for Ron. Feeling jealous or left out? Well, don't feel envy. You can pay for requests and send us into a frenzy. We got tie ins, rants, and monthly visits to Oob. God, that's gonna take us a long time to get through movies on computer screens. Major love for Constantine. Assassination Energy. Blumhouse. By all means. Chain Black Spider Verse. Except for anything but Terse. It's Wacko. We can verse the best name part of the universe. So join us as our content grows in amount and toss a few bucks in our bank account. Okay. Well, that was great. Wasn't that, Ben? We just listened to it in real time. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Uh, I mean, it's I'm, not like I'm still, I'm still bobbing my head, man. Yeah, it, it's not like we are still uh, in the turnstiles and uh, getting out of the primer box at the wrong time or anything like that. But uh, yeah, so I think just uh, if you liked that, of course, you know, come check out our Patreon. There's a lot of references to things we've covered, what we do. I think you know, I want to talk about uh, one of the lines near the end. I think what we cover a lot as well. Ben and I have things that we want to talk about that don't really fit into the main feed, and so we cover some episodes that we choose uh in that same vein there's tie-ins i really like the idea that you know whenever we have a main feed series you know we only have so many mondays in a month whether it be three four or five and uh there's always something else that either ben or i think of and we want to jam into that series but we can on the main feed so we uh do it with the patreon i think the best example is when we did um all the ancillary henry Selick stuff when we covered our, our three, you know, Monday Henry Selleck series. And so if you go to the Patreon, uh, Patreon and you subscribe, you can get the full picture of the Henry Selleck series. But then, you know, I think we mentioned it uh, this month where we did Assassin's Creed that had a, a light, little tie-in um, to the Time Travel series. And also, if you haven't seen the goddamn Assassin's Creed movie, Jesus Christ, it's amazing. Um, and that is not a joke. <laughs> that is a sincere recommendation from me. But, I mean, we found some gems on there. I mean, Searching and Run, which get mentioned in that little song we just put forward uh those are some of the uh, i think for both of us the greatest movies you know we've ever seen we we do cover iron man 3 so we talk about the line i am the mandarin we actually get to it in the patreon um uh, but it's it's good fun Uh, i think also in there oh spider verse we did into the spider verse because we couldn't fit that into the spider-man series right uh we did eight crazy nights around the music movies yeah that's a good one oh good transition ben because not only was that a music movie but that was also a fan request and yeah and so you can definitely you know if you uh reach the second tier or not reach i guess pay well i guess reach you know if you pay for it um if you reach deep into your wallet (laughs) to get to the second tier um you can definitely you know make requests like uh like we've talked about a lot before uh you can send us a list of requests and i think we're at a good clip right now we do one uh fan request a month oh of course i should say there's three patreon episodes every month on the first the 15th and the last of every month and i i think we're at a good clip right now every month you know we have uh we do a fan request uh, either the start or the end which really kind of are the same thing you know because if, if if you're a patreon the end of a month and the start of the month should be like christmas for you because you get right. two episodes back to back and um and yes it it kind of you know sometimes puts a little burden on the editing but thankfully we we are good enough to stay far enough ahead that that hasn't become too much of a problem but your request will be gotten to we will watch pretty much anything you know with the exception of Beverly Hills Cop 3's end shift always have to bring that up um but you could pay for it you can make these requests uh, as 
it's like we say in that um, in that rap, you know, you can make us mad with the cranks and send us into a frenzy uh, because that Joseph Michael Christmas with the cranks. Talk about a fever dream that movie was. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So so definitely come, you know, hit us up, uh, make your requests, whatever. We'll definitely talk about them. And, and, you know, I think I have some kind of joke tiers that are on there where you can pay us like two hundred and fifty dollars a month if you. Uh, I, I think what I called that one was like, it's my money. I'll do what I want or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I know there's, there's the two expensive ones. One of them is, I think your money, your choice, <laughs> right. which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. And and then I think the, another one is pay our rent. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I wanted to bring up. Uh, you used to be able to pay my rent. Now you could actually help me pay my mortgage. Cause I have bought a house. I'm growing up. Ah, yes, yes. Um, you, you can also, of course, if you don't want to help with Ben's house, uh, do know that the money will also go to paying the um, the upkeep of the restaurant, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> the and, entirely uh, real restaurant. Uh, don't forget. And the money also covers the I, – I think now we're at the point where it is actually covering the costs that this podcast actually incurs. Is it that, it, it definitely did. It absolutely did. This is our four-year uh, extravaganza, our four-year extra vaginas, our four-year anniversary, in, in all honesty. Ten days ago, if you're listening to this on the day of the release, um, ten days ago we had to re-up for our Podbean account, and the money did come from our patrons. So um, if you are a patron, I think this might be the best place to say it, thank you so much. We say it all the time on the Patreon uh, when we do our episodes, but here, really, thank you. Um, and if you're not a patron, well, what the fuck are you doing? As we say, do you have <laughs> memento disease? That's uh, right. But Don't if, forget to subscribe. Uh, but if, if you are not a patron and you are enjoying this podcast and you plan to enjoy it for the upcoming year on the main feed, you should also be thanking our patrons because they have now actually funded the next year of the podcast. And and we have all plans to keep going um, unless I think, what, all three of us, you, Zach, and I die or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know I if I'd want to gift it. You're like, well, we're kind of getting close. That's a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but so everybody, you know, thank the thank the patrons, and um, we got a we got a good bit. I'm I'm actually realizing right now this would have been an actual great place to give them named shout outs. I will put that in a correction, Ben. Um, awesome. I will get that in there because that is an actual appropriate thing. But thank you, patrons. A big thank you to all of our patrons. Of course, they are Joseph Michael, Lady Bear, Carlos A. Moreno, Doctor Jack. Zen Shift and V Personalities. Thank you once again. We greatly appreciate it. And you are making all of this possible. Um, and if anybody wants to be a part of that, you know, hey, get on there. At least five bucks a month. That's all you need to consent. Um, right. now, now we're just repeating lines. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I think the other thing, uh, we mentioned it. Wait, maybe just hold to, on. Are we stroking our own dicks right now? Um, maybe a little bit, but not as bad as King James, right? Okay. Um, it, it's not like the entire four-year extravaganza episode is going to be that, like a new legacy that's, was. So, that's right. Okay. So thank, thankfully. Um, and then I guess also, just to finish it up, we mentioned, um, you know, there's three episodes a month. Uh, one of them's always going to be a fan request. One of them's going to be something Ben and I choose, which, you know, could be a tie-in, that type of thing. Um, and then the other one that's in there is something that Ben and I are uh, deeply, deeply in love with. In the, at the 15th of every month... We are going through the entirety of the Adventure Time TV show, every episode, in order. So every 15th of a month, we cover two episodes of Adventure Time. Um, when this comes out, we are 
just before the middle of season two. So it's it's slow going, as you heard in that uh, in that little song we did. It is going to take us a long time to get through, uh, but it is good fun. If you really like Adventure Time, oh man, this is for you. If you have seen Adventure Time and you really be like, well, what are they? Why are they talking about Adventure Time? One like continuously, you know, every month, and so slowly, it it really needs it. Uh, two episodes, we get a lot of content from two eleven minute episodes. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah, we do. Each episode covers two Adventure Time episodes, mm-hmm. and we, what, they're typically like 40 minutes to an hour, depending on, um, you know, depending on the, the collection of episodes. I am glad you mentioned the time, because that is something else you and I will talk about uh when we uh, when we get to it in this episode, but yeah, it's it's fun content. It's not like you know, don't worry. It's not like when you uh, pay for the Patreon. Um, it's not like you know you're gonna get shafted in the middle of the month. I mean, the fan request episodes are are pretty much you know the um, the the length of of some of our main feed episodes. Uh, we don't have anything as long as the main some of the main feed episodes, but then the movies we want to discuss they go pretty long, and the Adventure Time gets full content. So everybody. If you are a Patreon, a Patreon subscriber, thank you so much. Uh, honestly, all jokes aside, this is fantastic to be able to, you know, actually have our fans support the podcast now. To not have to um, rip the money out of our own pockets, it's uh, it's it's a fantastic thing, and uh, I, I really couldn't be happier about it. Um, and and you can make us even happier if you're not a patron by uh, heading over and supporting the podcast for at least five bucks a month, and and also you know getting a whole bunch more episodes. If you really like cinemodities and you like what you hear on on uh, the main feed, you are going to love the stuff on the uh, on the Patreon. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, there's uh, it, it comes out to what at least three hours of content every month. Yeah, I would definitely say not so. available to uh, to those to the non patrons. So mm-hmm. come out, be a patron. Drink a beer uh, if you <laughs> like beer, um, and you know support us. We uh, and as Rob said, you know we are endlessly grateful. Uh, when I first started doing this podcast, I, Rob doesn't know this, but I was definitely going to help pay for the costs of running it. And then at some point, I was like, why don't we just try to get our viewers to do that? <laughs> Absolutely, and it, it worked out fantastically. It worked out fantastically. I think actually this is a good point to bring it up. Uh, maybe you know to even continue to. Um, this might not be as uh, a full-on, you know, advertisement, but it's something that I, I really wanted to talk about, Ben. Of course, I think the cinema audience knows whether they have forgotten or anything, because it's only mentioned briefly in, in a lot of episodes. Uh, we do keep a very, very detailed spreadsheet of everything, whether it be a list of things we want to talk about, ideas for series. Uh, we keep our, you know, when did we record this episode? When is it coming out? We really try to be organized. And something that I started uh, a little over a year ago, and really the three-year uh, extravaganza was when I first started talking about it we do have some tabs in the spreadsheet that keep track of some basic statistics regarding our episodes and i felt now after you know we have a a year and change with the patreon i think maybe a year and a half or something uh that we have enough data to actually you know get some statistics so ben i think this is pretty fun we have three categories I want to talk about. Uh, there's overall, so just taking everything into account, you know, that type of thing. But then I do have it uh, stratified by regular episodes, or I should say non-Adventure Time, and Adventure Time episodes. So overall on the Patreon, as of this record, uh, not as of this recording because we are, still, <laughs> we are still in the primer box, as of this release, we have been 47 episodes of, of, on Patreon. That's, that's a good, that's a good a bit. Yeah, yeah. The average length of an episode, and this is just overall, so Adventure Time and Fan Request and What We Choose, everything, 
Overall, the average length of an episode is one hour and 37.4 minutes. You know, of course, oh, I'm, wow. I'm shaving off the seconds. But yeah, so a little over an hour and a half is what you're looking at for average length of an episode. The, the median length is um, about uh, an, hour, uh, an hour and 34 minutes. So pretty close. Seems like we got a pretty symmetric distribution. Mean and median are pretty similar, you know. The standard deviation, though, is uh, 32 minutes. So we do have oh, some variation. Yeah, we do have some variation. And now on that point, overall, I do have our longest episode and our shortest episode. I don't know, since we, you know, record them in crazy ways and we have this backlog and, and all that stuff, as everybody knows, um, it's been a while since we've recorded some of these episodes. I don't blame you, Ben, if you don't remember every single episode we've done, because even I look at the list sometimes and I'm like, oh, yeah, we did talk about that. Um, would you have a guess at what the longest episode on the Patreon is? Longest episode? Yeah, oh, does, God, does I mean... anything come to mind? The episodes I think of as being really long are the ones from the main feed where we go like five hours. Yes, yeah, so that um, that is not this is we're not counting the Sam Raimi Spider Man at the uh, the four hour and forty five minute mark. <laughs> I I don't have a I mean if I was gonna guess I maybe the move the episodes where we talked about two movies because um, that's something that we don't always I don't think ever do in the main feed we um very rarely yeah yeah so we had uh, what bloodshot and spawn mm-hmm. uh, maybe that one went a while because we had two movies to talk about but then again we put those movies together because we didn't have anything to say about either of them <laughs> yes yeah that's a good point <laughs> so, same so thing with the Blumhouse not. movies no that's actually I really like that guess Ben but like I said I don't fault you for not remembering every single episode we did uh it turns out that while your guess is perfectly logical it is not the case the longest episode on the Patreon is a fan request. It comes oh. in at 2 hours, 54 minutes, and 22 seconds, and it is none other than when Ben and I discussed The Master of Disguise. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you had a lot to say about that. Oh, boy, did I. And that's a great episode. That's a very philosophical episode, I think, and uh, how close, even even though that movie, maybe it's a little tease to get on the Patreon and actually listen to that episode, even though that movie is considered one of the worst, I think it is like two degrees off of being an objective masterpiece, and I describe that in great detail. But yeah, that's our longest episode on the Patreon overall, two hours, 54 minutes about. Now, the next one, the shortest episode, I think this is one that um, if, if you looked at the list or something, Ben, you know, without the statistics, one of them would jump out at you it, because it kind of was just an addendum episode. Uh, the shortest episode on the Patreon is 47 minutes and 16 seconds, and it is when we did more talk about searching, uh, when I talked about the commentary of searching. And that was just really to fill in the holes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes sense. It, fill in the holes of uh, all the information about searching. Which there is an episode on, Searching and Unfriended, we paired those together. As we've said before many times, Searching is one of the uh, greatest movies of all time. And that's why we did this little addendum shorter episode, is that, you know, we talked, we gushed about Searching. We talked a lot about the detail that went into that movie. Uh, We talked a lot about Aliens. Uh, But then there was something that had to be added when I watched the commentary and bought the Blu-ray and, you know, did all the special features. And so we added that, uh, that little addendum. And so I think what I'm really trying to say is if you like the movie Searching, if you've never seen it, uh, if you want to watch it now, you can join the Patreon and you can listen to two episodes that together give you a complete, like, you know, textbook about that movie. I don't think there's anything, any information that we don't cover about that movie, uh, which is wonderful. I think we've actually, you know, completed the discussion of that movie in some sense. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's 
which I, I guess I yeah I'm not I'm not surprised that we did. Surging was a, a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am I am curious if you have off the top of your head how long Ice Harvest is. Ooh, that is that's a, a fan request that we gushed over. That was a fan request that we gushed over. I don't believe it's very long, and uh, I am going to keep talking right now to make it seem like the conversation is flowing as I pull up the spreadsheet to read the statistics. Uh, the yeah, the ice harvest is. Actually, under our average length, it came in at one hour and 24 minutes on the dot. Okay. I remember that discussion. We only focus on the ice harvest. We have, like, no tangents in that episode, and we, like, just talk about how great it is and stuff like that. Well, and yeah, the absence of tangents is probably a big part of, of uh, why that episode's so short. Yes, um, yes. Or, well, not so short. It's not, it's not as if it's, like, 10 minutes or anything. Yeah. But that's something else that I, that I should mention is, like, you you get a lot more of our personalities in these episodes than you see in some of the main feed. Um, there are certain things that are just not the most appropriate for everybody, and you know mm-hmm. we want to give our our patrons a little bit of a better idea of who we are and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yep. So there are definitely some things that are not as family friendly in the Patreon, uh, but they you know if you ever wanted to know more about us. You can learn some from those episodes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you bring that up. As I'm just – now that I have it up, I'm looking at it. Um, we we did two hours and 26 minutes on Space Jam, A New Legacy. That, that, is, like, that is like two and a half hours of unfiltered hate. Um, yep. because, because I know, I think the first half of that discussion is us going like superficially, this movie is a nightmare because it is a two hour commercial. And then the second half is like, not only is it bad because it's a two and a half, a two hour commercial, it's also be bad because it's fundamentally flawed as a story. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. We also spent two hours and two minutes on Rockadoodle, which I think was you and I screaming about how they fucking cheaped out on the animation and nothing makes us angrier. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's pretty common. You're going to see the episodes where we hate on things get a little longer than the episodes where we where we like things or where we don't have much to say. It's like if if there was a lot to hate, we'll we'll tell you why we hated it. Exactly. Oh, a hundred percent. But yeah, so that was um those were the overall statistics. So all episodes included. Like I said, forty seven episodes. That's a good amount, and that's just going to yeah, keep going is. up. Three every month. That's just going to keep going up. Now, if we if we uh, focus in, if we stratify it to just the non-Adventure Time episodes, which I have written as regular for some reason. It should probably just be non-Adventure Time, uh, like fiction and non-fiction. Um, the regular episodes, we have 29 of. Now, this this is where the, the longest and shortest, of course, are going to be the same because Master Disguise and more talk about searching. Those are regular episodes, non-Adventure Time. So nothing new there. The standard deviation is about the same. It's about 30 minutes, so we do have some variability. Uh, but... The mean and the median get much longer. <laughs> oh. So our mean length, our average length of uh, the non-Adventure Time episodes is one hour and 53 minutes. Okay. Yeah, so those Adventure Time episodes, they, they're they kind of all over the place. They can either be really long or really short. It makes yes. sense that it... Yes. Um, but some of those longer Adventure Time episodes were, were... Or, I'm sorry, some of those shorter Adventure Time episodes were lowering our mean there. Yep, yep. So, like we were saying, you know, some of those non-Adventure Time episodes, when we discuss a movie or two movies, you know, that's very much like a like closer to a main feed episode, that type of thing. The median length is... Uh, Two hours and one minute, so a little, uh, little skewed left, uh, distribution skewed to the left, but, you know, still, still fairly similar. Um, but still pretty interesting. So our, our non-Adventure Time episodes are a little longer, but I think, Ben, you said it best, you know, um, you're guaranteed every month at least three hours of content. 
Uh, because when we get to Adventure Time, as course of this release, we have 18 Adventure Time episodes done. Like we said, just a little under the um, midway of Season 2. The average length is 1 hour and 12 minutes. And we, we stay pretty pretty close to that. You know, some are longer, some are shorter, like we mentioned, and I'll get to that with the min and the max. Uh, the median length is uh, 1 hour and 12 minutes. There's a different in the seconds, but, you know, they're, they're pretty close. The standard deviation is about 14 minutes. Um, so, so not as big as some of those main feed, uh, main or non-adventure time episodes. God, we have so many classifications now. I'm, I'm losing track of them in my head. Um, <laughs> but, but it's still there. And, you know, when, because they're all kind of around, you know, that, that hour 12, like we said. So now this is something that is wildly fascinating, I think. And this is, of course, as, as anybody knows, I love me some, some number crunching and, and finding what the data tells us, because this is going to be an example of something that I am absolutely shocked by. The longest episode of Adventure Time on the Patreon that we have is one hour and 38 minutes. And so... Is the first one? Uh, no, it's actually not the first one. Um, it is the midway of season one, and this is what really surprised me. It is when we covered season one, episode 13 and 14, and the two episodes we discussed in that, epi- in that discussion were City of Thieves and Witch's Garden. Mm, so, yeah, City of Thieves, we had the, the really good like panoramic... Yes. Uh, yeah. Continuous shot. Exactly. That's what I'm remembering. I'm remembering like um. It's like okay. I I I know we liked that episode, City of Thieves specifically. We liked that a lot. I'm sure we talked a lot about how goofy and fun that is. That really continuous shot you mentioned is wonderful. Um, you know, of of people continuously stealing stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of themes that we get at in that episode. But the one we paired that with a witch's a witch's garden. That's the one where Jake loses his powers because he eats the donut off of the witch's like garden out of the witch's garden. Mm. that one i was like that we don't i don't think we had a lot to say about that one you know um no i don't either so i i just kind of generally found that surprising that we had that long of an episode for um those two discussions city of thieves and witch's garden because i i think i we ranked city of thieves pretty high in our adventure time season one but i don't think it was anywhere you know super near the top I was expecting that the longest episode of Adventure Time was going to be when we covered some of our favorite episodes, the one that, you know, that we really latched onto and really had to talk about. For example, I think of Freak City, the Magic Man episode. I remember that when we discussed that, I was like, oh my god, this is an allegory for depression, there's so much about this that is so relatable, and I remember just being like, uh, thinking back and remembering that that discussion was very, very dense. Turns out... (laughs) That when we discussed the Duke and Freak City, that was our shortest episode. <laughs> At 52 and a half minutes. Oh, 52 and a half minutes. Oh, yeah. I said that right. I'm losing my mind, Ben. Um, at 52 minutes and 30 seconds, that was our shortest episode. But I actually think you put it in perspective for me, like with the Ice Harvest. We probably didn't have a lot of tangents when we discussed The Duke and Freak City, because I think both of those episodes are episodes we thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm, I'm sure we just stayed on target with them, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I know at least with Freak City, the, the Duke, I don't remember as well. That's the one with the, the peanut guy? Yes, and he has the, um, the, the, the pudding nuts. addiction. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think okay. we talk about a lot about that where we're like, is he making this up? Is pudding addiction a real thing? And, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> I remember that being very dense and I thought it would have been longer. But no, that is our shortest. Um, well, I mean, you, you do have to look at the actual definition of the word dense. It, it could be that there's a lot of content in a small space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, those were the Patreon statistics. Next year, when we do our five year extravaganza, um, I will uh, recalculate. 
Um, we'll get some more. Inf- we'll get some updates on these numbers, and we'll see how they change. Did we go longer? Did we go shorter? Did we somehow get less episodes? <laughs> well, you know, and uh, something. <laughs> You know, like less than 47. Yeah, like I'm thinking next year it'll be like, you know, Ben, do you know how many episodes we have on the Patreon? 38. And you're going to go, hold up, Rob. You clearly calculated something wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to hear uh, from our patrons. Do they do they like the length? Should we shorten it down, be a little more uh, succinct? Sure, Sh- sure. You know, do should we produce some shorter episodes that are like 15, 20 minutes, good enough for a lunch break or whatever? Like what... What is it that our viewers want from our content, and how do they use our content? You know, That is a great thing to bring up, Ben. And yes, any feedback, if you're listening to this and you are a patron, if, uh, if you're thinking about becoming a patron and you've heard this stuff, what would you like to hear from these episodes? And um, really, also, I think it branches out to the main feed. Of course, we, we welcome feedback of any kind. Um, and uh, definitely send it our way, cinemodities at gmail.com. Or go ahead, post it on the Cinemodities subreddit. You know, I check that very regularly. Um, so uh, reddit.com slash r slash cinemodities. Links in the show notes as always. Give us that feedback. Any, um, so I don't, I don't have, like, anything ready to go. Like, if you needed, like, a graph or something of the episode length, I could not pull that up in a quick time frame, Ben. Um, but any other questions about the statistics you wanted to know at all or any specific episodes you're remembering that you wanted some, uh, some information on or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't think so. You did, okay. you did a pretty thorough job. I mean, I, I would like, uh, what is it, the, the five... Uh, five number summary or whatever. Oh, the five number summary. Okay, so yeah, uh, my first quartile, quartile, my ah, uh, yep, yep. So I, I gave you the min, the median, and the max. So you got three out of five. So I'm at sixty yeah, percent. Right. That's a that's what a D minus or something. Um, yeah, that's that's a, that's good enough for government work. I was I was about to make a similar joke. I was about to say a sixty percent these days is a B plus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, when you're taking Uspensky's class, it's oh. uh, <laughs> that's it's, a good point. It's still a D, but it, you should be proud. That's hell. Yes. Hell yes, you should be proud. I, that's what I tell myself before I go to bed every night. Um, that <laughs> I, I still tell myself all the time, and it's like, you know, it's great that I got a negative grade on a test because I never would be able to say I did that otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, I have that paper somewhere. I will never get rid of that. I should frame it or something. My negative one out of 20, out of 10, whatever the fuck it was. But uh, yeah, I'm still um, – I need to go back to school one day to get an imaginary grade. I've gotten positives. I've gotten negatives. I've gotten a zero. I need an imaginary grade. That's all I'm missing. <laughs> you trying to tell me zero isn't positive? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. With the Patreon statistics done, we still have to cover our statistics for the main feed, Zach. Let's uh, let's start with overall because this is so every episode we've ever done. So we now have 236 episodes total. 211 regular episodes, 25 bonus episodes. Okay, this is this is where it gets good. The average episode length for everything, so regular episodes, bonus episodes, is 2 hours and 13 minutes. And this is a 5.3 minute increase from last year. So we have gotten longer in this past year, Zach. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yes, and not only have we gotten longer... But our standard deviation has increased to 38.4, which uh, means increased by 2.8 minutes, and that means we are getting a lot more variable in our discussions. And I have to say, also, because I think this was something we didn't know if it was ever going to happen, the Shining slash Room 237 episode has been usurped from the longest episode of the podcast. 
The Shining episode was three hours, 55 minutes, and 11 seconds, but that was, dare I say, eclipsed by Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films at four hours, 39 minutes, and 59 seconds. We we really talk and a that, lot in and that, that episode. And we even said, like, it weren't for the fact that Ben was literally about to, like, murder everybody <laughs> on that call and then could kill himself. We could have easily gone another, like, half an hour to hour on that discussion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the shortest episode did not change. It is still 2002 commercials at 32 minutes and 9 seconds. Another thing I think back on Zach and go, man, if we did that now, we'd probably get at least an hour and a half, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's one of those ones where I think we were pretty... Like, no, it definitely would be longer, but I think it would be maybe, like, hour, hour 15 okay, tops. Okay, okay. Because, like, we, we, like I said, there's there's also only so much we can do with that. Like, whereas there's a difference between 30 minutes of, like, commercials versus, like, Disneyland sing-along fun where there's so much, so much context to, like, everything we're looking at that at least you have a lot of room to, like like go through it and parse it all sure. i guess i think there is a difference like where something is just more superficial versus not i gotcha i gotcha and then i also do want to say uh from our bonus episodes previously uh, uh last year i should say the longest bonus episode we had was when ben and i discussed sean nelson and uh, his album make good choices that was three hours and a little over 13 minutes but that has been usurped as well by oh the three-year extravaganza. That is now our longest bonus episode, um, and I'm assuming that's going to get beaten by the four-year extravaganza as we record this. Uh, the three-year extravaganza episode was three hours, 13 minutes, and 59 seconds. So it beat it out just by a little bit. So uh, that was the overall stuff, and then I do want to also say, in our fourth year, so what was this past year? Uh, we had 57 episodes total. 51 of those were regular. Uh, that's because of the Stacy's Mom week where I missed a week of editing. Uh, but we will get the episode we had recorded for that in here we have somewhere. A, we have another lost episode. Another lost episode that we promise later this year will not become lost. Or we, I don't know if we want to promise that, but we plan for it not to become lost. Uh, so only six bonus episodes, which is a, uh, a less from last year. I think we had, actually, I, can, I think we had 12 in year three. We went a little crazy with the bonus episodes last time. Uh, but now, here, here this, is, this is interesting. Our average episode length, so overall, bonus and uh, main and regular episodes, uh, was two hours and 29 minutes. So we had a huge average this year, and from last year, that is actually an increase of 7.4 minutes, so we, we really bumped that up. Uh, also, we got more variable. The standard deviation increased by 8.3 minutes. Now, if you just look at the main feed episodes, so you know, get rid of those six bonus episodes, our, our average length is 2 hours and 35 minutes, so we are really... We really went crazy with some main feed episodes. Uh, from year three, that is a 9.5-minute increase. And our standard deviation on the main episodes went up by 13.8 minutes. Now, this is actually interesting. Of course, we had less bonus episodes, so that's going to play a role into this. There's only six of them also. From year three to year four, our bonus episode average length decreased by 23 minutes. So we had some short bonus episodes. The median length of bonus episodes decreased by 46 minutes. 
And the standard deviation decreased by 11.1. So our our bonus episodes are getting much tighter, Zach, it seems. <laughs> as far as year four goes, uh, with goes without saying, the longest uh, episode was the Sam Raimi Spider-Man because it's the longest overall. Our longest bonus episode was the three-year extravaganza. Our shortest episode of the year was uh, one that you were not around for, but it was when Ben and I celebrated Ben Affleck's birthday. Uh, I killed my lesbian wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have a three-picture deal at Disney, came in at one hour and a little under two minutes. And that's our shortest episode overall and our shortest bonus episode. Our shortest regular episode was actually, at a little over an hour and a half, the animated Spider-Man episode. So those were the statistics for year four, everybody. I know that everybody was dying to hear I have a question. Yes. Is Terminator 3 still the longest we've ever discussed? Like, you think about, like, Sam Raimi, that's three movies. Sure. So it's understandable that, like, we would talk for that long. Is Terminator 3 still the longest we've ever talked about a singular film? That is a Because even The Shining and Room 237 is two films. Is two films, yes. Um, and Room 237 is very dumb, and I had to point that out, of course. Um, the movie isn't dumb. The people in or, it are dumb. Or as Rob has phrased it, it's the greatest YouTube video ever made. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's either the dumbest movie ever made or the greatest YouTube film ever produced. You know, you know what, Zach? That is a very interesting question. So the Terminator 3 episode is three hours and 30 30 seconds. I don't have, um, uh, I use R to do these statistics if anybody wants to know or, or cares, um, but I don't have that pulled up. I can't get that information in a quick way, but Zach, something to add to what Ben asked me, which the cinema audience may or may not have heard at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, there are some deeper statistics that I want to get to for our five-year extravaganza so i will put that in the spreadsheet right now zach so we will have that answer next year how does that sound (laughs) um that is a good question though Uh, you know how many movies did we discuss versus length and things like that um you know thing i I like that i like that all right uh any other questions about the statistics zach (laughs) i think i think for now i think i'm good okay well that brings us to the smorgasbord of things for our anniversary episodes. It's been a lot this last year. We had to write down, or I wrote down in the spreadsheet for us to get back to. Uh, I mean, there's there's even some regular things like the performance review that I have to talk about. Um, so, Zach, would you like to just go to the random nonsense and save the performance review, or would you like to like to rip the Band-Aid off and have me give you your performance review now? What As do you always, think? Let's, much like Santa Claus at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, let's save the performance review for last. Okay, perfect. Well, then, we are going to run through some topics here. I figured we would start with the probably the shortest one, um, and one that I remember where it came from. So last year, in our three-year extravaganza, when we were going through Tadler.com, good old Tadler.com, <gasps> The outdated website, of course. Um, We were looking at R.L. Stein's Tadler page, and you and I, Zach, laughed at the fact that there was a a, just a single sentence, like centered on that Tadler page, that said, "Will R.L. Stein's marriage survive 2021?" (laughs) (laughs) And we said, "Well, we gotta check in a year from now." And I checked. Yeah, not on Tadler, because I'm sure if I went to his Tadler page, it would say the same question. Um, but No, Rob, 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 Rob. It would say, will the mar- could the marriage 
rebound in 2022. That's the thing. So like, so so what you're saying is that we should just forever from here until the end of time, every yearly extravaganza, we have to check in to see if R.L. Stein is still married. Pretty much. <laughs> That's like, fair. Like, is Tyler open source? Like, can we go into that and like edit and make adjustments? I don't know. I hope so, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am very happy to say that R.L. Stein's marriage to Jane Waldhorn is still going strong. They are still together. They survived 2021. Uh, so that is fun to fun to hear. Now, on the topic of Tadler, I believe this came up, of course, in our Freddy Got Fingered episode. We have to dive into Tom Green's Tadler page. Uh, on this note, I did check. I've checked many times. Sydney Sweeney still does not have a Tadler page. Really? Um, that was yes. literally that was literally about to be my next question. I'm like, what is Sydney Sweeney's? We will have to like, if we can edit it. We will have to get her in there. You know, of course. So let's. I have it pulled up. Let's dive into Tom Green's Tadler page and see what fun information we have. I'm looking at it right now. The photo that they're supposed to have of him is broken. Like, they don't have a photo. It gives you a little, you know, lost image picture. Apparently, his net worth in 2022... Oh, this is 2022, so maybe someone is updating it. He says it has a $5 million net worth. He is now 50 years of age. His birthday is July 30th, so that makes him a Leo. Uh, cool. It says he's dating actor and music. Oh, no. Uh, the actor and musician Tom Green is dating Aaron Darling. No idea who that is. He's Canadian. We knew that. Oh, God, Zach. He's white. Were we aware of this? <laughs> he's a cracker? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Cracker. Non-religious. He owns an apartment in New York City, New York. Okay, what's, let's see what else we got. Ooh, highest grossing movies. Charlie's Angels, Road Mark. Trip, and Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> Doesn't say much, but okay. Um, colleagues, Will Koppelman? Koppelman? Don't know who that is. Under houses on the Tadler page, there is a very pixelated image of like a drone shot of a house and no words. So whatever that means. Uh, no cars listed. Uh, it says he's been dating Aaron Darling since 2014. He's straight. Okay, here's something. Here, okay, here's where I have a problem with. Ex-girlfriend or ex-wives. It lists three. Heidi Muller. I don't think I know who that is. Brittany Murphy, which I don't think I knew about. And Mary Carey. I thought it said Mariah Carey for a second. That would have been a doozy. But sweet, sweet, <laughs> But you know what I'm upset about? That they don't list Drew Barrymore on here. Shouldn't Drew Barrymore be like the first one yeah. listed? Oh, God. Yeah, technically. Technically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has any kids? No. And here we go. I guess this is just a Tadler mainstay. Will the relationship of Canadian actor and musician Tom Green and current girlfriend Erin Darling survive 2022? <laughs> hair color, light brown. Hair type, straight. Hair length, short hair. Ooh, hairstyle, chic. <laughs> what do you think they list as Tom Green's distinct features? If you have not looked at the page yet, if you, if you haven't cheated. Uh, has, you has, to, has to be the one testicle. That is a good answer. They put cheekbones. Okay, I, I guess. I guess I guess of everything. Skin tone, complexion, type 2, fair skin. I don't know what type 2 is. Skin type, normal. Not leprosy, I guess. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, beard or mustache, beard, eye color, dark brown, height, 190 centimeters, weight, 85 kilos, feet size, not applicable. So apparently he doesn't have feet. It's not unknown. It's not applicable. Does Tom Green smoke? No, never. Does Tom Green have a tattoo? No. 
And that is Tom Green's Tatler page. And I don't know why at the bottom of his Tatler, Tatler page there's like a previous and next type of thing. The previous page apparently is Paolo Costanzo. Doesn't ring a bell. But the next page is Doris Day. <laughs> so that's what we know about Tom Green. We got to his Tatler page. Freddy Got Fingered, everybody, just so you know, is still one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> Now, now, so just a little peek behind the curtain as we transition into a, a food-related topic. Whenever I'm editing episodes and, you know, uh, we, we go through things, of course, it's very easy for me to keep the spreadsheet of, um, you know, when we answer our questions, Cinematics and Late Night, it's very easy for me to keep snacks uh, track of that because they're all located in the same spot of every episode. You know, they're always at the end, and so, and they're always also contained there. What we don't what we are not good at, I should say, is uh, when we have ideas all willy-nilly and we just kind of throw them out, you know, somewhere in the middle of an episode. And so, mm-hmm. of course, um, what I've become uh, akin to doing is whenever we say something in the middle of the episode, I will make note of it. So, you know, there's been plenty of times when, Ben, I think you and I are just talking about something in an episode and one of us will be like, oh, man, that movie. We should do that movie on the Patreon. And so now I've just started keeping a list of like, okay, let me write that down so we don't lose it, that type of thing. Um, I do the same thing for whenever we plan for these extravaganzas. So whenever anything comes up, I just say, okay, got to make a note of that. You know, oh, if, uh, Zach mentioned he wants to talk about, you know, uh, some some weird aspect of the restaurant or something like that i'll throw that down in there um well ben said he wants to do this later on and we didn't have time for it so we'll throw it into the the uh, the catch-up the cleanup that's what these extravaganza episodes are um i should also say you know the the cinematis restaurant board meetings right the thing that i never really thought i'd need to do is write down well why did it come up or what episode these things came up in i whenever they just come up when i'm editing i just say okay i'll write that down you know whatever we'll cover it so i don't know where this came from i don't know why this came up but i had written in the spreadsheet ben wants to debate if a deep dish pizza is a quiche (laughs) ben do you Um, have any idea why you thought this or or maybe not what episode it was, but why this would have possibly come up and why we wouldn't have debated it right then and there. (laughs) uh, It it happens in my friend group uh, on occasion where we discuss things like, you know, is a, is a piece of pizza actually just a small pizza? Sure. Sure. Things like that. So then, then it became things like, is an open face sandwich, a pizza, um, you know, because it has a bread base and it Mm -hmm. has cheese and meat and, and whatever. It's like, maybe it's a sauceless pizza that has never been cooked. Um, so, you know, you, you get these, these kinds of, these kind of philosophical questions about what definitions of words mean. And I think at some point while that was going on in my friend group, I had also like discovered that the cafe in the bookstore near me sells quiche and I got like really into it. And so I was like, we got to mix these two together. Um, is a deep dish pizza quiche? Cause it's like, (laughs) you know, you got a lot of bread, you got some fillings, like, especially if it's like a breakfast deep dish pizza. Is that a quiche? Ooh, Probably. that's a good point. Okay, okay. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's not something that I can really go through by myself. I would need someone else to, to uh, have thoughts or opinions about whether it's a quiche or not before I could even figure out which side I'm on. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. I typically want to argue with people. So, you know, um, is it a quiche? Probably. If you think I'm wrong... Email me. Tell me why. <laughs> so I, uh, I definitely dug into this. Um, I'm a fan of both deep dish pizza and quiche. I probably, th- I think I like quiche better than deep dish pizza. I am a thin crust pizza person. But so from what I found, uh, at least my little brief research on this, um, quiche. You know, I think every, I think people know what quiche is. I don't think we need to explain it. But the main ingredients seem to be you know pastry crust, 
got egg and cheese mixture, like a custard. Custard is a word that came up a lot. But then there's some, you know, in the filling, there's like meat, seafood, vegetables. Could be a savory quiche, could be a sweet quiche, you know, something like that. If it's like a um, like a more of a dessert custard or something like that. Um, it, it seems very much, though, that quiche is is egg, like egg and custard seem to be that key ingredient. That's what I saw come up a lot across like different recipes I looked at and things of that nature. Custard, of course, can be, you know, based on cheese. Like you can have a cheese custard, but it still has eggs in it. Deep dish pizza, something I'm more familiar with. Um, Very high crust to fit a lot of cheese, a chunky tomato sauce very commonly. And then, you know, you can either have just like toppings, like you'd have like the, it looks like a pizza, it's just, you know, deeper. Um, But you could also have a stuffed deep dish pizza where the toppings are like, worked into the cheese and stuff, which is very quiche-like, but, you know, no real eggs in the deep dish pizza. I did find, which you can totally look up on your own if you Google it, if you Google deep dish pizza quiche, you can find a recipe to make a deep dish pizza quiche, which does involve eggs, and when I read through some of those recipes, I was like, fuck, I want to try this, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I think where I lean on, and maybe this is exactly what you're looking for, Ben, the the, the jumping-off point, I would have to say that I don't think eggs being something that, you know, get cut out in a, you know, vegetarian or a vegan diet, you know, commonly, need to be a part of the quiche. I think that you could find a custard or a custard-type thing that could be made without eggs that you could make a quiche from. So I would say... I do believe that a deep dish piece is a quiche. That's my stance. I think that's where I came from, uh, I come to as I was preparing for this recording. So thoughts on that? Well, you know, honestly, you take the stance that I, I also think is, is the case. I okay. Unfortunately, you're not going to get much argument from me on that one. Hopefully, maybe <laughs> Zach or LaShawn uh, yes. have some shit to say about, about why it's not a quiche. But but no, deep dish pizza is very much a quiche. Okay. I think that the, the naming conventions and, and the rules for how people try to name things, um, I think, are kind of goofy people want to like gatekeep names sure, you know sure. uh and i just i i think that that's uh, a bad a bad way to live your life and i think that if i put a slice of cheese and a pepperoni on a cracker that's probably a small pizza and mm-hmm. um you know you can fuck right off with your negativity <laughs> definitely definitely i mean i've totally taken a slice of bread and put pepperoni and cheese on it and i definitely think of it as a pizza you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yes i mean especially if you put some sauce on it put it in the oven sure like, that's a, oh yeah i've done that that shit's good that's a, that's a great poor people pizza uh yeah pizza bagels of course that's Ooh, a pizza 100 yeah. percent. uh yeah bagel bites totally um uh yeah so okay right on yeah i think that's a uh a good um a good a good idea, and of course, if um, uh, Lashawn, Zach, what do you think? Well, I want to ask first, like, okay. at, like, out of all of us here, a, do you like deep dish pizza, and b, do you like quiches? Like, I want to know like everybody's like like preferences first before we go into defining these things. So we all know we have biases when it comes to like baked dishes that are like open faced. Sure. Okay. Okay. I like deep dish pizza. And I like some quiche. I'm not a big spinach person, so what, like quiche, Florentine quiche is the custard with spinach, spinach I think. Um, but if you, put, I'm, if you put, like, bacon in it, it's probably fine by me, you know? So I would say I'm a fan of both. What do you think, LaShawn? I would say, so I prefer my pizza not deep dish, but I do like deep dish pizza. It's just, like, C-tier for me. And, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, you got my mind thinking here. Pies, okay. quiches. What about quiche? <laughs> Are you a quiche fan? I am. I do like quiche, especially breakfast uh, themed ones, especially bacon, cheese, ham, those type of things. A huge, huge fan. Okay. And Zach, where do you fall? 
It's interesting, like you mentioned this, because like just recently the idea of defining what a quiche was came up recently in my personal life. Like this is almost <laughs> like one of those like those weird moments where like kind of like life, uh, both outside the real world and inside are two different things. Um, but no, uh, deep dish pizza. Um, it's hard to find a good deep dish pizza. Like it's one of those things where like obviously you can buy anything frozen nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, oh god, like I really couldn't tell you last time I had a good deep dish pizza. I wouldn't probably tell you like it's not like I probably have to re- research like what to look for in a good deep dish pizza. Yeah. Quiche as a kid, like my parents loved quiche. So like my mother would make it like all like not almost like all the time, but like it was something that was easily like once a month, um, like a thing in our household. And like as a kid. Like, oh, God, like, A, because my mother always made it with eggs, spinach, ham, and Swiss cheese. And I just, it was like, to a kid, like, that's a very bland dish to a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, in order to eat it, I would, like, drown it in ketchup. <laughs> and that's what I would do. It's like, okay, I was kind of like, like, like any kid, you just put ketchup on it, it makes the bad flavor go away. And then, like, over time, I've come to appreciate it. Um, to the point where like, I've actually been curious to kind of like do it myself, but it's one of those things I've never tried cooking before. And now that my mother's going, I really like, it'd be weird to try to emulate that experience that I so much avoided as a child. Sure. Um, but like I remember a couple of times my mother would experiment with her quiche recipe and I never really liked any of the alternatives. Like she would try like bacon instead of ham, but that made it kind of like a little too greasy. Um, she'd do it without spinach. And I kind of like the texture the spinach would give to it. And, even we tried – I think remember – I think once we even tried to say Swiss cheese cheddar and it kind of like – the cheddar overpowered everything else. And then even once we did like a – oh, God. It was like – I think my, I think there's I think there's a recipe somewhere we have, and it's for a pizza quiche. Oh, okay. And, and so like I should probably go look that up. Like like I should go find that, and Rob will like will insert a bleep when I do, like whenever he's editing this, um, if I'm able to find it before this gets posted. Um, but yeah, I, I have to say like – like I probably like kind of like LaShawn, I'm a little bit more on the quiche side of things because I probably don't know what I'm, I'm probably 100 percent ignorant on what makes a good deep dish pizza. OK, OK. So as both of you guys have already heard, because we're all all four of us are in the same room recording this like a regular episode. Uh, I've already given my thoughts on if a deep dish pizza is a quiche. What do you what do you guys think? Is a deep dish pizza a quiche? And now now I, I would like an answer. Of course, I think the general thing is that uh, I do have to say at the start of this, when I first saw this in the spreadsheet, my immediate response was, what the fuck does it matter? <laughs> 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 what would change if a deep dish pizza was or was not a quiche? But that's not the point. Ben wanted to debate it. Um, so, uh, LaShawn, I'll throw it over to you first. What do you think? Do you think yeah. a deep dish pizza is a quiche? First off, I will say that Zach just said that he puts ketchup on things to hide the bad flavor, and I think ketchup is a bad flavor. <laughs> <laughs> um with that being said i think that a a pizza is in fact a quiche okay and the reason being is a pie is more of a dessert but still also a pizza pie is a thing and so if a pie and a quiche are related and almost the same and the thing that makes them different in my mind is one sweet and one savory then that would mean that a pizza falls into both categories based on your red sauce or whatever sauce you make mm-hmm. and therefore i would say a pizza can be a pie and it can also be a quiche okay okay i like that zach what do you think on you this this um, heated debate we're having <laughs> answering all the important questions here on the cinema <laughs> podcast um i'm going to say no because if you look at the common ingredients for a quiche typically it, it involves some form of egg yes and it's a pie crust Whereas pizza requires dough. Okay. 
So I'm going to say based on those two reasons that the like the cornerstones of a quiche usually typically involve egg and or a pie crust. And those two ingredients are not typically found in pizza. The creation of pizza, I'm going to say that's my reason for no. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And then I think the last thing I'll say about this is uh, somebody out there in listener land, uh, email us, cinematis.gmail.com, or post on the subreddit uh, what episode and time stamp, stamp where Ben <laughs> wants to discuss this uh, so I can remember why the hell it came up because I had no idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me see if there's any other quick ones that we have to to go through. Yes, I do think there is a quick one because I don't think it happened. You, we talked about, I should say, and I put in the spreadsheet, I was about to say you put in the spreadsheet, you only put Cheetah Girls question mark. We had written down from our Candyman episode that Rachel had to watch the other version of Candyman, the original, on the Blu-ray that you own. Because I remember there being two yeah. versions, and we were just like, yes, we I fucking remember. put one in, you know? And she had to comment on it. Did that happen? That did not happen. I figured. <laughs> I threw that DVD out the window after Rob left. Like, oh, I did not okay. ever want to think about Candyman ever again. So this isn't even something that we should put on the, on say, the spreadsheet for next year. It's just not going to happen. I, I will say, though, we were somewhere in the last couple months, and we found like not a giant paper clip but we found a large paper clip and we in like rachel like lost her shit because she's like oh my god <laughs> i <laughs> almost forgot about that <laughs> the giant paper clip the most noteworthy thing from that film yes yes um yes yeah, speaking of Candyman, also um something that I, I only remembered recently is that uh the the guy in the updated Candyman, the um the jordan peele he's not the director i for some reason i'm blanking on the director's name uh, for the new Candyman, but the guy in Candyman who wants Yahya Abdul-Mateen II to become Candyman, he's like, you need to become the Candyman, is Coleman Domingo, who plays Ali in our favorite show, Zach, Euphoria. And I think that means right now we should talk about Euphoria. Zach, remember two years ago on our two-year extravaganza where we went hard into Euphoria? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh yes, so... Euphoria Season 2 came out uh, earlier this year. It's over at the time of this recording, at the time of this release. Um, the reason we have LaShawn here to discuss it is because when uh, you, Ben, and I, LaShawn, uh, we talked some Adventure Time for the Patreon. Uh, when this episode comes out, that episode will still not have been released because uh, we, our Patreon goes a lot slower. But you brought up Euphoria for some reason at the end of that episode. I don't remember why. I haven't edited that episode yet. Um, but I was like, oh, geez. LaShawn, independently of Zach and I, has been watching Euphoria, it seems. So I, I don't know if, if, I think you might remember that I had some, I probably called you a, a nightmare when we talked about it, but I don't know if you know Zach's thoughts, but LaShawn, wh why are you watching Euphoria? Like, what drew you to Euphoria, I guess I have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me, it started off with, I've always been that kind of person, when people tell me that the masses love something, I'm like, Why? Do you okay. love it because people tell you you're supposed to love it and you just go with it? And so I, I went in, you know, open-minded, and I was like, this is like any drama. There's nothing that's that deep about it, and people just want to watch mindless high schoolers have fun and live their lives. And to me, I need a little bit more than that, but that's pretty much how my start with Euphoria came to be. Okay. Curiosity. Okay. So, so, um, I, geez, it, it had to be you, Zach. You, pro you found out about it and you told me about it and you were like, Rob, you have to see this. It's a train wreck or something, right? <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's hard to think about that from what, like nearly three years ago, yeah. like euphoria was like this weird thing. Cause like I, at the time I didn't have HBO. So like I was sitting there doing the Rob thing, like going through illicit means to find this sort of stuff. <laughs> and like, 
it was amusing. Like, I, I guess it like uh, Rob remembers from like our high school days when it was like, what was it? The the Secret Life of the American Teenager. Yes. And I would like watch that and like just like be like giggling, like how stupid it was. Again, the, the melodrama of it all, the very very corny melodrama. And like, and that's what it was. But, like, I couldn't even tell you what hooked me on Euphoria originally. I think it was just like any sort of like coming of age thing at that time just really caught my mind. And then like, like it became like the Sydney Sweeney nonsense and like the infamous, infamous carnival sequence. It's like, you cut, like, oh God, Rob, what's the phrase that pays? Bitch, we don't eat carbs. Yes. How many pretzels would you like? Uh, bitch we don't eat carbs maddie says as she knows they're going to get ecstasy it's the (laughs) stupidest line she knows they're not getting pretzels she knows that it's code and maddie's like bitch we don't eat carbs and sydney sweeney says two please um the carnival episode (laughs) is fantastic the carnival episode is the best episode of the show still because it's the only one that is like leaning into how like crazy or Crazy in a bad way, the writers are, I think. Sam Levinson is and stuff like that. I have to say, none of the um, season two episodes topped the carnival episode. <laughs> well, because like, the carnival episode starts off strong because, like, isn't, like, the opening shot, like, uh, Maddie and she's wearing the hooker outfit, like, walking around yes. like the carnival? And I remember and, like, watching that in real time and I was like, oh, my God, she's dressed like a prostitute. And then five minutes later, Nate or someone is like, why are you dressed like a hooker? And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Like no, it's beautiful. Like and then like it's what like really the thing too with the guy who Sydney Sweeney's like trying to hook up with. Yep. And like, like the very beginning of that, like that whole thing, which eventually pays off. And you're so stupid. Like nobody wants you outside of your body. Yep. Yeah. Like there's that. Like it's beautiful. Who do you think you are? <laughs> if anybody's talking to you and you think it's because you're interesting, you're wrong. Um. That that is the se- season one was crazy. Season two, I think, is much much worse. Um. So <laughs> one thing to tell you, Lashawn. Um. The best thing that has come out of Euphoria is Sydney Sweeney. I, when I say come out of, it's not like that's this is the first thing she's ever done. But that's the reason I found out about Sydney Sweeney. Um, she plays Cassie Howard, who is it's an understatement to call her a hot mess in season two. I, I was trying to think of an analogy because she's not a hot mess. She's not a boiling hot mess. I was like, she's hotter. She's a hotter mess than what I would call a hot mess. I, I decided that she's a red giant. You know, she's a sun that is about to turn like supernova or something, consuming all those around her with her unbelievably massive heat and stuff like that. Um, there's actually a great, one of the episodes where she's freaking out. I think it's because after Rue blows up her spot, she's like, Maddie, how long have you been fucking Nate Jacobs? And um, at the episode <laughs> after that, um, Sydney Sweeney's just like freaking out. And she's like, they weren't together or whatever the fuck she's saying. And the mother is like, that girl needs an exorcism. <laughs> Um, but Sydney Sweeney's great. I am slowly, LaShawn, working through everything Sydney Sweeney's ever been in. You know, movies, TV shows, and stuff like that. I think she's a great actress. And in every movie I've seen her in, except one, um, she is either crying and getting yelled at by a man, and or naked, or some combination of the three. <laughs> um, but she's fantastic. We love Sydney Sweeney here. Uh, she's a hot mess in this season. So I think season two, I was actually able to nail down why I really dislike this show. I think it's a... This goes for season two, but I think it applies to season one. This is just like a garish nightmare. It's so overstylized that it detracts from, like, 
any meaning the show could have. And instead, it becomes cliche, a trope-filled mess of teenage and hormonal angst. I mean, why even put it in high school? I don't think we've seen any of them go to class once. Every scene in the school is either in the hallway or the girls' bathroom, where every character is always there at all times. Um, It's fucking insane. And also, season two, I didn't really remember this happening in season one, but season two relies on so many fake-outs and fantasies that I'm just so uninterested in what's going on. Like, there's that scene where, um, what, uh, Kat, the chubby one who's dating Ethan, she has that fantasy where, like, Ethan gets stabbed by one of the Game of Thrones people and then he just, like, fucks her type of thing. And there's that scene in the bathroom where, like, Cassie starts, Sydney Sweeney starts, like, screaming at them and she's like, I've been fucking Nate Jacobs and I don't care and blah, 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 blah. And then it's just narration from Rue that goes, but she didn't say that. And I'm like, go fuck yourself, show. I'm like, go, I'm like, why is this an hour long, you know? Especially later on in the season when it is revealed that she's been with Nate, you know, the whole time. Um, but I hate it. I think it's terrible. I, I think it is, you know, everything wrong with modern TV. And I also think it's, like, very problematic with the way it depicts addiction. But, to get to some specific things, and this is something I really wanted to know uh, what you thought about, LaShawn, because I think, Zach, we agreed on this. Rue, Zendaya, and her drug abuse issues is the most boring aspect of the show. Like, I could not care less about Rue's storyline because it is just the over-dramatized, you know, just like cookie-cutter, almost like high school PSA of like, this is what's gonna happen if you do drugs one time or something like that. But... Every every time Rue and her thing with Jules, and oh my god, the whole thing with the new character Elliot this season, I was like, this dude's like an idiot, you know? Um, <laughs> it, the episode where like uh, Rue blows up and then she runs from the cops, like the episode that's really focused on her, after Rue like runs out of the house, it cuts to Elliot and he's like, I shouldn't have said anything. I liked Rue the way she was, and none of this was my place to begin with. And I'm like, you fucking think so, you fucking idiot, you know? Because it's just <laughs> like, what's what, they flush like, you know, what five thousand or ten thousand dollars worth of drugs from that from the female drug dealer down the toilet? It's so so stupid. But Lashawn, what do you think about Rue and her drug abuse? Do you think it's interesting, uninteresting? Are you do you like it? Like, what's what do you think? I one hundred percent agree. And it's it started off. I was kind of interested in what they were going to do with Rue, but there was no development. Nothing changed. Like you said, everything was pretty cliche, cookie cutter. You know, they didn't surprise me with anything. And They stretched out her phases of relapse and everything over those two seasons. And I kind of, I was late to the game. I watched all of season one probably about three months ago. Okay. And then I just went straight into season two. So for me, I saw it all happen and I was like, nothing happened to Rue. Like she's the same, she spun her wheels. Like nothing, which I get, get that's the part of the addiction thing. Um, but yeah, I was more intrigued by, uh, Tyler, Nate, whatever his character goes by and whatever him and his dad would, were up to. Like, I thought that was really interesting. Like their yeah. little secret life and him finding his dad's like stash of like adult films. And that's, I was like, that's pretty unique. Like that was intriguing. Same with Jules. I thought Jules was a pretty unique character. I mean, I'm sure come 2023, a transgendered character is not going to be anything that's you know new to the game but i sure. thought that was at least more interesting than rue yeah i uh, think uh, didn't yeah. i think zach you and i said in the first season we were like jules is very interesting as a character or something like that right jules became i, I did not like jules in the second season jules was like, almost jules irrelevant in the second season yeah jules like, is an annoying character i'm just like go away 
I'm yes. like, go away, Jules. <laughs> I like, this agree. is like, like the entire Zendaya like Jules thing was like boring. Like that was like, I never liked Zendaya in this show. Um, she just mopes. Like that's mm. the thing. Like even when she like we have her like going through withdrawal and it's just her like basically like being the oh god what was it um the fugitive just running away from everybody. Yep. And that like, scene was so long when she was getting chased. I was like, oh, my God, this whole episode, she's just running and <laughs> running. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it's – this show is very one note. It picks something it wants to do. It just does not let go of it. And that's the – and then, when, like, when it does, like, s- switch gears, it gets something else it gets hung up on. And, like, no. Like, whereas that first season had its moments. I know Rob and I talked about it back in the day. Like, oh, God, the last – God, like two episodes became rather dry. Oh yeah, this entire season was like dry with moments of like fascinating nonsense. Yes, yeah, fascinating nonsense is a great way to put it. One of the one of the fascinating nonsense. I love that the second season starts with some backstory about um, Lashawn. We call him Mac Miller, uh, Fez, the drug dealer character, because he looks just like Mac Miller. Um, I love Fez. Yeah, he's he's, he's like one of my favorite characters in the show. I mean, Sydney Sweeney, Sydney Sweeney. I'm always gonna love her. That type of thing. I, I really, I really like Sydney Sweeney for the fact that if I ever met her, I'd just be like, I want to hug you and tell you everything's gonna be okay, because it really <laughs> seems like everything's not okay in your life. But Mac Miller. And Ashtray are the best characters. I like that it started with um, the season started with their backstory with the grandmother and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. But I I have to say I didn't like that the season ends with him getting arrested and shot. And I don't understand why Ashtray was like I'm gonna go straight up balls to the wall cop killer at the end of the season because Fez is like don't do it like don't do it I'll take the heat you know that type of thing and Ashtray is like oh I'm gonna take every gun we have and shoot the universe <laughs> and I don't really know why <laughs> that's typical euphoria nonsense exactly. though yeah a character makes a bad decision and it's not uh, forget about explain there's no just like reason as to why they would do that like it's just like okay like oh man like he's like unless it's just a generic thing of he's had a rough life yeah like he wants to live life on his own terms like usually most things that are inexplicable about you inexplicable about euphoria can be explained with like a very very broad explanation as being like yeah like he's living life the way he thinks it should be and it's like okay like like it's it's just everybody it's almost like oh god like Unrest like what um no restraint almost unrestrained like everyone just does what they want it's like the human id with nothing holding it back in euphoria everybody just acts at their own self-interest for better or worse yes yes i could just imagine the writers or whatever sitting in a meeting and they're like as they're pitching ideas someone's like you know what let's put a pin in that one we'll get back to that <laughs> and then instead of just like working that idea in from the start, they're like, oh, man, whose idea should we pick this week and find a way to push it into the show? And that's what they do. That's fair. <laughs> I like that assessment. It reminds like, OK, Rob, here's a question for you. Which show is worse, Euphoria or Claws or what we know of Claws oh, where we left off? Oh, of my Claws. God. The, the half a season we watched of Claws. <laughs> <laughs> the first four episodes of Claws. God, I, I still I think I think it has to be Claws. Because Claws, I had such a problem with the storytelling and how they just hacked off, you know, the last two bits of, you know, um, 
uh, what, denouement and, and, um, and falling action. Like, they just hack that off. I think I said in that episode, when I started watching it, I was like, oh my god, they gave Genji Kohan a pen again, you know? And they should never, the person who wrote, who wrote Weeds, and Weeds is the same problem, where they're just like, you know, let's have crazy shit happen, and all this crazy shit's gonna happen. And then when they eventually get to how to resolve it, they're just like, oh, fuck it, sweep it under the rug, who cares, you know? No one's gonna care how we resolve things. At least Euphoria has full story structure, I would say. It's not good story. It's like tropish and cliche-ish and stuff like that, but they don't leave any story structure out. So I think Claws is worse. Claws was also really, really dumb. Like, Euphoria at least was is fun dumb. Claws was just, like, grown dumb, I think. You've, you've, uh, think about it, though. Like, again, I've not watched Claws since, yeah. like, well, God, four years ago. Yeah. But it's the idea that, like, I, I, my, most of my memories from Claws are positive. Like, positive as, like, in a bad positive, as in... <laughs> I know that's a contradiction, but bear with me here. Like, obviously, like, the murdering of, like, what, the step-parents to Moulin Rouge. Oh, sure. um, sure. Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. um, Uncle Daddy Caligula. um, Oh, God. uh, Are those the same foster parents that made you eat out of a dog bowl? (laughs) Like, oh, God, the trashy, like, best friend who's, like, like doing stuff. Um, Oh, God, Virginia. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Like that. Yeah. Oh God! Uh, your friend from Lost, Harold, Walter yeah, Perrin- Harold Perrineau, Harold Perrineau playing a mentally what? challenged person. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, that's what I mean. So, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Claws is less pretentious. Like, it's still garbage, but it's less pretentious. That, that's Whereas true. Euphoria is lodged so far up its own ass, and I think that's what frustrates me. Like, nobody making Claws thinks they're making. Well, maybe they, maybe they are. I don't know. Claws does not feel like someone trying to make art. Euphoria is so pretentious. It's dupe people into thinking this is like something like beyond reproach. Sure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing because it's like, oh, if we if we handle drug abuse in this sort of way, we're being. Re- it's like no. <laughs> it's like no. Like like I said, even the ending with with, with Mac Miller is like don't do it. He's a kid. Oh like, and yeah. That goes on for like ten <laughs> minutes of him just repeating that like with his like with a cop with his knee to his neck. It's like don't do it. I'm like this is this is just called oh god it's like a DJ just putting a reverberation effect like into a remix because it's easy sure. this is not being done for any creative reason it's just laziness yeah. um like Euphoria is really starting to feel like rinse lather repeat like it's really starting to feel that way where like a lot of the stuff was cute in the beginning and then like like you said you get all these weird dream sequences and just kind of like things that didn't happen like even like the fat girl who's like and like. Like, even that whole thing where it's like, what is happening right now? And it's like, oh, it's meant to be, like, an embellishment of, like, the, the, the what, her boyfriend's, like, unexpected sexual prowess. And it's like, okay, like, it's clever. It doesn't fit with anything you've established, but, like, at least it's something. Oh, my God. Um, there's a, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, like, silver linings of Euphoria, I feel. Like, you have to go looking for it. Like, it doesn't really – you don't get those gems like you did in season one. Sure. And even when you do get those gems, they feel very, like – self-aware even with like what nate's dad where you like you get the entire like what the beginning like oh god uh his backstory pro- yeah, yeah with, the, um, with like the wrestling with and the, stuff like that yeah yeah and you get that though and you, like you see the fact that like he's just like abandoned that all together and then, like what toward the end of the season he's going to gay bars and he's like doing all this stuff <laughs> yep. and he still has like what the like the like what the the head dressing around his head right yeah. at that point and it's like okay then you have Astro just beating his head, and it's like, okay, it's like, go ahead, go to the cops, asshole. And like, and like, Mac Miller's like, stop, stop. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, 
Like, please. I, I want to talk about, you brought up Cat, the chubby one. I want to talk about her. I want to talk about Cal, Nate's dad. But on the topic of um, Mac Miller, I uh, in, in relation to Mac Miller in this season, I love your impression of Mac Miller in this show, Zach, too, because you're absolutely right. Um, we get the new character that's living with him for some god-unknown unknown reason, Faye, who I called meth-head Amanda Seyfried the entire season. Um, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with her lips. Clearly there's filler injections in them, but they went horribly wrong. Whoa, 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 hold on a sec. Do you know the story behind that actress? No, I I never looked it up. I didn't. She's, I, she's like a junk. She was like a junkie in real life. Well, th- and like I guess Sam Levinson like found her and was like, bingo. What is this? So like, he's like, trying to do like the Sean Baker thing of just finding real people on the street and hi- hiring them. Oh god, she's either a junkie in real life or she's like a real life prostitute. And that's why. And like I, and the fact that I can't like remember which one specifically leads me to believe <laughs> that's probably a little bit of both. Hey kids, I had to do some digging into this after Zach just dropped that bombshell of information on us, and it turns out that the actress who portrays Faye in Euphoria goes by Chloe Cherry, previously known as Chloe Couture, but she had to change her name to avoid confusion with another person who goes by Chloe Couture. Now you might be asking yourself, in what industry are these names appearing in? And you might be guessing, and you are correct, it is the adult film industry. It turns out that Chloe Cherry is an adult pornographic actress, and she seems to have created a porn parody of Euphoria. And this got the attention of Sam Levinson. Sam Levinson reached out to her and said, hey, would you like to audition? And lo and behold, here she is as Faye in season two. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's Amanda Seyfried on meth. Um, I was very upset that she did not die at the end of the season. I yes. really wanted her to die at the end of the season. Also on Mac Miller, something that I, I have to say I kind of liked because uh, the other character in this is probably the only real person on the show. I liked Mac Miller's little romance with Lexi Howard. When they're watching Stand By Me and he like holds her hand and he's like, Stand By Me. Stand by me. I'm like, I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is okay. I'm like, this is the realest thing that could, the most realistic thing that could happen in the show. Like these two characters just finding each other, and like the whole first episode, they're talking at the party, and he's like, so what? You believe in like, you don't believe in like God and shit and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) I liked their romance. I thought it was fine. You can see Mac Miller do a cover of Benny King, something I never would have uh, suspected would be on the Euphoria bingo card. Right. Um, but you mentioned Kat. I have one note on Kat, the chubby one. Uh, she is basically irrelevant to this season. The whole first season when she's doing those cam shows dressed up, you know, yeah. in all the lingerie and stuff. But here, you know, we get, like I mentioned, she has the fantasy with the uh, Game of Thrones character. And then I was fundamentally angry in the scene where she sits down with Ethan at the diner and she's like, I have a terminal brain disease. And he's like, you are completely lying to me right now. And she flips it on him like the total bitch. And she's like, I can't believe that you would think I would lie about something like that. And he's like, well, okay, I'm just going to break up with you. And she's like, you're breaking up with me. And he's like, it sounds like you want to break up with me. And she just is like flipping it on him. And I'm like, Bitch, I would smack the shit out of you if I could. Um, I hated her this season, but and I, I don't even like she's irrelevant. She has like what three scenes or something other than her standing next to Maddie and being like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, 
Uh-huh. It's it's fucking useless. I hated her. So she sucked. I Ethan was fine. Ethan had nothing to do either. I don't even His biggest thing is the play at the end. Yeah. He has more to do in like like five minutes of the play than he doesn't do the rest of the season. Yeah, I didn't even remember him from the first season to be honest. Well, I, can we also mention that like Cat like is another part of that like whole carnival episode where like her entire subplot is she has sex with like the Carney who's like in his mid to late twenties, oh, who's like yeah. The stud of high school that everybody remembers from five, like what, five to ten years prior. Yeah. And then, like, in, and then, like, she deliberately like emasculates him by saying, like, "Yeah, you were bad at sex," and like that's the entire thing. Like again, like you, it's still non. It was and always has been nonsense, but at least it like it was unique nonsense, sure. like relative to other coming of age shows. Like I remember, oh god, this was what like six months ago. There was Generate plus Ion. Yep, yeah, which I never. Where I watched, tried telling yeah. you about that, where like every episode began with like somebody having like a baby, <laughs> like in like a mall bathroom. <laughs> And that show got canceled, weirdly enough. Like that oh. show only lasted a season and got canceled. Euphoria, baby. It's the it's the king of the hill. <laughs> it is, weirdly enough. It really is. And like I said, Generate plus Ion was really like Euphoria mixed with claws. Like it was that balance of like coming of age trash. Sure. Uh you mentioned Cal. I wanted to say I did like his freak out at the end of episode four. That was that was pretty fun. You know, when he has his dick out and he's peeing on the floor. I liked that that like transitioned into because he he's what he's saying something to um uh the whole because the whole family's there oh my god one thing i didn't even remember that nate had a brother like another person comes out of like when the dad's like freaking out and like because nate comes out the mom comes out and another person comes out and i'm like who the fuck is this and apparently nate had a brother and i totally forgot that um but like the the cal says something and he's like i do love your mother blah 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 but i'm fucking men and shit like that and the brother's like why are you saying this in front of mom and then i think the 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 dad cal says something like you know your mother's great but i gotta leave and he's like you're and he's whatever the brother's name is he's like you know my my other son that's not nate you know it's like i totally get you you look like you're dead behind the eyes all the time and then he says to nate and he's like nate i have no idea what's up with you and that like transitions two episodes later when nate and like the his mom are getting drunk and they're talking about the dad they say something about the brother and nate is like well our, he's like my brother's kind of an idiot and the mom's like yeah he is really stupid isn't he <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm like yeah i'm like i don't even know who this fucking character is if i would like that they are hating on him but yeah, like you said, LaShawn, that whole thing with the dad, you know, filming himself having sex with Jules and all the other men and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's just so weird. And him him getting kicked out of the gay bar and stuff like that. But yeah, Cal Cal was just crazy. I uh another character I wanted to mention who I absolutely hate. And I even I looking at my note now, I went as far to say the worst fucking character in existence, Lori the drug dealer. I want to slap the shit out of Sam Levinson. And and her, if I ever met her in reality, no one, no one should speak that monotone and that slowly. Like, it is painful to listen to her talk. And especially when, like, when Rue is running from the cops, she goes there and she's like, she's like, I got, like, $10 bill that has blood on it and here's some jewelry that I stole. And she's like, I don't want you to be mad, Lori. And Lori says something like, I don't think I've ever gotten mad in my life. Wait, let me think about that. That's right. I haven't gotten mad in my life. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, 
I'm, I'm like, you people who speak that slowly need to be put in a commune away from the rest of the world because they're they're like it's that thing you know I think it's um. I think it's actually from the book Cloud Atlas Zach, where they, the, where David Mitchell writes something like, you know, one of the elder, it's the um, uh, the the old folks' home story, and it's something like, you know, everybody gets mad at old people because they're slow. Like when they slow down, they get in your way, and so they want to ship them off to a nursing home, that type of thing. And you know, I feel the same way. If you speak slowly, get the fuck out of the world because you're clearly not up to speed with it. And the decision. The decision to create a character that is so boring and so slow speaking, but is supposed to be this menacing figure, because clearly they're setting up in season three that Rue's going to have to answer for, you know, not paying her back and all the drugs getting flushed and stuff like that. I'm just like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I hated her. I don't know. Did that stand out to any of you guys? I know Zach knows this, LaShawn, but I hate people who talk slowly it bothers the shit out of me i'm like come on i got shit to do but <laughs> I, I hated laurie as a character what did you guys think i think it's what you said though i think it's supposed to make it seem like she's so calm that you would think that if she were to actually get mad all hell would break loose but i agree i just i couldn't i couldn't it didn't work for me like it was just too slow and too unbelievable yes and you know I, i've seen that character like like let's go back to like Breaking Bad, you know, you have Tuco, who's like so goofy and whatever. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to piss Tuco off. Like, he's crazy. Yep, and he's yep. like the, so chill. And he's like, hey, man, you know, just just say sorry. Just say sorry. And he's like, no, I'm not going to apologize. And then Tuco loses his crap. <laughs> yes. And like that role, it makes sense sometimes. But the, this character just did not deliver. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Breaking Bad because that's exactly what I thought when I when I saw Lori's in like, what, three episodes or something. Um, the episode where they first, where what Custer takes them to her apartment when Rue goes to get the drugs in her like suit or whatever, and then when Rue goes to when when she gets morphine from her, that type of thing. Once I got what they were going for, and that's like that's was just Laurie was going to be that character. I was like, oh my god, they're trying to do Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. They're oh, trying Gus. to do John Carlo yeah. Esposito, and it doesn't work in, in this show because John Color Esposito was the whole thing was he was just straight calm businessman all the time until shit got real and he wasn't you know at, at um you know Los Pollos Hermanos you know that type of thing and i'm like a great example i'm like Gus Fring is such a memorable character like i feel like most people still think of him as like the big villain of breaking bad even though he's dead by the end of the third season or whatever and it moves on to other things but He's so memorable, and it, it has the calm exterior. It's done so well. I feel like that's what they were going for with Laurie, and it's just the stupidest thing. And and then they just try and set up, like, that she has parrots. She likes parrots or some shit like that because there's a lot of weird cuts to her parrots every time they're in an apartment. I'm like, none of this works. I'm like, every, all of this is stupid. And I was really hoping they would resolve her story arc with Rue in this season, but they didn't. So in, when season three comes out, we're going to have to see her again. And I hope they take some no- – uh, no, they don't – Sam Levinson takes no notes from anybody. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. Anything you wanted to say about Laurie, Zach? No, it's your typical euphoria, exaggerated character. Exactly. Like, I get your complaints. I don't disagree. Okay. Um, I think the last things I had were just two moments that I wanted to highlight that I think, you know, I, made me laugh out loud. I thought were very, very funny. Uh, one, when it ha- shows Maddie – 
babysitting. She's like babysitting at that rich woman's house. And the rich woman, I thought Maddie and the rich woman were going to fuck at a certain point. Like 100% I thought that was going to happen. But the first episode where it's revealed that Maddie is babysitting, you know, what she's on the phone with somebody and like the kid is like, come play with me or something. And she's like, I got to go hang out with my best friend Theo or whatever. It cuts to like Rue saying babysitting wasn't Maddie's first choice of job. Cut to a receptionist saying underage girls can't sell their eggs. Cut to Maddie, who says, well, that's fucking retarded. (laughs) (laughs) I just love the idea of Maddie straight up saying to a stranger, that's fucking retarded. I thought that was very funny. And then I have to mention the scene where they... Euphoria wins the, the, the Guinness Book of World Records award for most times saying the word Oklahoma in a minute. It's the scene where they're in the bathroom and Cassie is losing her mind and she's dressed up. And Rue is like, are you auditioning for Lexi's play? What play? Oklahoma. She's putting on Oklahoma, and she's like, why do you think I'm auditioning for Oklahoma? Do I look like I'm auditioning for Oklahoma? And more characters keep coming into the bathroom, and they keep saying Oklahoma, and Cassie's having, like, a breakdown because she's like, do I look like I'm auditioning for Oklahoma in a good way, or do I look like I'm auditioning for Oklahoma in a bad way? Like, I will put the clip in. I found that hilarious. I was laughing so much. Um, Including Cassie. I actually love for you to read it. Yeah, for sure. Just uh, send it to me. Hey, Ruru. Oh, hey, Cass. Wait, are you in the play? What play? Lexi's play. What do you mean, Lexi's play? Uh, the play that Lexi wrote. Oklahoma. What? The play's called Oklahoma. No, the drama club's doing Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Do I look like I'm in Oklahoma? Why would your play be set in Oklahoma? You thought I was auditioning for Oklahoma. I haven't read it. Are you making fun of me or did you actually think I was auditioning for Oklahoma? Why the fuck would you audition for Oklahoma? I'm not! Then why the fuck do you look like you're auditioning for Oklahoma? Do I? Yes. Has everyone read Oklahoma but me? Oklahoma's not like a play you read. Rue, are you on drugs? Yes. You realized? Uh, I've just, nah, I've just been smoking a little bit of weed. Wait, I don't understand. If you're not auditioning for Oklahoma, then why do you look like that? Like what? Like a country music star. In a good way or a bad way. Bitch, you better be joking. Are you okay, Kat? No! Yes! Fuck it! I am in love with Nate Jacobs and he's in love with me! And you don't you fucking give me that look, Maddie, because I didn't fuck your boyfriend. You two were broken up for three weeks and three days before we even had sex, so I didn't betray you! Plus, you guys are terrible for each other and you know I'm right and you guys can all judge me if you want, but I do not care! I have never, ever been happier! But she didn't say that. In fact, it was much weirder. She just stared straight ahead like she's doing now and didn't say a word. And I think you said it best, Zach. There's some there's some glimmers in Euphoria. It's not as good as the first season. You know, it's become a little too, um, you know, repetitive and, and, and reused and stuff. But there's those glimmers. There's those glimmers like Oklahoma, I guess. <laughs> Anything else you guys had to say about Euphoria season two? So this is kind of just about Euphoria as a whole. Oh, sure. And uh, I guess I guess a lot of it and a lot of season two as well. One of the things that drew me to the show, which is kind of a similar story to Rick and Morty, and I know that sounds like a weird comparison, but (laughs) I'll explain. It's everyone kept saying, oh, Euphoria is so deep. It's it's pointing out so many issues in the world. It's such a social commentary type of show. And it's 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 all of these things. And so I'm like, hey, it's a show that's going to make me think 
I love that. But my problem with Rick and Morty is half the jokes in Rick and Morty require you to go on a deep dive into like existentialism and everything else in order to fully grasp the level of humor that they're going for. And most of the people who watch the show don't get that. And they think they understand the jokes of Rick and Morty, but they really truly do not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's that's a whole nother like topic of discussion there. But one of the first things I saw about Euphoria was that this is in this article and it said the show tackles some pretty heavy yet extremely relevant topics, including masculinity, consent, revenge, porn and domestic abuse in a way that makes your brain tick well after the episode has ended. Never once have I watched an episode of Euphoria and been like, man, toxic masculinity. That's that's a real problem in the world. And Euphoria, you know, the way they painted it made me really realize that the kid that's on the football team, he really likes dicks and he's he's struggling <laughs> with things like the connection just isn't there for me. And I'm like, I get what they're trying to do, but it's not ever that deep. And if I have to, like, look up why a certain makeup artist used Rue's makeup or not Rue, uh, what's the other one? What's the transgender? Oh, Jules. Lady? Jules. Why Jules's makeup is designed a certain way to be like some deeper thing. I'm like, I'm not going to get that. And I am also not going to go look into why her makeup looks a certain way. Sure. And I don't know how many people who watch this show and actually see it as entertaining go that far. And so I feel like the show is all over the place and is really just an upgraded version of Degrassi in a way that is glamorizing so many things that, you know, shouldn't be glamorized. And it's missing like all the heartfelt stuff. And like even Kat, you're like, you brought it up. It's like what like there are kids in the world that are getting into porn and that type of content and have no idea what they're doing. But yet Euphoria touches on it barely, makes it seem like a joke. And we're just going to move past it like nothing happened. And maybe maybe that's what the show is all about, because I'm like. Why are we just moving past it? Is that what we do in real life? We just move past issues and forget that they exist and go on with life? Is this euphoria? Is it working on me? And so, yeah, and rant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, LaShawn, did you watch the um, the the two uh, – they were around Christmas time, and they I think they take place on Christmas or Christmas Eve. The Christmas special episodes of Euphoria, like there's a Rue one and a Jules one between season one and season two? No, I did not know that. Okay, they're on HBO Max. I don't – I know the Jules one is called like "fuck anyone who's not a sea blob." I I don't know why it's called that. Um, those are probably I would say like the best two episodes of the show because they are not overstylized. They are toned down. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not very deep. But like the Rue one is like her talking to um, Ali, her his her sponsor, and it's just like the whole thing, like all forty five minutes, is just like them in a diner and talking about addiction. And like I said, it's not very deep or anything, but at least there's no, like, cutaways or fantasies or anything like that. It's actually just a reflection on addiction. And like I said, it's still not good, but it's better than everything else. Um, and then the Jules one is all about transgenderism, where, like, her dealing with it and should she go off her hormones and stuff like that. Um, they're interesting. I, I, if you like Euphoria or if you want to be a completionist with Euphoria, definitely check them out. I gave them both the same review on Letterboxd, uh, quote, no Sydney Sweeney frowny face, because she is not in either episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Zach, any final thoughts on Euphoria Season 2? 
no, doesn't it kind of bounce off what LaShawn was just saying? Is that like Euphoria is in this very weird place with not even weird place, but it's just a place we have now with like anything that's like pop culture and very similarly to what's happening with that movie Turning Red, the, the Disney Pixar oh, movie, man. where like there's people complaining about things like Oh God! They're like, I don't want this. How can my child to act like very similar to the Sophia the first like thing we discussed many sure. many moons ago, where it's like like the child is disrespectful and the movie's encouraging that, and then it's like you you have other people on the other side of argument being like, I'm so happy this is the first like animated Disney film that has like a box of tampons. And I'm like, I'm so glad <laughs> it's bringing this to light. Like this is not like a thing that's like hidden anymore. And I'm like. This is a Disney cartoon. It, we shouldn't be putting any value in this other than it distracted me for 90 minutes. And that's <laughs> sure. and that's what like Euphoria is too, where like LaShawn brought up a great point. Like it, you have these things like 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 I don't know, like what why the Jules character is like I can see the headline right now, like why the Jules character is like so important on shedding light on transgenderism in today's youth. Then like you'll have stuff like you guys were saying with like cat and like child like pornography essentially. And it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, it's that notion of you cannot be this like, oh God, shining city on the hill and then also take these other things that are, are listed and be like, yeah, yeah, this is just entertainment. Like this is entertainment. Like don't judge it too hard. Um, you can't do both. You can't yeah. be the arbiter of what should be allowed to happen in the culture and then do risque things. Be like, yeah, like don't read too far into this. <laughs> And that's the thing. No, you know, Euphoria is garbage. Um, like, oh God, if Claws is like Arby's, <laughs> Euphoria is like Chipotle. Like, neither one is good for you, but <laughs> one comes in a much nicer wrapper and it's more expensive. That's okay. I like that. I did have one thing that I thought of. Nothing bad has happened to Tyler or Nate, whatever his name is. And he's <laughs> sure. done all this shitty shit in this in the whole show. And he's the one character that other than um, like him and Maddie and their little mini breakup, which who knows how long till they get back together. Nothing has happened to him. Like he's like blackmailed his dad. Basically, he's blackmailed Jules. He's pulled a gun on people. He's beat up that dude. And he's drunk. Even that scene in the truck when he's drinking and driving and he like goes over like the little bump. And she's like uh, Cassie sitting in the car and she's just like giggles. And I'm like, are you not afraid? Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And then he just like smiles at her and she's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude's going like a hundred drinking his like alcohol and just no one cares and nothing happens to him. So that's a good I point. just don't yeah. understand. Like, is there is is this show supposed to show you that no matter the, how much bad you do in life, sometimes nothing actually happens like you're not your consequences never catch up to you i didn't even think about that but you're right but isn't the whole point of that supposed to be the idea of the patriarchy and how cis white males can get away with anything like isn't that like like if you were to sit there question them on that wouldn't that be the entire thesis like he just waves a gun around like a second penis like, like, it would be thing, like it would be things like that like that's the point of it like the worst thing that happens to him is mac miller beats him up in the first episode um mm, like that's right. like that's the whole thing like like, like uh oh god cow like again these like, the cis white male characters like have their like closeted homosexual side but they keep it hidden and they need and like anything like as long as they protect the Oh God, cis hetero norms. They'll be blah blah blah, and like I think that's the point of those characters. Interesting. At I least, like that a lot. 
Oh, that was God. good, Zach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. LaShawn's uh, like, it really is deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this Arby's burger will sit there and make me full if I eat 20 of them in one sitting. Um, uh, no, like I said, though, Euphoria, I, like, genuinely, genuinely indifferent toward it. Like, like, will we watch season three, Rob, when it, like, inevitably debuts in 2025? Um, if, I, Sydney, actually, if Sydney Sweeney is still in it, I feel like I've worked oh, myself into a hole that I we, have to Did see you hear it. the Sydney Sweeney news? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> She's going to be okay. Oh, She's going to be the next Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, then you know where I'm going with this. She's going to be in the Dakota Johnson Madam Web movie. Oh, boy. I have to go see it now. <laughs> <laughs> I got to watch Zombies of Mass Destruction on Tubi before it uh, expires in like a week because she's in that. <laughs> we love Sydney Sweeney. But yeah, I, I think so, Zach. When season three of Euphoria comes out, I will be watching it for Sydney Sweeney. And uh, yeah, we'll have to reconvene uh, when you watch it, LaShawn, for the, uh, whatever yearly extravaganza because we don't oh, devote an episode please to Please don't it. make the podcast go on that long. Please, <laughs> please let the audience be canceled by that time. What should we do next? Uh, after that, how about well, we, Rob? Yes, Rob, well, Rob. I want noted that like to go with Tatler dot com. Oh, sure, sure. I have another website, just as sketchy, just as like <laughs> early two thousands, just as it's dubious, called, <laughs> just as dubious. Um, maybe more barren than Tatler dot com. Oh, somehow. okay, okay. It's fanmail dot biz, oh, where God. it has all celeb has ways for you to contact celebrities. Oh, okay. Like in some instances, like depending on the popularity of the celebrity. People actually write like, oh, yeah, like one of them is for like John Waters. We're like, oh, yeah, you send like an address to this, like or like a letter to this thing. Like he'll sign stuff and send it back to you. Blah, nice. blah, blah, blah. And so I did this and I looked up Tom Green and, of course, our favorite ingenue of the millennia, Sydney Sweeney. Unfortunately, there's no documented cases on this website of either one like responding to fan mail. Okay. But we do have Tom Green's talent agency address as well as Sydney Sweeney's. Oh, God, that sounds awesome. So we can send letters to their agents. Not to them, but to their agents. Sure, sure. When you bring this up, it actually reminded me of something I found out um, from uh, a YouTube video. Um, I, I like to watch, me and some of my friends like to watch Badlands Chugs on YouTube, which is a, a obese uh, person who just chugs on his YouTube channels. Like, he does crazy chugs and stuff. Like, he just drinks a lot of liquid, you know, in a very quick amount of time. And it's fascinating. I love it. Um, there's some patreon episode i think if we do rants where i tell ben about it and all but there was a one of the youtube videos he was like oh check out cameo.com i'm on cameo and we were like what the fuck is cameo and cameo.com is a website where you can basically get not basically you can get personalized videos from celebrities so you pay like the badlands chugs example was you would pay on cameo and you'd say like oh this video's for like say like this is for zach and so and it's for his birthday. And so Badlands Chugs in this video would, like, say, happy birthday, Zach, you know, and then, like, probably chug a drink or something like that. So I have just gone to Cameo.com, and I'm going to search Sydney Sweeney. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she is not on here. That's a fucking bummer. I want Bruce Blanche. Bummer. Where's Bruce Ooh, Blanche? Okay, let me search. So Sydney Sweeney's not on there. I was about to say, I don't care what Ben, ca- I don't care what ben says. I don't care what you care, Zach. I was about to, right now in the moment— Take Patreon money and purchase a personalized Sydney Sweeney video. I was going to do that, but she's not on there yet. I will put that in the spreadsheet Rob, for next Rob, year Rob, to recheck. Rob. Okay, okay, <laughs> Rob. Okay, okay. This is gonna become a new rabbit hole, much like Tatler.com. This has become a new. Bruce Lanch is on there. 
Bruce Valanche is on here. <laughs> how much? How much? Okay, how much? I, got, I got to click on it. Let's see. Let's see. Um, it's loading. It's loading. I also want to look up Tom Green because that'd be pretty cool. How about uh, Gilbert Gottfried? Oh, no. So Bruce Valanche is on here, but it says he is not taking any requests at the moment. And we can have it be he can have notification when he becomes available. That is a bummer. He's 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 there, but he's not taking videos right now. That sucks. Okay, let's do, let's see Tom Green. Let's see if Tom Green's on here. Tom Green is not on here. That's also a bummer. <laughs> we'll need we'll need to find something though. We'll need to find somebody we get a, a cameo video from with Tara the Patreon. Strong. Tara Strong has to be on here. She is like she like she showed up already. Perfect. Yep. Yep. She's on here. Okay. Okay, great. We are going to get Tara Strong to send us a video that says, like, hey, Cinemodities, you're a great podcast. And then say, I didn't know he was a merman. (laughs) So $125 for a personal use video from her. Um, Oh, and we could do do a business, a for-business video, which is engaging video content for your company customers or employees for (laughs) $1,250. That'd be great. Like, okay, what? Okay, it, like, regardless of money, what celebrity would we want? Like, 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 who would it be? That's a that's a really interesting question. There's probably someone on there that. Oh, you think Richard Stanley's on? <laughs> <laughs> he is Skip not. Feruza Balk's on here though. <laughs> where, where, could, you, where? could you imagine paying Feruza Balk? for a personalized video and say, can you just talk about Richard Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> She's $300. She's a little more expensive. Okay. Well, we should say that like, there is like, they make a very clear like delineation between like personal use and for business. Like personal yes. use is like, okay, Rob really likes Sydney Sweeney. So like I pay $300 and Sydney Sweeney for like 30 seconds is like, hi Rob, like uh, no carousels. How you doing? And, I would, like, along. I would want her. To just cry. Just just not say anything and just cry for I don't even know how long these are. However long to just cry. Be like Sydney Sweeney, I just want you to cry. <laughs> well it's like, okay, right now, like one of my dreams, like for like the Star Wars podcast, is to have like Billy D. Williams be like, Hi, this is Billy D. Williams. You're listening to Knights of Vader. Sure. Yeah. A personal use message is three hundred dollars. Okay. For business, it's five grand. Mm. Like that's a Goddamn. steep steep con because i guess they're afraid like they don't want to be attached to like neo-nazis or something yeah yeah like uh like, they don't want to be associated with that so like i get it okay rob is matthew bright on here oh that's a good oh <gasps> i have to search martin breast now too <laughs> <laughs> that's how rob finally gets could you imagine matthew bright is not on here is ben uh, affleck on here martin <laughs> <laughs> is Ben Affleck's birthday on here? Oh my here? god, could you imagine if uh, Martin Bress is not on here? That's uh, that that of course. Uh could you imagine if Ben Affleck Ben Affleck is not on here. Could you imagine if we got Ben Affleck to say something in a video to us that we could use every year for the intro to the birthday episode? <laughs> That's how Rob blows the entire Patreon money, just for Ben Affleck to say ten seconds or the stuff. No Ben Affleck on here? That's a bummer. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to rack my brain. There's probably some really good one that that I'm just not thinking of. Oh, what about uh, Alex Winters or Alex? Winters? Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good Let's one. See. I'm sure glad it wasn't our plane. <laughs> and he's not on here. Jesus Christ! Why do we talk about such obscure media? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, oh, Ernie oh. Hudson's on here because of course he is. 
there's not there's not a shopping mall that he won't sit there be at for fifty dollars in the free lunch. Uh, Keegan Michael Key is not on here. I would want him to just recreate the Terry sketch or that character. That would be wonderful. Jordan Peele can't be on here, right? He's too he's too good for that. Nope. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to brainstorm. I mean, this this is something that could be really cool. I think, like in all seriousness, like to get like to use some of our Patreon money to get like just a video, you know, or like the There's, audio that we can use. I think that'd be awesome. So far, the most famous person I found is Malcolm McDowell. Like that is so far the most famous person I found. Ooh, that's we've as I've told you before, Zach. We've discussed almost every time he's played a vampire or a vampire hunter. <laughs> yep, yep. No, that's true. Um, okay, how about this? R. L. How about R. L. Stein? Let's the man see. the charisma forgot. Damn, he's not on here. Roger Stone is on here. The 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 political Roger Stone. That's crazy. Are you so, okay? Are you genuinely surprised? Like, no, like, no, I'm definitely not. I just find it very funny. <laughs> Eric Estrada is on here. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Cameo For a second, cameo I see- is great. <laughs> A lot of like voice actors, like that's a really big thing. Oh my god, what about Stephen King? What if we had him say, Dr. Sleep called me an asshole? <laughs> or The Shining called me an Damn it! Honey, this movie called me an asshole. Ooh, Stephen Tobolowski's on here. I love Stephen Tobolowski. <laughs> okay, this is the strangest thing. Mara Wilson, who's known for going completely underground yeah, since like Matilda. Thomas the Magic Railroad, is on here. Like Wonderful. it's probably the most recent picture of her. Right on. Right that on. That is insane. Like that is worth it just like be like just just tell us about this like random stuff. All right. Okay, we 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 will have to continue at some Doug- point. <gasps> Uh-oh. Dean Norris. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that might be it. That that might be it. What's his price? He can't is he, you think he's going to be that expensive? I, he's looking like it's like some of the most expensive stuff I've ever seen. Oh my <laughs> just in general. <laughs> he's 250 like- for special use. And oh my god, the pictures he has of this, like in his home, <laughs> are kind of priceless. <laughs> <laughs> like it's horrible his picture. Oh my god, it looks like the meme where it's like you know, like boomers using Instagram or something. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Like, okay, two two fifty. Oh my god. Like, okay, Rob. Let's imagine like we got like our best celebrity. Like let's say like we sat there, paid the price. Like we paid the five grand. And we could get like, w- like within reason outside of them being like, hey, like, like I'm a neo-Nazi, like, like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what would like what would we ask them to say? Like, who like who is our slam dunk of a cinematis person? Like, oh, God. like, 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 who is it? Like, OK, I guess this is maybe even a call to action for the audience. Like, if we could have one person that we've referenced the most or somehow implicitly revered the most. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, who would that be? Like, I know we always talk about the bust in the Cinematis restaurant. Sure. But, like, like who is on that? Like, like, like who is that, like, goal? Oh I know we God. always make jokes that we, like, this is not, like, Rob made it clear very, very early on, peek behind the curtain. Like, he did not want this to be, like, a guest, like, podcast. Like, he did not want to, like, do a lot of, like, having people on that. Like, it was meant and solely meant as, like, commentary and analysis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's... Gary Busey does live video calls. Oh my god. Colin Trevorrow's <laughs> not in here. Gary Busey is a really good one. I guess you're right. It's what? I guess it would be Colin Trevorrow, right? Like, that is the person that we've really has said the most, like, live lessons. Yeah. God damn it. Henry Selleck isn't on here. I would. God, that's a personal one. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think you're right. Like, a call to action Colin Trevorrow's right. Colin Trevorrow is a good one. 
I, I was about to say, I pulled up the spreadsheet and I was like, oh God, do I have a, do we have a list of people we would want to talk to? We do, but it's the dead people in Seance Modities and they're clearly not on Cameo. Do you know how fucking cool it would be to get Paul Bartelk on a Cameo video? I would yeah. love that, but that ain't, that ain't happening. <laughs> Oh my god! We have, <laughs> I have R. Kelly's like, career on Seance. Rob, we can get we can get Bean from Even Stevens. He's forty five dollars. <laughs> oh my god, that's Rob, it, Jesus! Think about this, Rob. For less than a month of Patreon money, we can sit there and get Beans. <laughs> beans. Oh my god! Would that be great to actually get a celebrity for what we can afford? Like, wouldn't that be a great call to action for the audience? Like, donate to us for a full year from now, and wherever we we gross in a year we will buy that celebrity <laughs> if we get the most like like just like wor- like worthless individual this is great i, l- I like i'm glad i remembered cameo and i turned you on to it zach because oh this is beautiful we're like, definitely gonna scrolling. have to look into this <laughs> yeah. okay like, i am just scrolling and i'm yes. just like like all these things like it would be that typical thing where like we wouldn't even ask questions we just either embarrass ourselves or humiliate our guests <laughs> <laughs> it would be Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And I and, and yes, if the audience has any Paul thoughts, Rubens. ooh, that'd be pretty cool. Okay, Zach, I'm glad you like it. We I want to <laughs> keep talking about it. We're gonna have to. We can't. We can't spend too much. We can't spend more time. Rob, on this is this. Tat- this, Rob, this is Tatler all over again. It really, it really is. Yeah. Falling. It really and just is. being like, how about this person? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we we've spent some time on that. We, Zach, we have we have so many more things to get to. So let's do it. I'm sure Zach will interject every now and then with like, oh look at this person I found on Cameo. I've given him the bait. Let let's do some other things. How about this? Because this is this is a um, one from last week when we did Men in Black and Men in Black Three. Um, we talked about flat earthers. <laughs> oh God! Oh so, God! So uh, basically, in that episode, we said, well, let's let's dive into some other famous flat earthers. Uh, and I did get the chance to do that. I, I have some written down. I have to say also I have some maybe uh, corrections or addendums to what we said in that episode. Uh, let me get to it in my notes. Uh, one thing that I want to say is that uh, I found an article. I looked up a few articles about famous flat earthers, and one of them listed Homer, the guy that wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey, like the Greek philosopher. And I was uh, like – I was. Li- I was literally about to say, you mean like the person from like history class? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. That didn't know any better. It's and like... I, when I, yeah, exactly, didn't know any better. When I read this in the article, I was like, didn't kind of everybody think the world was flat back then? <laughs> exactly. Like it's giving another list of like people who thought like the uh, the planets revolved around the Earth. It's like, exactly. Can we really hold it against them at that point? Yeah, that's why I found it so weird that they listed it. Like they basically should have said like everyone from ancient Greece. You know. <laughs> It's like, look at those losers. Um, but most of what I found that we didn't mention in that la- in last week's episode um, were athletes. It actually turns out that for some reason, a lot of a hand- good handful of athletes are flat earthers or have expressed, you know, ideas that the earth is flat. Um, one of them that I want to highlight being Kyrie Irving, and he also said in regards to his in regard to his beliefs on f- being flat earth when he was questioned about it because I think he tweeted something about it. Uh, when someone asked him about it, some reporter or interviewer, they were like, do you really believe that? And he was, he said, which I, I totally agree with him, does it matter to you that I believe the world is flat? It really doesn't matter. The fact that it's a conversation, I'm glad it got people talking like this. And I, I just found that interesting. Um, but yeah, a lot of athletes, and I do want to clarify, because I know last week 
when I was just pulling up articles and just scrolling through them, like as we were recording the Men in Black discussion or finishing up the Men in Black 3 part of that episode, I said that apparently Thomas Dolby was a flat earther. Of course, the person, the uh, musician most famous for uh, She Blinded Me With Science, which is a great song. It turns out that he's not actually a flat earther. I did some more digging into this, and I found that he comes up in discussion whenever you look up famous flat earthers because his second album in 1984 is titled The Flat Earth. And his fan base's official name are, are, is called The Flat Earthers. So people who are fans of Thomas Dolby, you know, jokingly are called Flat Earthers. And it turns out, I dug a little deeper, and I found this fascinating. In 2009... When a guy named Daniel Shelton reconvened the Flat Earth Society, I, I didn't really dive into what the fuck that means and when the, the Flat Earth Society, like the people who actually believe the Earth is a flat disk type of thing, when they, you know, disbanded or something. But in 2009, when he reconvened the Flat Earth Society, he offered Thomas Dolby membership with corresponding membership number one. And Thomas Dolby accepted. So Thomas Dolby is jokingly the number one member in in terms of chron- chron- uh, chronology of the Flat Earth Society. And I think that is pretty damn cool. <laughs> All right, Rob. That was truly, truly enlightening. I am glad we've shed some light on this topic that no one was asking about. <laughs> um, so far, the only celebrity I found that we can actually buy is someone named John Gluck. And it looks like a child in a wheelchair. <laughs> interesting okay okay i will say that he is doing this for charity so he is a good soul nice. um but so far uh business rate 150 dollars oh we got so that. uh <laughs> we got that like we can afford that i don't know who this individual is but we got that um another update gary Busey does have meet me live for 1200 dollars um i think that's great because we can always just have gary Busey read something off the screen and we can just record it like that's a great way to get him at like 20 percent. sure um it says i love an exclamation point doing shout outs for you please spell pls book on the cameo website all in caps <laughs> parenthetical not the app send me your ideas and i will improvise a great message for your loved ones heart emoji I'm down with it. We got a we got a Patreon goal. We can set goals on the Patreon, like say what we want the money for, and we could totally set up like to talk to Gary Busey. You know, <laughs> there's some of these pictures of Gary Busey. He just looks distraught. Like he just. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like, surprised. <laughs> like to the point where like I all, like there's reviews for these too, which makes it even somehow even more fascinating. <laughs> Somebody reviewing Gary Busey talking to them for money. Um, That's pretty great. That's pretty like, damn that, great. It, it's maybe the fun. Like, Dean Norris is possibly the most fascinating yes um just because like it like like he has caricature like like he clearly like he's a boomer <laughs> he's like wearing like like, like a crew neck sweatshirt gary Buse, yeah gary Buse is a good one so how about how about this next zach uh we once again don't remember where this one came from but this is one of the ones that i had in the spreadsheet that i was excited to get to somewhere in the last year we said that we wanted to go through our spreadsheet look at all our additions to the restaurant and pull out all of our defenses we called them so like who are the bouncers who are the security guards what does the cinemodities restaurant have to defend itself or to protect it type of thing and we even said not only do we want to gather those but we wanted to rank them by like defcon levels type of thing um so i went through all our whole spreadsheet it it took me a while because uh, there's a lot of fucking nonsense in the snacks column of that spreadsheet. And I pulled these out. I actually 
we didn't have as many as I thought. This list is it's it's you know it's a decent handful, but it's not like as many as I, I thought. Um, so. These are the ones that I found. And, and Zach, I don't know if you read through the spreadsheet or pulled any of these out, but uh, this is what I found. So some of them also I don't think we said were defenses for the restaurant, but I took the liberty of saying, oh, they, they kind of work in that way. So I threw them into this list. First one's a great example of it. From 2002 commercials, the group of middle school bullies that go around and call customers <laughs> yes, oh, definitely yeah. thought they fell into that category. Uh, from our Terminator Salvation discussion, we had a Jaeger Terminator that picks people up and moves them to a different part of yep. the restaurant. Yep, yep. From Thanks Killing Three, security guards with butter knives taped to the end of broom handles. <laughs> from one that you were not involved with, uh, I considered this a security a, a defense of the restaurant. From when Ben and I discussed the rundown, people. I don't even remember where the hell this came from. People holding a frog very close to customers' faces to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I do not know the context around that. I don't remember it. I didn't listen back to that. But I figured that counts as a defense. You're making customers uncomfortable. And you could be used to, like, deter something. From Nightmare on Elm Street 2, guard dogs with human faces that only growl. <laughs> this is a good one, Zach. I, I, this one we didn't say was a defense, but I think it totally counts. From Lemonade Mouth, Haley Kiyoko herself spitting lemonade in people's faces. Oh, of course. <laughs> Lesbian Jesus. Now, this is a big one. From Wonder Woman 1984, we established that the restaurant has an arsenal of nuclear missiles. <laughs> <laughs> from Dread, the judges. From The Mummy and the Mummy Returns. I think more specifically, The Mummy Returns. Uh, we wrote it down as ethereal afterlife chariot people that extract life essence. From the Tomb Raiders episode, Statues That Come to Life. From Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. This is another big one. We established that we have the Cinemodity Zeus canon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And then, lastly, from The Score, we have Robert De Niro's Restaurant Bouncer. I do not remember that character in the slightest, but something I, stood out. I remember him. Yeah, I remember him. him. Okay. So, those were all our defenses, and I ranked them. So... I have them from first to fifth defenses, and I'm just lumping them together. I don't have them like all ranked, you know, type of thing. I've just lumped together what I think is the first line of defense, second line of defense. So these are going to get stronger as I go through them. First line of defense, the people with the frogs. That's not going to do anything, holding it up, holding a frog up to somebody's face. I mean, it might deter something, but it's not very strong. And the guard dogs that only growl. Those are like the superficial defenses, you know? Like they're not going to really stop anybody. They might be like, whoa, what's that? Is that dog going to run at me? No, it's not. Okay, I'm going to keep doing crime or whatever the hell we're trying to stop or whatever, whatever's going on. So that's our first line of defense. Second line of defense, the middle school bullies and Haley Kiyoko. The only reason I put Haley Kiyoko as, as a second defense and not any higher is because she's just spitting lemonade in people's faces. And to be honest, Zach, with our clientele, someone might like that, you know? That might not deter anybody from anything. <laughs> yeah. For the third defense, third line of defense, the thanks-killing three security guards, so the, uh, the butter knives and the broom handles, the statues that come to life from Tomb Raider, I think those are good, De Niro's bouncer, I think that is, you know, a good thing, have a bouncer, and I put the Jaeger Terminator here as well. I didn't okay. put the Jaeger Terminator higher because they just kind of pick up and move people away. Like, that's not really going to stop them. It might just make them take longer to get to do whatever they're, they're trying to do. And I, I don't think they live up to the fourth line of defense, which is the judges from Dread, because 
Jesus Christ, I mean, weren't, weren't they like, judges were like shooting bombs into people's mouths and shit like that in that movie? <laughs> like, that is aggressive. Like, they are killing people. And on that same level is the ethereal afterlife chariot people who are going to suck out life essence and, you know, I guess for all intents and purposes, kill the people like the judges. And then, of course, fifth, fifth line of defense, nuclear missiles and the Cinematides Zeus cannon. So this list I will keep. I'll probably put a, I don't know. I guess I'll probably have to start a new tab in the spreadsheet for the defenses or something, and we will update that as we go through. Were there any defenses you remembered or you found that I didn't hit or anything like that? There were some that, I, when I read through, there were some that I was like, could that be? But I like, I said no. One, I like decided not to put them on for one reason or another. None come to mind, but what did you think? No, I guess, I, to be fair, I'm going to admit I am uh, unprepared for this. <laughs> um, but I, uh, nothing is screaming out to me as a... Uh, defense other than like the restaurant's pretty good at like handling itself uh, that, that's true that's true i, I think there that are many also... built-in safeguards yes and I, I think that makes perfect sense along the lines of where i thought we were gonna have more in the restaurant or we've added but we don't i mean what's this uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve only twelve things uh on that list so so yeah that is and now anybody listening out there in the cinema audience this is what you're gonna have to encounter if you try and do bad things in the restaurant <laughs> Another thing we listed, Zach, that we wanted to cover this uh, in this extravaganza. I well, there's two that kind of go together, so let's go to the one that doesn't exactly uh, fit with the other ones, but one that you uh, believe li- you mentioned, and I was like, oh god, Zach, that idea is too good not to talk about. Go through movies we've discussed and choose which ones should end with a character going to kill God. <laughs> <laughs> so so before okay. i before i i list the ones okay, where folks, i i just want everybody to know at home like he keeps talking i keep going through like I, like no. cameo. everybody like, knows is, that already Zach. <laughs> and like i want everybody to know that like i am already like at page oh god i see like there's like two wookies so far um <laughs> i am already at page 14 of 143 starting at like lowest price to highest price I have yet to find a single person I recognize. So I'm already 10% through the list and cannot find a single person that's like, <laughs> I, I recognize the name or whatever it is. Um, but the idea of having a movie end with someone, a character going off to kill God, that might be enough to pull me away from this momentarily. Okay, okay. Might. So so I wanted to mention uh, that there are some things we've talked about that already kind of fit this bill. Um, I wanted to just go through those first. Fantastic Planet. I mean, they, the humans do go and, like, they don't really kill the, the drugs, but they do, like, upset their uh, mating ritual. It kind of ends with them killing God in some sense. Um, so I thought that fit, fit in there. Um, I also wanted to mention um, Gods of Egypt. Doesn't yep. Ra die in the end? So we kind of do have that already baked into Gods of Egypt. And then also, The Shivering Truth. Something we didn't mention that episode, oh, yeah. but uh, they, they talk about God being dead or killed in a lot of those episodes, you know? I think it's in the pilot, the guy who um, had, can control the butterfly to, to carry out his whims, there's something where he's like, he, like Vernon Chapman narrates where it's like, he pushed the limits of his abilities. And like the guy like driving hears on the radio where it's like, God is dead. He was choked by police while he slept or something like that in The Shivering <laughs> Truth. So, so those kind of, um, kind of fit the bill that there were some that i went through uh that i looked through the list and i and i thought we should totally have end with a character going to kill god and these are in i went through chronologically of course uh, of when we discussed them Uh, i think the first one the book of henry when naomi watts 
you know, kidnaps Maddie Ziegler at the end of that movie and they're in the car. And, you know, of course, the last scene is when she's like, good night, enchilada one and enchilada three because Henry's dead or whatever the fuck she calls them, you know? Oh, yeah, um, Hank is dead. We shouldn't, go, we shouldn't have that scene. The movie should end when, like, Naomi Watts is in the car after the, like, adoption agency or whatever or the courthouse to adopt Maddie Ziegler, which she, you know, did illegally. Um, that Or fraudulently, I guess. That Na- Naomi Watts should look back at them in the car, and instead of them smiling and then her being like, let's go home and have a good life where no one's going to poss- or maybe be molesting you, Maddie Ziegler, she should say to Maddie Ziegler and Jacob Tremblay, be like, we're going to kill God. <laughs> <laughs> and the sequel, The Book of Henry II, Kill God or something like that, Naomi Watts would find the Book of Henry, the actual book, and Henry would have laid out the perfect way to kill God. What do you think? That's good. Okay. That's really good, actually. The second one I have, I think is very self-explanatory. Mandy should end with Nicolas Cage going to kill God. This one I really liked. Ernest Saves Christmas. The movie should oh, end with Ernest oh. going off to kill God, and the next movie in the Ernest franchise should have been Ernest Kills God. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I missed this in my, my preamble, but this is another one where it does kind of end with this, or planning on it, not actually doing it. Doesn't, like, Alita Battle Angel kind of end with her oh, saying, yeah. I'm going to go kill Edward Norton God, or James Cameron God, or whatever it is? Pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that film ends with her being like, okay, I'm going to kill him, yes. Yes, I missed that. I missed that one, but I think that fits in there. Ooh, a little twist that I thought of when I when I got to this one in the spreadsheet. Vox Lux should end with Natalie Portman going to kill the devil. <laughs> To break her curse or whatever the fuck we think happened at the yeah, end of that movie. Yeah, okay, okay, you're convincing me. Um, this, this I think is a good one. The straight story. So the last scene of the straight story is Lyle getting to, or sorry, Alvin Straight getting to Lyle's house, and Lyle gets out and he's like, "Did you come all the way to, uh, you know, um, did you come all the way to see me, Alvin? Yeah, Lyle." And they sit on the porch and they look up at the stars. Add one line of dialogue, David Lynch. Lyle and Alvin look up to the scars, stars, and one of them should go. Let's go kill God so neither of us dies. And then they get on their tractor and fly into the sky. I think that would be wonderful. They fly. <laughs> um, oh, another self-explanatory one. Gili? Hell yeah, that should end with them dropping off Justin Bartha at the Baywatch and then them uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck going off to kill God. Like, right? Wouldn't that movie be a million? Well, I was about to say that movie could be a million times better, but if a movie is already infinitely good, can it get any better? Um, you know? <laughs> Fair, fair. I had Matilda. I think, you know, Matilda ends with her being happy, and she's, you know, um, she's living with Miss Honey and Beth Davitz at the end of that movie. I think that Matilda should decide, you know, when when M. Beth Davitz, Miss Honey at the end of that movie, is like, you know, what book do you want to read tonight, Matilda? And she uses her powers to, like, float the book over. Um, in, Matilda should say, we shouldn't read a bedtime story tonight. We should go kill God. Because she has the powers, she can do it. Um... And then honorable mention, Southland Tales. In all honesty, I mean, I don't fully know, but the movie probably does end with a character killing God. Like, the, the presumably, my understanding of the end of the movie is that the world ends. Um, so that's kind of like killing God. But those are the ones I had, Zach. Were there any that popped okay. out to you? There, there are a couple. There okay. are a couple okay. that come to mind. Um, kind of like picked up where you left off. Tenant, we go back in time to kill God. <laughs> Like logical, logical <laughs> next step. I like that. Let's go I back like in that. time to the very beginning of time to murder God. Oh my God. Um, Could you imagine if Elizabeth Debicki, instead of the stupid line, if everybody dies, does that mean my son will die? If she was like, if everybody dies, does God die? 
I like that. Okay, okay. Um, next is the Cheetah Girls. After they've gone and they saved the dog from asphalt and pavement, they go off to kill God. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, they don't do that in any of the direct-to-video sequels? They don't go give kill time, God? Give it time. <laughs> okay. That yeah. series isn't over just yet. That's right. That's right. Um, Sugar and Spice. Interesting. Interesting <laughs> choice. How does that movie end? Do you remember? It just, it's, it's like... 65 minutes long and it ends like a montage it's like like oh god what's his name cyclops from x-men like okay. becomes a u.s senator you know he's 25 yeah, years okay. old yeah that's right that's right that i now I, I almost i was laughing at my own joke right there but how does sugar and spice end cut to black the top's still spinning <laughs> you don't know you don't know if they robbed the grocery store or not um oh yeah they have the bait doesn't she have the baby in the end or something yeah. he, beca- he becomes yeah, twins, okay yeah. i don't like that you are reminding me about that movie. Um, okay, but keep going if you had any more. Okay, next next one is Rat Race. That is the next contest <laughs> by uh, Donald Sinclair. I like I like that. <laughs> what is it? What ten million dollars? Whoever kills God first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could you imagine Rowan Atkinson like getting? to god and falling asleep <laughs> that's a good one. Oh god this feel okay like okay i'll say that one for last okay okay um because i guess i don't think there's any ones like from recent memory where we go and kill god i guess the last one i'm going to say like it would make it would make a fantastic segment with the incredible incredibly tiny budget but like scary tales we have to go kill god oh Okay, I I could I could dig that. And literally, sure. God is just somebody holding up like like a light bulb into the lens of the camera. <laughs> could you <laughs> like imagine the um the, the that weird creature talking who's telling all the stories to the kids? Like it cuts back to the end of the story and be like, and then they killed God, and the kids are like, yay, you know, or whatever the kids did in that thing. <laughs> Oh, oh, I want to say Wonder Shows. It feels like a Wonder Shows segment. Of... Yeah, yeah. I mean, God. Oh, okay, another we... one. God is dead should... in, in yeah, Wonder Shows. Yeah, about that. that's right. That's right. I'm tired of you. Oh, God. Um, honky oh, ass God. crackers <laughs> holding the black man down. <laughs> oh, God. Don't do it. God, don't do it. Yeah. That's wonderful. Oh, no. God, dead. Oh, I'm so hungry. <laughs> oh, God, dead. <laughs> What a wonderful show. What a wonder shows and full show. <laughs> any others? You had one you're saving for last. Were there any more? That that was that was scary that was tales. Okay. Scary tales was the one that was like, oh god, can you imagine the scary tales equivalent of going to kill God? I like that. I like that. And of can course, we please is, Yeah, go for it. Can we please take a moment just to appreciate the fact that a Transformers film ends with the the hero <laughs> literally <laughs> leaving planet Earth to go murder God? <laughs> that is I, I'm glad you said that because I'm realizing now that for no reason we I set up this segment by saying Zach we're gonna talk about movies that should end with a character going to kill God <laughs> uh, and that's the thing like like we make fun of those Transformers movies but I'm pretty sure like if we like, like we would have to really hate ourselves because there's five of those movies all at like a minimum two hours I think some of them almost get close to three hours long but I'm pretty sure if we were to watch all five of those, not including Bumblebee, sure, I think we would find something, oh god, amusing in all of them. Like, like it would be. I think because like the first one is, I remember again, like I remember that from 2007. Everybody lost their minds for that movie, and like I remember watching it on DVD, being like, "This is bad. Like, there's <laughs> no point to this." And then, like, you and I went to go see the second one in theaters, and like that was like uh, we're directly beneath the enemy scrotum. 
Um, yes, like the yes. dogs humping, the racist robots, like skids and mudflap. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, the racist, the racist, the robots, and then like the third one's just Pat- Patrick Dempsey, um, like who just inexplicably shows up after being like missing from the film for two thirds of it. <laughs> um, Rosie Huntington Whitley just like blankly staring into the void yep. as all the explosions happen oh, around God. her. I'll never forget that. Le- yeah, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy robot begging for mercy, and Optimus literally executes him like in the face. Like the fourth film, like we said, ends with Optimus Prime going to murder God. <laughs> and I've only seen that in the in the fifth one is I chose to see that over the book of Henry, which maybe ah. is the biggest crime of all. But the fifth one's even insane too. Um Which like, is like, the um Romeo and Juliet Laws one? Four or five? Fourth, fourth. Fourth, okay. The fourth okay. The fourth, yes, that's where the movie literally does a hard, hard stop. To explain an underage romance. So the fourth it, one's it, the gold mine. It ends with God killing God, going to kill God, and I, it has the laminated Romeo and Juliet laws. Uh, that little, little thing. A, I feel like three and four are tied for like the most amusing in the most inexplicable way. Okay, okay. Um, because like like that fourth one, like there are some really really drawn out moments. But that's also the Mark Wahlberg one. So you get like a lot of like Mark Wahlberg just like doing his shtick. Sure. Um, sure. Like that, that is also, I think, like a two-hour, forty-five-minute long movie. Oh, Jesus! So, like that, <laughs> so yeah, like, but you also get Stanley Tucci. Oh, you get okay. Touch the Tooch. Touch the Tooch. <laughs> which I stole from Blank. Which I stole from Blank Check. So that's a good line, though. I like that. I like that, Zach. And I do like Stanley Tucci. Um, did, so, was, didn't it come out like late last year that he had cancer or something like that? That was a bummer. Did he? I think so. I think it was, he, he oh, came out and said okay. he had cancer. Um, I think he was keeping it under wraps. You know, he pulled like a um, like a Mark Ruffalo. You know, he just kind of disappeared for a little bit and was like, I'm not going to tell anybody yet. And then he then he revealed it type of thing. Which, which a lot of people, another tangent, which I already set up, we're going to go on a lot of tangents. We're talking about celebrities who have hidden ailments. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that like, people didn't know that, you know. Like, someone, was th- someone was talking to me about, like, Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk, and they were like, you know, oh, it's like, you know, it's like his career is, like, really, like, nobody knew him until the Marvel movies. And I'm like, no, he's been in a bunch of things. Like, you know, he's been in a lot of good stuff, and it's like, and they were like, name what he's been in. And of course, I named very well-known movies and popular movies, but these people had no idea what the fuck they were. Like, they didn't 13 know, they didn't, going on 30. They didn't even know Collateral. And I'm like, how do you not know Collateral, you know? Um, but yeah, if anybody doesn't remember, like, Mark Ruffalo disappeared for a while in 2001 because he had a brain tumor, which he recovered from, thankfully. But yeah, uh, okay. Now, these, these other two <laughs> things we had in the spreadsheet, <laughs> we're going all over the place. Said so we got a lot to get to, Zach. These last two things in the spreadsheet, I know I have some overlap because I think they are pretty close. We had written down, we want to discuss or or go through movies we've talked about on the show and list the ones that it's nothing short of a miracle that they haven't been canceled yet. I think this ties in closely. This may be a little more personal to us. We wanted to go through the movies we've covered that should be expunged from existence. So I have some overlap, but let's start with the ones that haven't been uh, – Miracle, they haven't been canceled yet because uh, this one's a little shorter. So I'm going to go a little out of order here. Um, the first one that I want to say, which, Zach, you actually – from a recent text you sent me, uh, you know, uh, this might oh, not be appropriate. Okay. Wild okay. Wild West for its racism, for its offensiveness, for – I mean, you if anybody's – if you've listened to the episode that we discussed it, I think it's you know almost self-explanatory. But according to somebody on Twitter, which we know is – holds high importance that movie might be progressive (laughs) (laughs) do you think zach that that example of that person i don't don't remember who it was who tweeted if it was famous person it was just a random dude that you found the tweet of i don't remember exactly um but do you think that that was an example whoever said that 
is someone being so woke they're accidentally like doing something bad you know like you know what i mean where it's like some people get so I, woke like i saw uh, I, I did see a tweet where someone was like you know i'm glad the war in ukraine is going on because like traditionally the the during wars the president in office gets reelected and i'd rather have a bunch of ukrainians die than trump get back in the white house and i was like you have gone so woke you broke yourself you know <laughs> Do you think that tweet that you sent me was an example of that? Um, I will say so because uh, that person is a like oh god like box office commentator, okay, okay. and he is extremely woke. Um, not like bashing you, like not like one of these ones that like is constantly like filling your feed, but like he is somebody that is extremely progressive, like in ways that like like oh god. Something like the fact that Turning Red, the Disney Pixar movie, did not get like a theatrical release is like demeaning to blah, 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 blah. It's one, okay. one of those. Sure. But his sure. tweet says, without defending the movie, I remain fascinated by how Wild Wild West is so much more upfront about parenthetical, non-metaphorical racism. And it's used to justify violence slash treason, et cetera, et cetera, is almost any, anything big – after 9-11. It was controversial <laughs> in 1999. Now it's almost progressive. I forgot he mentioned 9-11. And, and everybody, folks, this was a real tweet, not related to Cinemodities. This might sound something like a Cinemodities joke account would tweet out because it mentions 9-11, but it is not the case. <laughs> but, okay, like, what does that even mean? Like, that is just a bunch of words I put together. completely Without agree. defending the movie, I remain fascinated by how Wild Wild West is so much more upfront about non-metaphorical racism and it's used to justify violence treason what trees i guess treason's the idea of uh, what's his name kenneth branagh yeah that he he almost you know, anything big after 9 11 yeah i, I don't what does that mean i, really like, like, don't I literally that. i literally cannot fathom what that means like <laughs> like, like it's just words okay hear me out hear me out we pay for somebody on cameo <laughs> to give us to their that. interpretation of that tweet. <laughs> Let me Gary Busey explain to us that yeah, tweet. That, that That's actually Gary Busey. That sounds like something Gary Busey would spout out on, like, I'm with Busey, you know? As, like, nonsense. About the fact that in the movie, I remain fascinated by how Wild Wild West is so much more upfront about non-metaphorical racism. And it's used to justify violence, treasons, and etc. than almost anything big after 9-11. It was controversial in 99. Now it's almost progressive. That was a horrible Gary Busey impersonation. And I'm from Atlantis. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, Wild Wild West I think is the one that jumped out at me. It's like, man, it's short of a miracle. This hasn't been canceled yet. I think it's more forgotten than canceled, but it's on HBO Max. But uh, the other one that I wanted to throw into short of a miracle that haven't been canceled, Wonder Woman 1984 for Wonder Woman raping that man's body and adding to the AIDS crisis. I think that is uh, what that movie's about, and it should be canceled for it. What did that would be? That did become like a like a controversy. Okay. Um, but like it kind of dissipated because like it was the idea like you can't rape a white man. <laughs> like that was kind of the thing. Like you can't rape a white man. Like, like okay, what's that thing that Trump like Trump said at one point? Like, like not like recently. Like it was like with his first wife, where it was like you can't rape your wife. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. It's, like, something like that where, like, yeah, it's a white man. Like, you can't do anything bad to a white man. Like, that that was, like, the rhetoric that, like, explained that away. Sure. Um, To people who care care about that sort of thing, like, that was the, like, excuse they made up is to defend it. And it's like, okay, 
like if this is a hill you want to die on, don't <laughs> let me stop you. But yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. But still, I, I still, I've only seen that movie once, and it was right when it came out for the recording we did. That was a very quick turnaround. I haven't really thought about that movie since, but I still stand by that that movie all is I, about. All AIDS. I know <laughs> about the, all I know about that movie is uh, Pedro Pascal like standing in front of a monitor, being like more. More, yes, more, yes. like, and that's kind of just it. Like that, it's two and a half hours just of that with him like wearing a bad <laughs> wig and like a big suit. HIV is bad, but AIDS <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> and is good, but it could be better. Yes, yes. And lastly, which uh, uh, I think you will absolutely love, Zach, for its offensive and misleading messaging about how to raise children, it is nothing short of a miracle that men, women, and children has not been canceled. That movie is a blight on society. Of course I had to bring that up. I don't think up. men, women, and children will be considered, uh, okay. Is there anything that's, like, offensive in that movie by, like, Twitter standards? Oh, by that metric... I don't think so, because I think a lot of the raunch that you laughed at, you know, that the, uh, he would fuck her if she could find the hole, you know, that type of thing, that's kind of on the euphoria level with some of it, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so I, I don't think, by the standards of cancellation that we live in the society today, you're probably right that it wouldn't get canceled, but in Rob's perfect world, it would be... It would also, it's also, I'm, I'm maybe, I'm just going to say it. It should be expunged from existence as well for the same exact reason. God damn it's it, brazen, God damn offensive, it. and misleading information about how to raise children. Uh, so those were the only three I had for nothing short of being canceled. And then one, of course, is on my expunged list. What did you think of for the uh, the cancellation? It wasn't like, too okay, many, I guess, right? I guess one that happened, like, it depends, like... The goalposts on this are always being moved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, like saving Silverman, without a doubt, um, that oh, would be a slam dunk of yeah. a cancellation. That's a good one. Yeah, the whole, the whole got homophobia stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, Freddie got fingered. I would imagine. Mm, um, I, I kind of well, like that, that has been canceled. But that movie <laughs> is so that movie is so empowering for Betty. You know. <laughs> well, maybe not. Like you're right. Like Betty's thing is like okay. Um, we talked about it. No, I'm pretty sure we talked about no, it in that episode. No, but, but, but she's being like – she's a strong independent woman who's being boiled down to she just wants to give blowjobs. She wants to enhance the male sexual experience. Therefore, it must be canceled. But she succeeds with her rockets. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But that's not her – like I said, she succeeds though. But it's, all she wants to do is just uh, – all I want to do, Gordy – <laughs> just want to stay home and suck your cock. <laughs> you're, yeah, I, I, I know where you're coming from. We, this actually sounds very, very familiar. Like I'm getting deja vu that we probably said this exact thing in that episode. <laughs> I want to say American Werewolf in London, but I don't know why. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like I want to say that. Like that's just kind of that's just it feels natural to you type of thing is what you're maybe, saying. Maybe, okay. maybe it just feels wrong. Maybe that's because it's just John Landis in general. Oh, that's oh, that's um, probably it. That's probably it. Okay. In your subconscious. Thing, okay. One thing I have to give a special highlight to is Uncut Gems. I think poor Julia Fox like does not ever want to crawl like out from the hole that she's like been put in by Kanye. Sure. Um, I still like when they first started. I don't even know what you would call it, dating, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like some like the first like paparazzi pictures of them together, and like I saw that, and like the quote was, "Man, Kanye must have watched that movie and been like, yo, bring me that bitch from that movie.'" <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Awesome. I lost my mind at that. <laughs> um, That's great. I think it's great. I think it's great. 
Um, I guess you should say, because I think the, yeah, the episode will definitely be out by now. Like in our uh, uh, Knights of Vader discussion where Rob partaked, oh, yeah. where talked about like how there's like a Jedi trying to like have Obi-Wan Kenobi help restart like the Jedi Order. Apparently that's like Benny Safdie. Really? It's the one from uh, Good Time that's like mentally handicapped. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, man. I, want, I want that character to be a Jedi being like, Obi-Wan, we need to restart the Jedi Order. <laughs> <laughs> I can't okay. look that little guy's face. It's a movie that might be canceled. Not that old, but might be canceled because uh, a bunch of stuff happens in that movie. Sure. Um, I would imagine everything directed by Paul Bartel would be canceled. Ooh, that's a the good one. The filmography of Paul Bartel would be canceled. Lust in the Dust, probably. Yeah. Um, Private Parts. Yes, definitely Private Parts. That What a good movie. I'm thinking of... Eating Raul. Eating probably. Raul, definitely. Scenes from the Class that's Struggle. Maybe not Scenes from the Class Struggle, because that's very realistic. A woman's dead from that movie. We're just going to throw that in there anyway. A woman is murdered. That's, yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> I'm just like... I just want to say the whole. I think Paul Bartel's filmography is canceled. Oh, there's a God, reason why yeah. he doesn't exist anymore. There's yes, a reason. Yes. The uh, as we as we said in that series, the most influential director no one's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, that's um, my boy. Oh, that's a good. I I feel like I that saw was canceled that canceled out the gate. Exactly. Like, that's what I was about to say. I feel like I looked at I saw that in the spreadsheet and I was like, oh, this doesn't count because it already was canceled. <laughs> I guess like Vanilla Sky. Okay. Right. I kinda, yeah, I kind of see where disfigurement. You're from. Yeah, disfigurement. And then the whole um, doesn't he what he beats up somebody in that movie? He beats up Cameron what, Diaz. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, like, can we please talk about the beautiful line of dialogue? Not. Not. Okay. Not the Cameron Diaz line of dialogue. Okay, we're I was all thinking to say, right I was like, now. I'm going to talk about this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing, like, throughout that entire movie, she's like, we made love four times. And then, like, when he ties her up toward the end, he's like, I've tied you with four knots. Yep. Like, he made some comment like yeah, that. Yeah, Horribly schlocky and delightful. Um, <laughs> Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, I imagine, would be canceled, right? Uh, me- mm. What for what? What would be in there that we that they wouldn't I like? Know, something. I'm, I, I know, know it feels right. You know, poor, I'm just not remembering. poor what Irish stereotypes. Bernie Mac just poor going off on stereotypes. <laughs> That's a good one. Every scene with Bernie Mac. <laughs> the male gaze of that movie, all the ass shots. Yeah. Remember that? I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. McGee. Uh, the concept of McGee definitely. <laughs> Jay's filmography has been canceled. Yeah. Um, Tomorrowland. We talked about that. George Clooney falls in love with a little robot girl. Yeah. That's yep. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Song of the South. Ah, that one I saw, and I was like, well, it's already been canceled. So yeah, yeah, but definitely. Yep. Yep. Ted Bundy would be 112% canceled. Oh, oh, I'm glad you actually said that. Reminded me. Uh, Not only the Ted Bundy film, but the commentary as well. Ultra, yeah, oh, 100%. ultra canceled. canceled. <laughs> um, why is kids you know? Um, oh, sure, sure. I wonder if shows in gray area because I don't think enough people would be able to mentally comprehend that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Chappelle show would be canceled by today. Dave Chappelle oh. has canceled Chappelle show. Yep, yep, yep. Um, definitely, definitely. Uh, nothing but trouble. I would imagine would be canceled. Yeah, the forced marriage, the whole thing with um yeah. Bobo and Little Devil and Demi Moore. That that is probably problematic you know that's a great movie i should rewatch that soon too <laughs> pixel perfect i imagine would be canceled no that's wholesome family fun what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> well, can you say it with a straight face um box box lux is weird because like it's it's i don't know box lux the way he talks about box lux i feel like it was like mm-hmm. inadvertently like pushed aside like not sure. canceled just, i'm the cat in the hat 115 percent 
Yeah, that's right. I feel like that might have been, I, I don't know, forgotten or canceled. I definitely saw that and thought something along those lines, yeah. Evolution, because there's all the stuff we get Julianne Moore that she's demeaned. <laughs> oh, she just falls over a lot. And the uh, the uh, the Kane madness. Ira, Ira. An ice queen need of a good humping. Yes. Um. Yes. <laughs> uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Oh, sure, sure. That's yeah. That's no. That's Jingle all the way. <laughs> you can see that. Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in the uh, ball pit with the little kid for sure. Oh yeah. I don't know. I think I, I got R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. That one I, I saw and I was like, "This I can't put this on the list. This is already canceled." You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think uh, I think that's it. Okay. Like I really think like after that, um, yeah, I, I think that's it. Like, yeah. I, uh, not too many that fall into the uh, you know short of a miracle type thing. Uh, that no, we... no. Like I said, Wild Wild West is still like one of the genuinely more inexplicable things that like we haven't tarred and fed the Abs- people. Absolutely. Like Kenneth um... Branagh again. Like, it hasn't been that long now, <laughs> two months. But Kenneth Branagh shouldn't be all the work. Like, like I stand by that. And uh, and then he just directed what Belfast that has some Oscar attention, and so he's still going. He's still going. Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Yep. Like yep. that should be another trope. Like much like we have Die Hard, Die Hard Two, Die Hard with a Vengeance. We should have like, <laughs> oh God, Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile. Like what is like a synonym of like murder or death? And then on the insert like Ooh. like. Not oh god, what would you even call it? Non-specific locale or non-famous locale? Sure, like, sure, something like uh, just like a general location type of thing. <laughs> violence, oh god, <laughs> violence on. Oh, do a crossover with a uh, Poirot and SVU and call it like sexual assault on the subway or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the Poirot novels take place way before SVU timeline, but who cares? You know, everybody way loves before. crossovers. <laughs> Oh, or go I, balls I, to the I, wall, I, rape on the subway, you know? <laughs> this just no, 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 Rob, it has to be something cute like Orient Express or on the Nile. Like it has to have, to have some Okay, so we, we pick, a, a, we pick a, a specific subway, like rape on the Q train or something like that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You figured it out. <laughs> My dad's like, honey, it's the perfect date night fodder. It's like we could even we could even go further and say like rape on the Q train express, you know. So it's like the express one. I don't even know if the Q train has an express, um, but or we can do it already. Have already midnight meat train. Midnight meat train. There you go. Um, no, that's I, a, I like hate, that. I like that. That's, that's the mashup we need, but we don't deserve. Definitely. So yeah, okay. So those were the movies that were nothing. Uh, I think Zach brought it up, framed that very well. That it was like their miracle they haven't been canceled yet by today's standards. Maybe the men, women, children thing. You know, like I said, in a perfect Rob world. But using that as a transition, I put in movies that we think should be expunged from existence, which I think is the much more you know us wanting them expunged. I totally still think men, women, children for the reasons I said. Some other Ooh. ones, very very personal uh, reasons, of course. Claws. Because it's horribly written. I think we mentioned that earlier when we were uh, talking about Euphoria. So uh, I think that should be taken out. I'm just lumping them all together, the Jurassic Park movies. And I wrote in my notes because they are bad. (laughs) (laughs) This one, totally self-explanatory that I think you will completely agree with me. Dr. Sleep. (laughs) Yeah, Dr. Like, like, probably the only Cinemonis movie that I would want expunged from existence would be Dr. Sleep. Absolutely. I still... 
completely consider. I think it is the worst movie ever made for a slew of reasons. But go back and listen to that episode. There's a reason why in the, which I was reminded when I read through the spreadsheet and all the snacks, there's a reason that in that episode, when we got to snacks, I said, I abstain. I want nothing from this movie to do and have anything to do with our restaurant. Another self-explanatory one for me, The Dark Crystal. Uh, that movie should not exist because the Gelflings should be just wiped from – I was going to say the face of the earth, but they don't really exist. But uh, as I've said many times, uh, the Gelflings I, – I support genocide of the Gelflings. Um, I probably should not say I support genocide very loudly. <laughs> I don't know what my neighbors are hearing right now. Another one, of course, I think Ben would agree with me on this one, Beverly Hills Cop because it is a meaningless, vacuous void of a movie. And the last one I had written down, once again, very subjective to me, The Fast and the Furious. Why? Really? Because Point Break already exists. <laughs> that, that's not a reason to expunge a movie. I think that is a makes... complete reason. We have the movie already. It's a better version. Get rid of it. Uh, but what do you think, Zach? What movies did you want expunged from existence? I don't think anything. Like, Doctor Sleeve is really, like... There's stuff that Rod's forced me to watch that I want nothing to do with. <laughs> um, like, there, again, the infamous phrase of, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to like it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably just Dr. Sleep. Like, I, don't th- I think everything has its merits. Dr. Sleep is born from a place of hate, so yep. that's why I really don't want that to exist. Yep, it's also the, uh, as we talked about, the marvelization, the consumerism yeah. version of but taking an interesting that's, movie. Yep. That's everything, though. Like, exactly. that's really just, like, that. that's everything you can't really escape that now yeah yeah um in all all honesty i do want to say that i i kind of agree with you when i sat down and read through the spreadsheet i was like really only dr sleep like dr sleep i think you and i have some deep deep problems with everything else like all the other things you know i i do do say with a little bit of a joking tone you know it's like should the jurassic park movies really be expunged from existence no probably not you know but i i would kind of you know I, I might use if I have it's three hard. wishes from a genie to take him out of existence. Who knows? <laughs> well, it's hard to find empathy for dinosaur movies when you don't believe dinosaurs existed. Uh, you're goddamn right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, in all seriousness, I, I think of everything we discussed and other things in general you know, that we haven't discussed, um, they shouldn't really be expunged. But it was a neat idea. I think you mentioned it some episode. So, um, yeah, so I don't know if you had any more. Uh, or was that it? Nope. Okay. That's it for me. Well, then, the last thing we have before our performance, your performance review, Zach, is something that was only, only very briefly mentioned that we did not get to in the the other episode from this year that I am going to have, I had to uh, puzzle piece edit together. In the Matrix Resurrections discussion, discussion, Zach, we did not devote two hours to the appearance of the Merovingian. So, everybody, buckle the fuck up. We're about to get two hours on the Merovingian. No, I don't think it'll be that much, but I really just wanted to highlight um, something, because we didn't highlight it in that episode. I think we're both in agreement, but correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really remember what we said. We are both very big fans of the Merovingian showing up in Resurrections, right? Or, were you? I, I definitely oh, was. No, no, I no, love no, that I'm scene. happy to... No, I, like, again, like, we talked about it, like, and all the stuff we were reading before the movie was released. Yeah. Like, he was, like, add to the cast and all that. And we're like, oh, God. Like, I think even, like, one of the, like, TV spots, like, he has a very... You see a glimpse of him. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we were excited. It kind of... It's hard because, like, The Matrix Resurrections was a weird record for us because we did, like, two or three different recordings. Yes. No, the Merovingian is fun, but he's essentially more... Like, if you look at Resurrections as what it one angle of it being like contemporary like hollywood mm-hmm. 
the Merovingian is Martin Scorsese, just being like, all of this is trash and filth. Yeah, yeah, yep. Like, like he's wearing an old suit. He's like, again, he he's a je- literal relic by of a bygone bygone era. Yep. And he's complaining about the current state of the world and not really doing anything to help it, just stuck in his ways. Exactly. Um, we had class. We had ideas. We had things that mattered, you know? Uh, and I think when he speaks in French, I don't have my notes pulled up and they are – not on the computer anymore. They're on my hard drive. I won't go and grab that and plug it in to read it. But I think he says, when he speaks in French, he says something like, you know, he says something like... He's it's gonna, a slew of curse words. He it's says a slew just... of curse words again, but he, he, he gets a little more specific than what he does in Reloaded. And I think he says something to Keanu Reeves where he's like, I'm going to fuck your grandmother. I think that's in there somewhere. <laughs> in the Merovingian, like I said, like, <sighs> Resurrections is so frustrating because it's everything you would kind of expect from a fourth Matrix film. Mm-hmm. But the like everything else, the ideas are there. The execution of them is just so, so ham-fisted at best that it's it's hard. Re- you have to really try to appreciate it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, on on of course that being one of my four religious texts. Um, I I love the fact that somehow the Merovingian knew about the um the purge, the defragging that we talked about that the Oracle uh, fell victim to. But you know, uh, Kujata and. What the fuck is the girl's name? I can't. I don't know why I'm blanking on um the uh the new version of the Oracle. Sati. Sati. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I blanked on that. I uh, clearly means I need to rewatch all the Matrix movies again. Nick Jonas's wife. Uh, <laughs> and I love the fact that you know somehow the Merovingian knew about this and was able to get out or go to limbo before the purge abs- uh, totally happened. Took some of his henchmen. You know the. Uh, what in resurrections it's a samurai so we don't really see like the the vampires and the werewolves we see like samurai and stuff like that i like the transition that you know his henchmen or the ones that gravitate towards the merovingian are no longer the the ghosts and demons and stuff and and like myths that we hear in reality they're now just things from previous like long long time ago like ancient you know samurai and, and things of that nature i thought that's really cool i love that he styled like robin williams when he comes out of the jumanji game in jumanji <laughs> like he looks almost identical to it and i have to say that after you know they have um the the whole smith and neo fight in the uh in that scene where the Merovingian shows up, the Merovingian just pops back up and goes, I will see you in our sequel or something like that. And it's, it's just wonderfully on the nose. And, uh, Lambert, um, yeah, Lambert Wilson is just fantastic. It's great. Oh yeah, no, he's having fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Lambert Wilson, uh, I mean, I don't think I have too much more to say about the Merovingian other than we loved it. And I think there is a very important reason to have him that we still can't get rid of the remnants of previous, you know, operating systems, which was just, I believe what I think the uh, Merovingian actually, you know, is in the lore of the matrix that we can't get rid of them. Those remnants are always there. They might get dirtier. They might get deeper, but they're still there and they always have their fingerprints. Um, Oh, I also like that Smith digs him up that there is that thing of where you know when when jonathan groff smith is trying to like you know pull all the pieces together to make sure he doesn't get leashed again by neil patrick harris um that he brings back that i love that idea um but with all that being said did you know that lambert wilson is in a benedetta the new verhoeven movie no i yeah i was looking up benedetta because i was like oh my god i want to see it you know it's verhoeven um and apparently it's you know crazy sexual nun stuff and I, that's right up Verhoeven's alley and apparently he's in it so I'm like oh my god I want to see it more but I have not uh, seen it yet but yeah he's had a, he had a big year in 2021 or and 2022 I don't know when Benedetta came out uh, Benedetta and Matrix Resurrections anything else about the Merovingian Zach? Uh, not about the Merovingian but I've been sitting on this this was uh, speaking of tweets from okay. the Twitter sphere sure somebody tweeted like again this is what they wrote 
regarding the Matrix Resurrections. And I kind of found it like so, like, oh God, poetically concise that sure. I felt compelled to share it. Such an impressive, historic use of studio money and IP to make a legitimately original idea. This isn't a failure. It did exactly what Lana wanted to do, which partly might have been to ensure this film doesn't inspire another trilogy. <laughs> I love it. I And I have to agree. That's awesome. Yep. That And like I'm like, that's exactly what this movie was. It was there to continually frustrate people who still don't understand the first Matrix film. And it was there to reward those who were able to see the forest through the trees for the second and third film. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's an awesome tweet. I'm glad you shared it, Zach. Talk about tripling down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like tripling down on, on a... Uh, what a oh great God. movie. What a great franchise. Love the Matrix. All right. Well, then, Zach, was there any other things you wanted to bring up before, like you said, saving the best for last year performance review? Were there any other... Things I, we, I guess I yeah. guess real quick, like I never got to share my thoughts on Spider Man No Way Home. That's right. That's a great. Okay, Zach, the floor is yours then. Well, I okay. have to say the floor is yours, but uh, you have listened to the episode Ben and I did on it, right? I did, but I do not remember any of okay, it. Okay, well then, like let Rob, me... Rob hyped it as like Ben hated it. I listened to it. And Ben's like kind of like 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 positive to neutral on it, like. <laughs> It's like it's fine, like it's entertaining, but like it's nothing to get excited about. And Rob's like, Ben, ben how could you hate this movie? Uh, so, so good. So you remember that? I want to hear your thoughts on Spider-Man: No Way Home, but also to prime you up for it, I uh, definitely you need to spend some time. You need to weigh in on uh, the portal physics that Ben and I discussed for forty minutes oh, in the God, middle of that episode. God, that uh, was annoying. So <laughs> that was so annoying. <laughs> I'm did just you, like, like, did the you like time, though I'm... that at the end of that I said if Zach was here he would say this is the strangest Spider-Man No Way Home discussion. <laughs> so you're, oh, you're God, there. That was in annoying. You're there like in that's spirit. the thing. Um, yeah, that was annoying. Like I, like I, I literally was just like, like what a bunch of nerds. Like, like what a bunch of nerds. <laughs> okay, like well, uh, I'm glad so you're giving them a swirly right now. <laughs> that's fair. We need the uh, middle school bullies. Uh, from the restaurant, exactly. Yeah, to call us nerds and break our break our calculators or whatever the fuck they do. Um, okay, Zach, the floor is yours. Spider Man, no way home. Spider Man, still looking for a ride home. Um, I okay. I obviously much like I think Rob's heard the story about the Eternals. I might have shared it on the podcast where I was gonna go see that like on a Saturday afternoon, and I saw the parking lot outside the movie theater, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's no, right, yeah. it was the equivalent of Rob in the Rise of Skywalker and Uncut Gems, where I was just like, no, I don't hate myself that bad. <laughs> and um, so like again, like, like any sort of Marvel film, like now, like I I genuinely go in with a level of apprehension, because sure. like not even because of the movie, I just hate hate the people that surround it. I think I finally figured out what it is with the Marvel fans that makes it not even fans, but just like it's it's why it's so different from any other like film going audience. And I think I finally figured it out. Relative like, and this has to a little bit tie into the Batman and that like what I went to go see that like in early IMAX showing like three days before it came out i'm like oh god like this is gonna be miserable <laughs> this is gonna be such a miserable experience like why am i spending like 25 dollars a ticket to see a movie like drive 45 minutes each way for something i really kind of in, are, i'm indifferent about and i'm like this is gonna be miserable it's gonna be packed like it's gonna be just not everything i hate about going to the movies and like genuinely like respectful audience and i'm just like 
like this this still exists um i've said it before and kind of hard now because it's been two plus years but even star wars like for all the what five star wars movies we've gotten from disney Mm -hmm. always saw every crowd was respectable never got a rowdy or obnoxious star wars crowd and as we discussed in our uh the avengers infinity war endgame series pretty much every marvel film post guardians of the galaxy volume 2 kind of became miserable um like the audience is just obnoxious um at worst and just kind of dumb at best and no way home is no exception it wasn't infinity war bad but i finally figured out what makes the marvel audience different than any other film going audience the audience for a marvel film is that of a sports team ah okay i'm that with you is- that is the psychological parallel here. The the Marvel people, I don't even think they're fans. It's the same way, like think about it. like a sports team has has the potential to have millions of fans. Um, movies do not have millions of fans. And I know there's some probably person being like, "What about Harry Potter and Star Wars?" And like like it's, there's difference between like I oh I'm a Star Wars fan and I'm a New York Giants fan, sure, or a Patriots fan. There's there's a there's a different thing that is conjured up when you think of those two separate things. Um, and like, I know like it's weird. Like you look at a star Wars fan, you be like, Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> then you think of like, Oh, that's weird. Like, like you sit there, like do this, this and this though. But like, if you see a sports fan on a Sunday, you don't think anything of it. And that's where the Marvel thing is been weirdly excused by the audience. We're like, there was no shortage of videos on the internet back in December when like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, like jumped out of the portals because everything has to jump out of a portal. Yeah. Um. It's in the market research. People love portals. Um. Like and their you, you, you and their get, physics, of course. Yes. And <laughs> no, that's they don't care about the physics. Just have an orange hole that people jump out of. Um. Like you get again, you get that just god guttural, just like prime like oh god, primordial, just. Yep. And it's the same thing that happens at a sporting event. It's the exact same thing that you really can't say about any other film franchise. Um, again, maybe something comparable to Twilight when it came to like young women. Okay, but even that, I think, is very, very different. Um, different level of passion and enthusiasm, not comparable to Marvel. But I think that's the Marvel thing. So anyway, getting back to No Way Home as a film, no, like, like, pleasantly enjoyable. Um, did like, like, cute. Uh, not reinventing the wheel. I have a feeling it's going to do the same thing for movie franchising in that what J.J. Abrams Star Trek did, like where J.J. Abrams Star Trek was the first thing to kind of just be like, OK, we're doing a soft reboot. We're like we're going to ignore continuity and kind of pick and choose what we're kind of going to glean from. Sure. And this, I feel, is the beginning of it of like we're just going to take old continuity and shove it in and be like universes. Um, even though, like, I, I know there's a bunch of plot hole stuff. I can only imagine what Cinema Sins has done to No Way Home. Mm. But, like, I have a feeling, especially now that, like, we're, like, on the verge of Doctor Strange 2, where, like, we know for certain we're getting Patrick Stewart, like, uh, Professor X that deli- definitively died in Logan. Yep. Yep. Um, we're just, we're just, we're just throwing stuff in because people recognize it and it's popular currently. And, and that's kind of the thing I'm most afraid of about No Way Home is that, like, it's just, like, it's taking nostalgia to a whole new level. And to, like to, to feats you wouldn't even think existed. Like before, it used to be, oh god, we're still making Spider-Man movies. Can we put to the bed? Now it's not just simply we're making new Spider-Man movies. We're bringing every 
level of that continuity forward. But again, we're cherry picking what parts of it. Sure. Um, for better or worse, which we got into a lot in the Spider-Man series. Um, no, but like I said, like enjoyable. Like Alfred Molina is a delight. Like it's so fun to actually see him like do his thing in that, especially with a lot of the DH stuff. Like it didn't look distracting at all. Definitely. Willem Dafoe. Well, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe was like I said, he's always fun. Like it's fun to see Willem Dafoe really just be like do the crazy eyes thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I said, like it's funny. I'm pretty sure, like after I watched that film, like they are, they literally shot no new footage of Thomas Hayden Church. And I think like a month later, it came out that they literally <laughs> shot no new footage of Thomas Hayden Church. Anything that he contributed to this was simply his voice. Okay. Um, I think very similarly to Rice Ifans, uh, very similar that I think he didn't do anything other than record new dialogue because mm-hmm. I know the only shot of him in human form was like we see like his arm like receding like into like his human body yep. like as he transforms out of the lizard um, and then even Jamie Foxx's Electro um, weird because like he's on board he's not on board fine nothing against it sure uh, no no way home like I said it was cute like I know like when Ben and Rob discussed uh, that film like I was trying to get involved but like I wanted to watch it the second time then just recording times didn't work out still only watched it that one time um, biggest mystery from No Way Home is why people are excited for a Netflix a canceled Netflix TV show character show for literally 20 seconds and catch a brick <laughs> um, that will never understand how that is the equivalent of like Captain America picking up Thor's hammer sure will never understand how that is on the same tier as that as much as I my disdain for Avengers Endgame and Infinity War will never understand how, again, cancel Netflix show is just become God tier in Marvel, Marvel land. Well, you do have to acknowledge Zach that, uh, he is a really good lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it's, it's a cute scene, but like it doesn't work unless you get the joke. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's again, it's this weird thing where it's like, um, Oh God, it's like when Jimmy C explains the, I'll be back in the first Terminator. He's like, I literally have no idea why this caught on. Like it's a joke. If you've seen the movie more than once, it means nothing in the context of the movie. Um, again, very, very strange. Like I would, I swear to God that if you had, if you could pull people, honestly, 75% of the people who laughed at that had no idea what that character was. They were just laughing because peer pressure that is fair that's a fair point sure and that's why i think i think 75 percent of the people who laughed at that i, I went <gasps> like had no idea what they were doing they were doing because their friend next to them that dragged them to the movie yeah. like was doing yep yep i could see that like in the theater there's when that moment happens after you know whoever re- recognize it you have the applause and as the applause dies down you can hear the whispers of that's daredevil you know something like that you know explaining it to the other people who's daredevil yeah, <laughs> that's not Ben Affleck. That's Charlie Cox. <laughs> you can't say that we're in a public space. Um, Where's yeah. Electra? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, like No Way Home. Um, kind of like I know we talked about it a lot. The fact that like they're like what putting Captain America's shield on the Statue of Liberty. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like goofy like that. Um, I think visually having three Spider Mans. Where both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's costumes look so similar was a bad decision. They should have gone with the first uh, Amazing Spider-Man outfit. Oh, okay. It's just so distinct relative to that. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I, again, fun moments. Like, I definitely think, like, years, years from now, when we get the inevitable, whoever Watch Mojo successor is, <laughs> like, top five comic book movie moments of all time, it won't be the things that you think it'll be. 
it'll be things like Andrew Garfield catching Zendaya, and then like that look in like in his eyes, she's like, "You okay?" Sure. And like, like it's gonna be those moments that will resonate. <laughs> like, I'm laughing that now, now that we talked about Euphoria, I'm imagining that you know Andrew Garfield catches Zendaya, and in, instead of her saying, "Are you okay?" she's like, "You got any heroin?" <laughs> <laughs> You're not Jules. Oh, God. You're um, not Jules, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, like I said, it, it's things like that. Like, Tobey Maguire, like, it's very evident to tell that, like, the rumors were true that Tobey Maguire kind of signed on much, much later. Sure. Because, like, you have Andrew Garfield has a cute little sequence when he jumps out of the portal where, like, he's at the edge of the, like, what, the alleyway, mm. and he runs, and he pulls the mask off. And the fact that it's, he's the first one that we see, then, like, literally, like, I, I have to rewatch the movie, so I could be wrong. But, like, when you see Tobey Maguire in the portal, like, it's the strangest thing because, like, it looks like he's, like, walking on top of, like, a rooftop. Yeah, you're but, right, But, like, yeah. it's clearly supposed to be, like, it, like, it's supposed to be him, like, on a side. Like, he was told the sidewalk, but for some reason the green screenshot was, <laughs> like, a rooftop. It makes no sense. Um, and then even how they introduced – I remember, like, at one point you and I made a prediction where we're, like, oh, God, like, we're going to get the little, like, cocktail napkin note that says your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And Tobey Maguire's introduction is really – very just toned down like it's literally yeah. just him being like hey and it's the marvel thing of like oh who's the youth pastor and it's like oh god i'm like oh oh isn't it crazy they don't know how important this guy is um it's another <laughs> one of those marvel things that just frustrates the ever living daylights out of me yep um but no like it's like it has its moments like it's one of those things where like it's not is bad as the Eternals. Okay. Um, I have to say a memorable moment from Spider-Man No Way Home was waiting in line to get popcorn. And there was two kids between behind Rachel and I, one of them's like, where they were talking about the Eternals. And one kid was like, that movie was awesome. And I was just like, <laughs> the director wouldn't even call that movie awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that was my equivalent of the kid in Alice in Wonderland. That, like that was funny. <laughs> and Rob's like, that is wrong. <laughs> like you are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, the, the Eternals is not awesome. Awesome is the furthest thing away right from on. the Eternals. Yeah. Still haven't seen it. Have no plans to. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, no way home. Like I said, like it's, it's not, egregious i was gonna yeah. say it's not offensive i think it's not egregious um i think you could again i think the pieces are there that you could have made a infinitely better film but at the same time too this was a film that was made during like the height of covid nonsense so i don't know also like the whole fact like if you have like all the villains and they're always like out of frame like they're always like this single person in their frame and when they are together clearly yeah it was it was all matted in definitely um but no i, I guess always uh willem dafoe alfred molina were great Andrew Garfield, I think that I, I think in all honesty, Andrew Garfield probably will get a revival of Spider-Man. I think the demand is there now, right on. Um, especially with the Sony like can like once always do their own thing with Spider-Man, and now you've introduced the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I can very well see a Tom Hardy Andrew Garfield, like, like 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 a thing, which which would be fascinating. Yeah. Um, I think I think they have their angle there. Um, I think they they clearly established that audiences do not do have the mental cognition to separate these things um so yeah i guess i think the biggest thing that's to come out of this is is you're gonna get more andrew garfield spider-man movies whether it's gonna be like i know everybody wants the amazing spider-man 3 but like i could very easily see venom 3 featuring andrew garfield Ooh, uh, interesting okay okay where andrew garfield plays a piece of the puzzle but isn't the focal point yeah definitely definitely so but yeah the spider-man no way home uh Decent enough. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Was not bored, not mad at it either. Right on.
Well, Zach, okay, Rob, any other any other talking points? On your I end? have no other talking points. Uh, um, yes, right. I, I think I I think I'm ready, Rob. The I think I'm ready. Performance reviews. So, Zach, I will I will give yours first, and then I'll get to Ben's. Uh, so, Zach, um, I want to say that this year in the performance review for you, uh, I went a little crazy. So, bear with me. Uh, actually, not bear with me. Buckle the fuck up. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Okay. Here we go. Now, what is a restaurant like you doing in a Zach like this? Originality without purpose is one of Rob's performance reviews, and this looks like old code, so let's see how I can take this old rat and turn it into a new hat. First off, this statement is in no way influenced by the gift you gave me this last year. A ghost cat! To illustrate that, I'm going to start with the negatives, because I'm allowed to file a tax grievance. Afro whores. You watched it, uh, let's see, 11 times? And you're doing that instead of learning how to handle the complexities of a cheese sandwich? So what were you planning on working with? Hopes and dreams? When you got someone else to make them, you took eight grilled cheese sandwiches and shoved them directly into your mouth. When you got busted by waiters, the only guy in the world to do so, you said you learned that from a Chinaman. Where is the proof? You've robbed graves, plundered tombs, double-parked, never double-clicked your mouse, and it's not appropriate for management of the restaurant to jingle. You did lose us a good chunk of money when you incorrectly shipped those Asian longhorn beetles. I say, Geneva, you hear Helsinki? We got fucked by bugs. Now, what's really going to bake your noodle are the positives. That one time a bear came into the restaurant and it had to be destroyed, you did it. You told Hanna-Barbera to go fuck themselves. You called Deborah and told her not to open the caviar. And most of all, you put up with me this past year. It's so easy to forget how much noise Rob can pump into your head. Actually, if I were you, I wouldn't stand for it. If I were you, I'd go out and have sex. If I were you, I'd go out and have sex with strange men. Have sex with basketball players. Have sex with Greeks. Men from Greece. But you didn't. A miracle is something that seems impossible, yet happens anyway, and I thank God every day that you knew the words to enter Sandman. I know this has gone on long and you're upset about it, but can't you just take a Percocet? In all honesty, Zach, you're the best of the best of the best with honors. I'm no wiser than you are, but I do know that I love you and that your tits are stupendous. The way we spit love in the ass of death is an inspiration to the world. Bliss rips hope a new joy hole, Adam's orgy, the sun and moon get a room, daisies do the Dougie, birds stop having racist thoughts about Asians, and even Jews stop hating other Jews. Zach, I don't care about the money. I just want to suck your cock. Bet you didn't see that one coming. I have achieved surprise. Well, the true nature of the restaurant is chaos and is beautiful and is never to be defiled again. So please sign here. Fuck are you, pen? Oh, okay, I got it. And let's go get some shut ass. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> like I said, I went very crazy with that. I, I, I have so many quotes in there. <laughs> that that was bonkers. Like, I was listening to some of that. Like, that was well done, Rob. Like, a little, a little... Yeah, I felt its length at times. Sure, sure. But like, I, but no, that was that was exceedingly impressive. Like, sh- like, well done. I'm that was better very well crafted at time. Four years, I'm getting better. I don't even know if I did one in the first year, um, but, but every year I'm getting better at them. <laughs> that that was good. Like I said, could be a little more condensed, but 
overall impressive. Yes, yes. Uh, I do want to mention in there, of course, there's a lot of quotes. I'm sure there's some that, you know, people are like, where the fuck did that come from? But I had to put it in here because when I was editing the Men in Black and Men in Black 3 episode, I was so upset that I did not make the joke with how many fucking times in that episode I said, a pet cat, that in that episode I didn't say, a ghost cat. (laughs) So I had to get it in there. But yes, Zach, that is your performance review. And uh, I hope you liked it. And now we'll go over to Ben's. So, Ben, are you ready for your annual performance review for the restaurant? This is only going to be your second one ever. I'm ready to barely pay attention while you say things. Okay, okay. Uh, They're getting they're getting longer every year. Okay, (laughs) here we we go. This is a good one. They're always good. I really like this idea that when I had it, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, now (laughs) pay attention, Ben. Pay attention for your performance review. Here we go. I'm starting. Battle van performance review. Go, Ben. I have to commend you. This past year, we've only had three gorilla maulings at the restaurant, which is down from last year. Sadate. If it weren't for you, we'd all be spiked and sponged by now. Also, you beat that old lady with a stick to get the cranberries we needed. You are responsible for increasing the income of the restaurant, and I definitely see you as a greedy, unscrupulous sellout who'd do just about anything for money. So what's next? Chicks with dicks? Let's not get crazy. I did give you the equation. I made all this possible. Thank you for not calling me crazy this year, Ben. You called me drunk. But there's always leaks, and I find it odd you do this job a quarter mile at a time, especially in the kitchen. I know when Branzino was fresh, and that was not fresh. When you burnt the lasagna? Again? The tray of crullers that desperately needed to be rearranged? And damn it, Ben, the turkey was dry! Sometimes I think you have fucking memento disease. You need to stop sweethearting. The bologna is not for your friends, and the apple is not for you. They are for the paying customers. I bet if I kicked you in the chest, pork chops would fall out your asshole with all the food you've taken home. But really, this performance review is a love letter, and God damn it, I fucking love you. How do I prove that? Now please, don't let me without a signature. Sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, we did it. We covered everything. This is clearly going to be our new longest bonus episode, so expect that in the statistics next year, everybody. Any final thoughts about the four year, four years that we've had? I think, you know, no need to give any. Oh, I've, we've talked about the Patreon a lot in this episode. We've talked about the email. I've dropped that. So all that's good. Thank you to the patrons who have supported us once again to uh, fund the podcast for the next year. Uh, it's all your fault, or you should be thanking them. But, Zach, any final thoughts at the end of four years of Cinemodities? Oh, God. <laughs> um... I like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, Zach is like, and now we're going to kill God. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have said that. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I wish I would have said that. Um, <laughs> if you want to say it, I could just edit it at the end. I mean, I don't have to no, do a oh, bunch of no. other just I'm not, rearranging I'm, I'm not gonna, it. I'm point. not going to steal your line. I'm okay, not going to okay. do that. Um, all right, Rob. I'm, I'm going to say I have, I have your performance evaluation. Oh, it's yes, very of course. Concise. That's nice. Yes. <laughs> All right, you ready, Rob? I'm ready. I think I think I can handle it. There's nothing I can do to help improve your situation. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was concise. Okay, okay. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, we did it, everybody. Four years. I, I guess that's the best way to end it, right? All the talking points are done. Everything on the list is crossed out. We, we even added shit to the five-year extravaganza. It's all It's all said and done. To another year, here we go. Are we going to have to do something crazy for our five years? 
Does five matter? Does it really matter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a psychologically sound number. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, we did it.